Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the channel. My name is Kevin, aka The Muffin Mon, and today is our special announcement video. If you're watching this, whether it's when it's premiering or after the fact, thank you so much for coming to check it out. Um, this channel was and has been known as Project X Talk. It has been the host of Xbox content since its inception about a year and a half ago. Myself and the team, however, have really thought about where we want to take the channel and our programming, and that is why today I want to announce the rebranding and the official unveiling of Save the Game Media. Save the Game Media has long been in development. We've been working on this for months behind the scenes. There's been a little hints here and there that something was coming. And I'm so happy today to share this all with you because I really think that this is going to be great. Why did we choose Save the Game Media? Well, for me, when we were coming up with names, I thought about when you save your game in a game, it's about keeping your progress you've made and then going forward after the fact. And that's kind of what I want to embody here. We're not getting rid of Project X Talk. The podcast, as you know and love, will still be around. It'll be weekly, just like it is today. All of the content that currently exists will continue to exist, but we're moving forward. We are introducing three new shows today, which you will see. You can click the timestamps if you want to skip to those now. But we have brought in new people into this community, into our co-host circle. They will be leading these shows. You will be getting brand new voices, brand new perspectives. And I really think that is the next step that we all wanted to take when we were looking to rebrand the channel. So without further ado, I want to talk about the new programming that will be on this channel. The four main podcasts that are going to be the staples of Save the Game Media's programming block will be Project X Talk and Xbox Podcast, our main staple, like I said, isn't going anywhere. We are introducing a PlayStation podcast known as No Limits. We are also adding a TV and film podcast called Frame by Frame. And finally, I Hate My Friends, which will be a Anything goes, general discussion, all, any co-host from any of the programs are welcome on that. We'll get together, hang out, just have a good time, have some laughs. That one is kind of experimental. It's not to do with games or anything. Maybe it'll come up on that. But this is what our current programming looks like, and I'm really excited for that. I We've already recorded some episodes that you're going to hear if you continue through this video and I think we're off to a good start. I would love your support. would love the feedback on the new shows, what we could change, what we can make better for you guys. Because at the end of the day, this is all about the community. This is all about building something here that we want to interact with you guys more. We want you to feel more a part of the shows. We want this community to grow because we do have a small tight knit community right now. And I would, I love it. I love the people we interact with and I just want to bring more people into this and have them experience this fun thing that we're all building together. So if you want to be a part of that and you don't have to do this, obviously, but if you want to see more, you can head on over to patreon.com slash save the game media, our completely revamped page from the project X talk and we have new membership tiers with brand new perks in them. So you can read through all of them, choose the one that is best for you. And obviously, the, the pricing kind of similar to what we had, but we have added 
and brand new tier, which gets you the ability to even join us on a podcast that we will record with you. So when I say this is about community, it really is. If you look at everything on our Patreon page, you will see what the focus is. You will see that it's about giving you guys more involvement in the content we're making. Getting you involved is our end goal here. Now, if you want more content from us, and I promise this is the last pitching that I'm going to be doing for this video before we get into the podcast, we have set up new monthly goals. And if you can get us to these goals, we will bring you more content. The first goal, $20 a month, will be a new monthly Nintendo podcast. Obviously, Nintendo is not one we're currently focused on, but we will add it to our lineup if that's something that interests you guys. We also have a plethora of other goals. Uh, Taylor, one of the new hosts, will bring you a workout gaming podcast hybrid. Um, we have a hot takes podcast that we will do. Amon's Comic Book Corner Book Club. We can bring you all of these and more. Those are our initial goals. If any of those interest you, head on over to patreon.com slash save the game media. I want to say that you're about to hear the brand new episodes that have been recorded for each of the main shows that we're going to be doing. And the one I'm going to introduce first is one I really like. I'm excited for, even after their first episode that I've listened to, they're off to a great start, much better than what our initial start was over at Project X Talk. And that is the team over at No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. It is Taylor, Brianna, and Sam who are leading this podcast. And I think that they're really onto something here. Um, I think it's going to be a really good, fun show. It has a completely different tone than uh, Project X Talk does. So don't go into all our shows expecting the same type of content because they're each going to feel different, each having their own unique personality, own unique voice. And that's what I love about it. So without further ado, I want to introduce... No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. Hello, listeners. My name is Taylor. I am joined by my co-hosts, Brianna and Sam, and you're listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. First, I'd like to especially thank our patrons, Bucky Blue, Hopple, and Alpaca Tom. Please go to patreon.com slash save the game media to check it out. That's our podcast network. And check out our YouTube at Save the Game Media and the Discord. All links will be in the show notes below and on your podcast app of choice. Now, before I go further, you might be asking, what the hell is this? <laughs> so as i've alluded to this is a playstation podcast where we're all here to talk about news and rumors have intellectual discussions and just fun i'm taylor i'm one of your hosts and i'm also joined by my friends brianna and sam hi hello so this show actually before i go further there is um some recent events that have happened in the United States at the time we're recording this, it's uh, June 26th as of June 24th, uh, 2022, the decision was passed down in the U S Supreme court to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, not granting 
uh, access on um, not guaranteeing access for women to, to get to get abortions and leaving it up to the states. And um, me, Brianna and Sam um, just wanted to say that uh, we're in solidarity with with women to receive these procedures if they see fit. And it's um, there are bigger things than games sometimes. And I, I just thought it was very relevant to address. And Brianna and Sam, do you guys have anything to say? Um, yeah, I do actually want to add, um, like, just to touch on it, like, it's not just women, too. It's, like, anybody with a uterus that needs access to that, like, care. Right. Um, and this is going to bleed into so much more, especially trans rights. Um, and trans rights are human rights. So, unfortunately, this, like, this has, like, way more consequences. And, like, we're not going to get into a discussion. But definitely standing with everybody. And I think even though this is, like, our episode zero, um, I think it's worth mentioning because it is such... Uh, an awful thing so yeah it's, it's one of those things where <clears throat> you know everybody on this channel is a human being everybody watching is a human being the people that make the games that we are going to be talking about are human beings and i think reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy are no question human rights so every single person on this channel watching this channel making games anybody anywhere in the world should have those rights um and i think that you know brie you said it perfectly that i think it's a slippery slope it's something we're not going to get into but i think that obviously it's very clear the wrong decision was made um and we i, I extend my heart and my condolences to, to anybody suffering right now as a result of this decision um and hopefully things change for the better very soon yeah definitely we can always hope and i really hope like if you're out out there like protesting and stuff please remember to be safe like first and foremost like your safety comes first um so stay safe all right and on that note we would be transitioning to the news on episode one and onward but guess what this is episode zero so not this show <laughs> Because, now we're just messing around. Because this episode serves as an introduction to No Limits. And next episode, we will be discussing the latest and greatest from PlayStation. And I just stole that from Mr. Badbit, who runs another PlayStation podcast called The Trophy Room. And he's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. Um, so this is, again, this serves as a, a, a get to know us episode. So, and we thought the best way to do that would be we go around the horn here and talk about our five favorite games for the each of us and these lists are in no particular order these are just games that we hold near and dear to our heart um and i guess i can be actually no i'm not going to start how about sam what's Ooh. give us one of your favorite games i get the honor do i wow um <clears throat> Again, no particular order. We're going to try and remain as vague as possible, just in case any of us haven't played the games we're going to talk about or anybody watching hasn't. Right. My first game, to the surprise of definitely not you two, <laughs> is Return of the Obra Dinn. Uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, for people who don't know, it's a game by Lucas Pope. He created Papers, Please and a number of other titles. Um, it is, very succinctly, it's a detective game where you are uh, an insurance officer and you have to investigate what happened to a ship that has turned up on the coast without a crew. Um, 
I'm not going to go into any more details about the, the plots and, and whatnot, but it's probably the most unique game I've ever played in terms of mechanics, in terms of concept, in terms of execution, art style. I think all of those, it trumps pretty much any other game that I've played. Um, it is a one and done. So like you play it once, you can't really play it again because the solutions are all the same. But I think that that's a testament to the quality of it that I still think even though I've only played it once, I think it's it's that special of a title. Um, so that's the first game that I'm, I'm throwing out into the ether. If you haven't played it, please try it. Um, even if it's, it's not going to be for everyone, it's quite niche, honestly. Um, but if, if you're interested in a game that you've not experienced before, and I mean that in every sense, um, then Return of the Everton, you can't really go wrong. Okay. I just bought it on the Steam sale, the Steam summer sale. Yes. So I will be playing it shortly. Um, not sure exactly when, uh, but I will be playing it. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts for sure. I'm looking forward to playing it, honestly. I've been wanting to play it since it came out, and it's just, like, been one of those games that, like, kind of, like, it's, like, I don't want to say, like, flew under the radar because people were talking about it, but mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, one of those, like, you absolutely, like, have to play this game right now kind of titles. Yeah. It did It did. So. It did the, the loop at awards ceremonies mm -hmm. and stuff, but I still think it never quite breached into the mainstream enough. Yeah. Um, which I think that's a nice spot, honestly, because then it feels like you've discovered something quite special, even though so many critics particularly are talking about it. So you kind of feel like you've, it's a hidden gem, the definition of a hidden gem. I need to play that game at some point. I played Papers, Please, and I knew the makers of that game made over Din, but I never mm -hmm. really looked over it closer than that. But because Sam hates me, I'll probably buy it at some point in the near future. <laughs> yes, uh, you will. Yeah. I'll make sure See, of it. I am being coerced and extorted behind the scenes. And it's, it's all you, you, you can, you're free to do what you want until I tell you to do <laughs> what I want you to do. Yeah, yeah, that's you're fine. free to I'm... do what you want, except for when you're not. <laughs> all right, eyes. all right, all right, Bree. What's what's one of your favorite games? Uh, okay. Um, I'm just gonna start the discussion because like it's just gonna like spiral out of control real quick. But Dark Souls three, I feel so guilty nice. saying that. I really do love <laughs> Elden Ring so much, and I think it's like in general the better game. But Dark Souls three just has this like really special place for me, um, just in the way that like I've like I, the way I played through with like one of my friends and I've spent so much time with that game. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it a lot. It's definitely in my top, just like Dark Souls and Soulsborne franchise is like in my top games. But if I have to pick one, it's probably going to be three. Was it the first one you were exposed to? Did you play any Souls before uh, that? You know, I, so I was asked to play the first Dark Souls for a college class and I, they the way that it was the college class required us to play it is we had to play a certain route and get to blight town and then when right. you get to blight town you don't have to play anymore and this was before the remake and everything so i was like i'm oh, done with this game yeah the frame rate it. tanks yeah it's one. so it was so frustrating because i had like no idea what was going on with dark souls games and i was getting so mad and i was like what is happening why do people like this <laughs> and i got so angry and then when i described all of my like problems with the game to a friend 
he was like, you need to play Dark Souls 3 then because that'll resolve all of the issues and I think you'll really like it. And then I played Dark Souls 3 and then it became like a snowball where I played like everything else except for Dark Souls 2. Most Souls fans I've talked to are like, you can just scroll past Dark Souls 2 and acknowledge it's there and don't do anything more than that. But I also know a couple people who love Dark Souls 2. I haven't played it. I don't plan to play it. But but yeah, nice. It, it, they, they tried some, some interesting new stuff in Dark Souls 2. It just didn't really work out. I think they, they tried to say that Souls Souls games are very, uh, they can be kind of different things. There's some wiggle room there. And then Dark Souls 3 was a return to form um, overall. And I don't think they deviated that much. I guess Sekiro is kind of the biggest deviation Sekiro? they've done. Yeah, I think Sekiro. <laughs> Um. <laughs> anyways, that we just like absolutely slaughtered the name of that game, but that's okay. Um, Sekiro, the, right? Not, not so. Um, so it's Sekiro. Um, the R is pronounced a little bit differently than like it's like you hit the tongue a little different. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Sekiro. Um, the if I have taken Japanese for three years for anything, it's to just pronounce random video game names. I know nothing else. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the thing, so I was going to say, I, I actually do forget that Sekiro exists at all. Um, not that it's not a fantastic game, but I do, like, I have not played that one all the way through. Um, that one is like, I get very angry at that game. So like, I had to play it for a little bit and then like, I'm like, what is this mechanic? And then I like have to stop playing. So I am currently playing it, but I'm also currently playing like 20 games right now. So. Understandable. Cool. That's what happens when you can't finish. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, oh, God, it's me. Um, so I guess maybe the first game I'll mention going off of the Souls talk is uh, Bloodborne is one of my favorite games ever. It introduced me. It was my first Souls game that introduced me to the gameplay loop of Soulsborne. And to this day, I think it has the best action combat that I've maybe the best combat in a game that I've I've played, period, for me. It's so visceral, pun intended, for those who played the game. Um, hey. Yeah. That was... And no. <laughs> <You're done>. <laughs> visceral <laughs> attack in Bloodborne is when you parry an enemy um, with your pistol, right? And then you, and then you just, like, mm. rip your hand out of the, yeah. their body in very non-PG cool. fashion. But it's okay. Uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, I just I really love the level design, the moment-to-moment gameplay, and the boss design is the best I've seen in games. And Lady Maria is my favorite boss in all the video games, and she's in a boss in the DLC. I won't say any more than that for those who haven't played it, but it is an exquisite fight, an exquisite fight. And uh, yeah, and it propelled me into trying Elden Ring, which I haven't played since late March. Don't kill me, Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm like 23, 24 hours in. I really like what I played so far. It's just a lot of game all at once, but yeah, Bloodborne. I think, I think it's like, well, I mean, I guess this might be controversial, but I feel like it's undeniably one of FromSoft's most atmospheric games. I think that they absolutely nailed the lore and the world building. Um, like I can probably by hand map out Yarnum. And that's just because it's so expertly designed. Um, I can't say that for the rest of the game. 
um but i think just how they introduce you to that world because it, it's as vague as any other from soft title but i still feel like the, the gothic um horror is so strong of like an anchor to hook everything else to that you kind of it's it's like the cthulhu myth mythos right where right you Lovecraft get the name of a yeah you get the name of a big creature and you're like i don't have to understand anything about what this creature is and where it came from but i know it's a big creature and it's it can do this thing um i think that that's something that is in uh, bloodborne's favor more so than anything dark souls or, or elden ring i think elden ring is close but no bloodborne for me is probably my favorite from soft as well mm. that's a really good choice i really do love the atmosphere of that game and i think like <sighs> like the story like if you really get into the depth of it like which again i, I won't spoil it but Oh, yeah, the lore goes crazy. Like when you get into the depths of that story, it's like it's so interesting, and it's like there's so much there. There's so much there to yeah. say the least. Maybe maybe all I'll say about the story is it's topic. The story's topic for a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, um, yeah, I feel like I'm never gonna escape. And now it's like it's like I feel bad. Like there's probably games out there that were like, well, most now we can't release this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, oh. it's interesting because, like, FromSoft has set the bar for perfecting combat in a video game. There are Souls-likes who've tried to imitate it. Maybe the closest one has gotten to succeeding is Neo. The Neo games a lot of people revere, but it's set a new industry standard. And uh, Elden Ring is his main is the most mainstream FromSoft has now ever been. So I think it's just going up and up, but yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. What's your second game, Sam? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I guess no, it doesn't matter. I'm no order. No order. Yeah. No. Um, Hollow Knight for me. Oh. Um, I think, like, like on the on the topic of sort of roguelites, I think, uh, and Souls like games, I think. Hollow Knight is probably the best executed non from software um, yeah, I've seen. I completely forgot I think, to mention it for I think, I think Team Cherry have, again, for the same reasons that Bloodborne succeeds, they are experts at world building and lore. I think that um, the premise of, of Hollow Knight. Um, being that it's like an insect kingdom underground and realistically you're probably only going a few centimeters underground from our perspective um, but it's this sort of labyrinthine world that's really exciting and varied um, I think similarly to Bloodborne like you said the boss design in Hollow Knight is excellent for a 2D game um, and I am just disappointed that Silksong isn't out yet I know. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, I need to look that up. But I don't think they've said anything about the release date yet, right? I mean, it was at the Xbox showcase. And that, yeah. was, that yeah. said everything is in the next 12 months. So I'm holding out hope that it's this year. But if not, then we know uh, at least before the end of next year. It's going to be Absolutely. the 11th month, 29th day to date <laughs> of Xbox showcase. <laughs> Probably. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think, like, honestly, so Hollow Knight was, like, one of my honorable mentions. It's, like, didn't squeak into the list but like i just couldn't not mention it like the i specifically do want to also mention like the music for this game is something so special it's something that like 
if I'm, ha it's one of those like soundtracks that if I'm having a hard time sleeping, like you can just turn on mm -hmm. like the ambience, like people have recorded like the ambience and you get like all of like the like water sounds and stuff like that. And it's fantastic sound design in general. Yeah. That's my second pick. All Good right. Stuff. Three. All right. I'll go next. Okay. Uh, I hate just trying to decide. Okay. Let's just do Legend of Zelda. Um, I'm going to pick Twilight Princess um, as my favorite. Um, although I will preface, I have never, as I was telling you guys, I've never <laughs> beat a Legend of Zelda game. I always Alleg make it allegedly. to the last. Allegedly. <laughs> I always make it to the last boss. And then I'm like, well, I'm already here. Oh, well. I don't know. I'm already here. Turn on oh, well. Okay. I'm just like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't need to be finished. I mean, the thing is, is like, once you finish a game, it's done, you know? But if you yes. don't finish it, it's never done. Oh, my God. Do you have a fear of abandonment? Of, Probably. Of I, somebody asked me one time when I was at, when I was uh, working at Starbucks, my boss, she's like, she's like, do you, she's like, do you have mommy issues or daddy issues? I don't know why she asked me. And I was like, both. And then I walked away. That's, that's kind of condescending. Uh, question yeah That's balls it question. was a really weird question to ask but my i just loved being able to both and just like walking away and she was like uh she's like yeah that's right i'm bad bye <laughs> anyways that was a weird job in general we won't get in that but or i don't know i think legend of zelda as a franchise like i cannot like out of there's a couple of games that i haven't touched but they're just like the really random ones that like like that they're just like the like the random ones that kind of like squeaked out that aren't like necessarily like the main games. Minish Cap um, and an Hourglass. Yeah, stuff like that. Link so Between Worlds is really cool though, and that's a side mm, game. But. I have played that one. I actually have a Link Between Worlds poster. You can't see it. It's like a huge poster right there. Oh. So I do love that game. Um, but yeah, I think like there's something to be said about all of the games, like just absolutely slapping. Absolutely slapping. They're so good. And they are able to kind of take that same like Legend of Zelda and put it in almost anything like they've done Hyrule Warriors they've done um the I can't remember what it's called but the Crypt of the Necrodancer version um Cadence of Hyrule yes <clears throat> like and the games are always good it's just it's such a good franchise not to mention like all of like the fan art of Link I'm not saying he's attractive but he's really attractive so can't what, are you, what are you really missing out on you know wait link i thought you play a zelda it's called the legend <laughs> of zelda brie <laughs> i thought it was you played a zelda until i played smash and i'm like who is this <laughs> <laughs> i think that really does confuse a lot of people especially like if you haven't played it that that's why i think that's why it's like such a meme is because people yeah, are like smash i Bro. thought you were playing like zelda and it's like <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's the legend of zelda but it's links legend as well yes or I you can put your own name in fun. yeah uh, and the sound too like people still like the like when you open like that that chest sound but like, people da, 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 use da, da, it mm -hmm. people use it like in their streams and stuff like that the sound the music like the art it's also like prolific across like everything uh, it's right so good. ocarina time kind of immortalized how music can be used as a tool and a really powerful uh, gameplay narrative device in in games, you know, literally, right? 
Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to lie. When you get to like do that wolf singing or like the howling <laughs> Twilight princess. princess, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but it's really fun. There you go. Cool. Awesome. Sorry. Right. So I guess that leaves it to me again. Let's see what game do I want to say next. Uh, I think I'll go with Portal 2 is one of my favorite games ever. I've only com- recently completed it like a couple, maybe like three years ago. But it's quite an experience and very inventive puzzle solving and level design and very fun ways to augment the physics and, and Valve Source Engine. And Portal 2 also got me into kind of more classic Valve. After I played Portal 2, I played the original Portal, and then I played Half-Life and Half-Life Episode, and Half-Life 2, and then Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Um, so it kind of got me into Valve in addition to that. But And the ending to Portal 2 might be my favorite ending that I've seen in a game where I just couldn't believe the end what happened in that final ending and it like my jaw dropped uh in, in real life i i i was starstruck um and i i think it's gonna hold true as one of the cornerstones when i look back um but yeah portal portal 2 it's weird how they how valve treated portal as like just this random side thing for the orange box when right. it's pretty clear i mean again i don't want to be controversial but it's Portal is better than Half-Life, right? Uh, as for someone who's it's... beaten Half-Life 1, Portal 1, I think they're different games. I wouldn't say one's necessarily better. Portal 2 is my favorite of the classic Valve games, but I think Half-Life 2 is overrated. That's maybe a conversation for another time. I... But Actually, no, I'll talk about it here. I think Half-Life 2 is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Portal Portal's better than Half-Life, maybe. A lot of people revere the original Portal's design as well. Um, but yeah, I thought Half-Life 1 was great too. Uh, I think like, the thing is, is like Half-Life is a good game, but like Portal just has this, like the mechanics of Portal specifically, um, are just so unique and interesting that it's kind of, it is a little bit difficult to compare them. But if I had to choose, I'd say that Portal is probably the better game, like the way that the mechanics work and how the mechanics are ironed out, um, to create like a really smooth experience. Right besides like the motion sickness yeah. <laughs> now which is a more consequential game as far as gaming history goes sure. i think half-life is unequivocally yeah unequivocally the answer um it introduced a first person experience where the protagonist wasn't a superhero like doom guy and blaskowitz and wolfenstein before no you're gordon freeman uh phd hazardous material scientists from who got his degree at mit who goes on to save the world and that kind of putting the common man into a real world common man into a protagonist's shoes was a very uncommon thing for the time and it also i think set the mm-hmm. path for linear first person story driven adventure games and then of course with half-life 2 with the source engine which jump started a ton of things in 3d physics and um game engine design after that and fun fact yeah. titanfall 2 is coded in a modified version of source engine for, for viewers who, who didn't know or others, yeah. Oh. Interesting. I didn't know that. Another great campaign, but not, not on my list. It is. It is. The other thing I want to mention specifically with Portal 2 is the freaking song at the end. That's a, So I have a playlist of all my favorite songs. It is 100% on there, and I listen to it 
all the time. Oh yeah, it's uh, so good. And the lore in Portal Two is like mm-hmm. there is lore involved besides behind the main puzzle solving that gets extremely dark. I'm not gonna go into details, but it's there is some shit going on. To, yeah, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yep. Um, my my third pick. Mm. Okay, I'm going to say mm, Outer Wilds. Uh, I I saw Taylor had listed it as well, um, but it is it was on my list originally as well. So I'm I'm not stealing your idea. Um, we are where we think alike, Taylor. Outer Wilds again, similar to uh, to Oberdin, I suppose. It's just a game that is. I was going in knowing that there was some hype around it because I, I played it quite early after release. Um, and I knew it was doing the rounds and, and people were, were picking it up and hyping it up and stuff. But it even then, it just floored me. Uh, like, it's so unassuming as well because on the surface, it kind of just seems like a generic indie No Man's Sky kind of thing. But... Re- quite soon after you start playing you realize that there is so much more to it and i think that the the themes and the the message of the game ultimately is one of the most powerful things i've experienced in a game um and yeah i I feel saying anything else about my experience might uh spoil something so yes and that's a game you really can't have one out spoiled and i i guess it's on my list too, so I'll knock it out here as well for, for my list. Cause it was, yeah, Outer Wilds is, as far as experience type games go, like think Journey, I don't know, think Gris, think some of these other really artiste type games that don't rely so much on combat, but the experience to guide things. Outer Wilds takes that cake for me. Um, the mm-hmm. DLC is, uh, I still haven't gotten all the way through it yet. I'm incredibly confused in Echoes of the Eye, but uh, it's a work in progress, but from when I completed the base game, it is, yeah, like what Sam said, maybe the most single, most powerful gaming experience as a complete package that I've had. Um, yeah. Hmm. I have not played that one, so. Oh, And I actually no. don't really know much about it at all. So. Good. I don't own that one. I haven't played Good. it. I've, like, yeah, luckily have not had that one spoiled for me, I guess. I it wasn't even on my radar, so I'm like really interested that you guys are like mentioning it. So Yeah. And it's not Outer Worlds, guys, listeners. <laughs> yeah, see, two I, separate games. They that had like I know they there's no way for them to have known that that was happening, but like also it's really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Especially because they were releasing around the same time yeah. as well. They were released like within a month of each other, if not like a week. Like it was so close. So unfortunately. And one is definitively the better game. Never played <laughs> either of them. Country mile. So I've not played Outer Worlds is okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, but it, it's it, it's it's like a, a six, seven out of ten, you know. It's yeah. cookie cutter, kind of quite linear. Ultimately, it's kind of forgettable. I think, unlike Outer Wilds, play it, people. I will add that to my to my notebook. My notebook is all the way in the corner, yeah. but I it goes in sale relatively often, so don't feel compelled to get it 
right this second. It goes on sale at least yeah. once every couple months. Okay. Good things. Good things. We got stuff to play. Okay, next. Okay, let's do... Okay, let's do Last of Us. I do want to preface Last of Us. I think that it's safe, especially since they're re-releasing it as like part one and part two. I think it's safe to say that they're kind of the same experience. But if I have to pick, it'd be one just because I haven't finished two. (laughs) Uh, You might not want to do that. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to finish two. I really don't want to finish two, but like I need to, it was a really, it just came at a really weird time for me to be honest. That one I did want to finish, but at the time I was living with an ex-boyfriend. He was an ex and we were living together, but we were still playing it together. And then we moved out in the middle of playing the game. And now I feel weird playing it without him. I see Sorry. So, like, we got to, like, the very end of that game, and then, like, like I think we only had, like, maybe 30 minutes left at most. Oh. So, well, there's a yeah. point where you might think it's the end. Uh, um, If it helps, I was, like, in, like, a flooded area, and you're on a boat, and there's, like, a bunch of water rushing because it's, like, raining. Okay, okay, and... okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, those okay. are slight, slight uh, too late now, guys. Sorry, there's a slight Last of Us 2 spoilers for the last two hours of the game but i don't <laughs> of there being water <laughs> of there being water i don't think that really changes much um they breathe oxygen and the protagonists are featherless and bipedal and you know crazy stuff <laughs> yeah crazy stuff no i yeah i think i don't know the thing is is the last of us the experience that is the last of us from the ground up like the music the sound like even just the design of the game specifically like you know what i do actually want to put a spoiler warning you guys have both played the first last of us correct Mm -hmm. i have yes okay i would like to put a slight spoiler warning i'm not going to spoil what's actually happening but it is towards the end of the game so there's a part where you're leaving an area and as you're leaving this building the way that you escape is by running away from the light which is not something that you really think about too much, but the the way that it's designed, because normally in games and in life in general, the exit sign or the way to go is like, it's always lit up, right? It's like, this is how you get out. Like, that's why we like light up exit signs so they stand out to people. But the way you escape in this part of the game is you're running away from the light which is like also kind of like reflecting what's happening in the story as well. And even just in the small details that like you wouldn't necessarily notice, I've just played that game way too many times, but like in those small details, this game is so brilliantly designed and it's a fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic. So love it. Yeah, I I had... I technically had I, I put both part one and part two in my honorable mentions because like you said I think that they are at the end of the day very similar experiences um I think the gameplay of two is better but that's just because they had time to refine some of the yes. mechanics but now with the remake they're going to take the gameplay engine and put it like I can't I cannot wait like, if you could take for me if you could take the gameplay moment to moment combat of last of us 2 and 
physics, like the rope physics, are like some mm-hmm. of the best rope physics I've seen in a game. And put that engine on top of the canvas that is The Last of Us 1 narratively. You have what might be the most pristine video game uh, in in recent memory. I mean, I'll wait to see if that's fully realized come September. I don't, I don't see how they wouldn't, right? The hard stuff, the writing, the narrative was already hashed out in the first game. Um, but yeah. Oh, I also wonder if some, someone brought this up yesterday when we were talking about the game. They might. I wonder if they'll include Left Behind as like a canonical first five, three to five hours. Last of, uh, the Last of Us Part 1 will now be what was previously the Left Behind DLC. I don't I know, know that yeah. they're yeah. including yeah. it as part of part one. Like I know yes, it's like there and you can play it, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm curious to see how that would go. Cause then it turns into a 15 to 20 hour game rather than a 10 to 15 hour game. Um, I, 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 I like that idea in concept. I think execution wise, it might not work because of how tailored the actual opening to the last of us one is. Mm-hmm. I think I that playing through left, left behind, even though it would, make narrative sense to do that first i think that you know the reveal of the first that infected at the start it wouldn't quite you'd be like yeah okay i've seen a hundred of these in left behind already um so yeah i i, I guess that they might i i'd like it if there was a mode to like turn that on if so if you wanted to experience it that way you could but i think has like just a base level thing i think they should just leave it as two separate experiences Gotcha. A question, though. A question that's just popped into my head. If they're porting the gameplay over from part two into part one, is Joel going to be able to go prone? Probably. Because I I, I would say yes as well, but I'm thinking, is there elements of the first game, gameplay sequence-wise, that that would break or... Like, I don't is there so. is there a point to Joel going prone in part one as we know it? Oh, I think I think as far as set pieces go, he probably won't. But when it comes to player controlled combat sequences, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't have to. And, yeah, and if those lead into, they're not quite cutscenes, but if those lead into scripted set pieces, still in the gameplay engine, the game Naughty Dog might just kind of autopilot your controller, and yeah. you'll kind of go into a certain animation that may or may not be in prone. I also think, yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be that much of an issue. Unless there's a narrative, and I don't think there's a narrative reason why Joel would be unable to go prone. Like, he doesn't have bad knees or anything. You know, they, they, Joel was interpreted as kind of like this old man in Last of Us Part 1. This guy's like late 40s. He's he's no spring chicken, but he's not like, (laughs) he's not like, I don't know, Dalai Lama's age, okay? Come on. I was not ready to hear spring chicken. That got me. <laughs> Taylor, um, you said that the protagonist was featherless and bipedal. Yeah. Who do yeah you and, and, and he's not a spring chicken. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, fair. Yeah, okay. You, yeah, you're right. You're I'm right. Affirming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Taylor, do you want to go, I suppose? Because I took, I mean, we kind of rolled at the same time, but you okay. might as well jump in and sure. continue around the circle. Last thing I'll say in the last was is it has part one has some of the best minor characters in a game. Oh my god, mm. that sounded bad. Minor characters, as in not major characters in a video game. <laughs> that um, does, like, you know what? Yeah, Bill, it's Bill okay. And I, Tommy. <laughs> I the other thing is is that like all of like that 
maybe I just missed it in part two, but I feel like there's just so much more like, um, particularly like with the backstory that you're getting for the characters that you never see. I can't remember the names right now of those characters, but like there's that ongoing story where there's like a faction of people and you kind of follow their story and like what happens to them in the background where you like are picking up the notes and stuff like that. That story is fantastic as well. Mm. Um, so bummed they never did like DLC or like anything yeah. for that. Um, I think that it's fine they didn't, but I really would have loved to like actually see what happened. Nice. All right, so moving on to my fourth game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Hey. Sorry, uh, Nintendo haters. Smash Ultimate. <laughs> They're haters. Of, Boo! Yeah. <laughs> they they kind of. How did I say this? Smash Ultimate when it came out, I was my first year of college and it came out and it was the first smash game that i was like really present for i never had a wii u so the last game smash game i played was brawl and i was really little then and all i knew how to do is spam items and smash attacks and basically button mash and started playing ultimate and i fell in love with the competitive aspects of ultimate i started uh practicing on a more semi semi-competitive to competitive basis learning competitive techniques, learning more of the history about the franchise, how certain characters work. And it really got me into competitive games and also an interest also in the fighting game community, FGC, as a, as a result of my gateway into it, which is great. And I absolutely love playing the game. And the roster of characters is over 85 at this point. It is just such a grand game that succeeds on nearly every front except good netcode. <laughs> and Nintendo needs to put rollback in the game or Bandai does and they never will but that's that's okay but Smash Ultimate really is such a fun and rewarding game for me that I have probably the most playtime of any game ever for 740 hours and counting and that game came out in December 2018 so what is that at 740 hours in three and a half years <laughs> uh, but yeah absolutely Fun, fun game. And I'm a Captain Falcon main for anyone wondering. But, but yeah. You know what? That honestly, like that, <clears throat> I always see those, like, those, like, so you have those, like, people that are like, oh, your personality based on, like, your astrological sign. I feel like Smash has its own version of, like, who your yeah. main is, like, is your personality. <laughs> for a lot of players, that's, especially if they don't oh. like a certain character, that's how it goes. Like, ah, uh, Steve players. I think Steve's hilarious in Smash Ultimate. He's so funny at Minecraft, Steve, but. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, had, I agree with you, Bree. There's a lot I of had player such a identity good time with this game. Exactly, exactly. It's like it's so fun. It's like I, I don't know. I think like haters are gonna be haters, of course, but like it's just like it's such a fun game, and it's one of those games that it's so cool to see like everybody like joining together to play this game, and like it's something that like it's kind of like Mario Kart as well, where like even if you don't play games, like you can kind of jump in and play. Yeah. You can turn on and items, I, have a good mm -hmm. casual time, or you can turn them off, go on final destination and see who's going to be the one who gets the last pizza roll. And you know, that, and that's how it goes. Yeah, exactly. I have to say though, for me personally, I get like really unreasonably angry playing this game. And I, mm. I think it's my friend's fault. He always plays Jigglypuff and then 
puts me to sleep and then knocks me out of the arena because I don't know how to freaking play the game. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks it's the funniest thing and I just get some I'm like, I'm not playing with you anymore. <laughs> From his perspective, it's probably hilarious. But yeah, that's oh, probably that's Jigglypuff's rest. So if she lands that sing sends you to sleep, but rest, there's a very small hitbox window where if she rests and the startup of the animation makes contact with your hurt box in a certain number of frames it does major damage and knockback to you and um, a lot of her combos are centered around um, moves confirming into rest to kill you or moves confirming into a sing to send you to sleep and then resting you and killing you but that's jigglypuff's um dynamite in smash ultimate you know i really do appreciate you putting technical terms to it i have experienced it way too many times oh, and in for melee, not even playing the game a lot and she's way better in melee too one of the top competitors named hungry box in smash melee was a top was number one for at least three years in uh, in recent memory and he's a jigglypuff solo main um so yeah thanks no problem and yeah if that was melee jigglypuff you would have been suffering even worse so oh god i hate it yeah smash is it's like i really enjoy it but it's i've never i've never i've never been a fighting game person i think that you know smash has always been one of the series that i will get the newest installment of regardless and i'm okay not getting super heavily invested into it i think that it is one of those things where you can drop in drop out if you've got a friend round or something it's the perfect thing to jump into if you're being indecisive about playing anything else why not just play some smash yeah um and you know even just for me some people might be like oh but what's the point why don't you get super heavily invested there's so much to do and that's a big so many characters. Yeah. exactly and also like sometimes it's good just to have a game in the market that fills that kind of niche where yeah, you can go pro, so to speak, and, and unlock everyone and know all their moves off by heart. Or you can play as your favorite Nintendo character, you know? Just um, smash buttons. Just, yeah, just smash. smash yeah. Um, which is where I fall into. Yeah, I, I haven't played the game as seriously as I used to, but I still love... I've gained a big love for the franchise because of Ultimate, and I kind of still watch content on it often and follow the major tournaments that go on. Like this past weekend, there was a major tournament called CEO, or actually Grand Finals or Tonight, which was we call majors, major tournaments with like tens of thousands of concurrent viewers on Twitch. And it's a whole thing, but like I can be that observer and that appreciator and still play the game, not as often as I used to, but still feel invested in a positive way into the franchise without practicing, you know, 15 hours a week on it or something. Like I can maybe practice, you know, maybe an hour a week total or play it for an hour or two if I'm really busy one week or the other and it'd still be okay because yeah. I, I like the game greater than just being a an only competitive outlet which mm -hmm. is more than that for me so yeah <sighs> last game okay yeah no, we have two more well oh, Sam yeah. and yeah, I, I oh, oh you ever right because I banged out Outer Worlds yeah my bad yeah, yeah. um Okay, I'm going to go out of left field, okay. um, and I'm going to say Beat Saber. Um, oh, wow. I, I was a relatively early adopter of PSVR specifically, the PlayStation podcast. I'm going to focus on that solely as the VR um, 
system of choice. Um, and I was I was interested. I was trying out all the tech demo-y stuff, and nothing was really gelling. Uh, I thought it was cool, but it was very much like a, a PlayStation I, you know, where you had iToy and uh, iPad back in the PS3 days. And yeah, they were cool concepts, but ultimately you played them for maybe a couple of hours and bounced off of them. I think Beat Saber, and it's not the only game to do this, but I think it's the first and arguably the most successful, in my opinion. It's not only become super mainstream and people that aren't even necessarily gamers probably know what Beat Saber is, or if they don't, if they see it, they probably want to try it. Um, I also just think it like it it encapsulates what VR can do and should be doing. It's really simplistic. It focuses on one thing. It does that one thing really well. Um, it's unfortunate that on PlayStation, you don't have access to user-generated stuff. That would be oh, that's a the perfect thing because um, then you could have a, a limitless library of songs. But I still think that, you know, even if they are releasing periodic music packs, I think that that's enough. Um, and also it's exercise, which is, is that's a plus, that's a plus right? Uh, we get a little bit of exercise whilst we're having fun. Um, it's by far the, the VR game that I put the most time into. And it doesn't get boring, in my opinion. I think that I can still go back to the very first song that I've played probably 200 times by now. And I'll still, you know, get into the groove, so to speak. Um, that sounds really cheesy when I say it, but yeah. it's true. It's just, it's just, it's just fun. Um, and I think that there, there, there shouldn't really be any more reason than that. I, I think I will, I will continue playing that for years. I think, um, and and that's the reason why it's on my list. I think that is a really interesting choice to add to your list. Um, I do like that you chose it. Um, it is one of those games, weirdly. So my mom actually purchased a PS5 or PS4 and like PlayStation VR specifically to play Beat Saber because she was so obsessed with it. Mm. So my mom does not play games hardly at all. You can get her to play like maybe Mario Kart if you catch her in a good mood. But she just loves Beat Saber. She, like, takes all of her friends and she's like, you guys have to play this game. And so, like, all of these people that have nothing to do with games, like, all go to my mom's house and play Beat Saber. So I think it's so fun. Personally, I think I've played it, like, I think I've played, like, maybe five songs. Like, I haven't mm -hmm. played it a lot. It's just not something that I, like, I, like, so I have a PlayStation VR, but, like, I don't really have the room to set it up. Sure. Um, so yeah. it's, like, not something I really have access to but i do like it a lot cool yeah i haven't played vr or beat saber myself but i mean i appreciate how cool it looks it's like guitar hero with your body uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. Fun. it's always fun dance dance revolution is cdr so yeah i love that and it's yeah. like it feels like dance dance revolution like it it feels like the progression for me from dance dance revolution rather than like guitar hero even though it's still like it's still kind of in that same genre it mm -hmm. just feels like like dance dance revolution with your hands but also like right it's like a, sabers it's, it's a so rhythm cool. game at the, at the core right yeah yeah it's so cool okay yeah. i will jump to my next one okay Penultimate. so um all right. I don't know if this is going to be a surprise or not, but uh, next one I'm going to put on here is Kingdom Hearts. One. Um, 
I'm going to choose one. Okay. Not necessarily because it's the best game of them, but it's the one I played the most, and it's the one that's like in my heart. <laughs> Kingdom that has been put on me uh, yeah sorry um anyways i just like the way that disney and just like final fantasy and just like unique characters intersect in that game to create like this weird experience that if you try to like summarize the story nobody knows what's going on i mean you can explain it it just takes a long time <laughs> But it works. It's mm -hmm. just, it's so cool. And I, I, it's been, it was, it's not my favorite game of all time anymore, but it has been since I was a little kid. Um, and oh, the I have effect. played, yeah. So it's like, it's been, it's been with me for a very long time. And I don't know if I'll ever remove it from my top five games or top games list because I, I do love it so much. <sighs> My biggest problem now, <laughs> I haven't finished three. <laughs> okay. I know, I know. No surprise okay. that I haven't finished the game, but like, I really want to play it. So I think that one will end up being my favorite of the franchise once I actually finish playing it. Um, oh. But I haven't finished it enough to like put it on the list. Um, as like my favorite game so i did want to mention that i i do think that probably three is going to be the better game at the end so interesting yeah have you guys played kingdom hearts at all nope i played i played a lot of two um i did i played one finished it but that was ages ago i played two quite a lot uh haven't touched three mainly because weirdly i heard not great things about it um, or like that it was polarizing. Um, so I, I just haven't. It's just like, yet. it's different gameplay from like, yeah. it's not that it's like a huge change. It just is different. So mm -hmm. because it's been so long since one and two came out, like, I just don't think that realistically they could have released the same combat system and like had the game have any sort of success because that combat system, while it still works for what it was, like, I think they had to make changes to the combat system. And I think a lot of people don't like that. Um, right. That would be my guess with what's going on. Um, but I think the gameplay loop for three is very satisfying. And the art and the music is amazing. The They also have, like, I really love, like, collecting things because you get like the oh you got all these things or whatever i really love collecting all those like little tiny pieces that you don't really need but like i emotionally need them so <laughs> three has like amazing systems for that where you can like get all these like little tiny trinket things that you don't really need but hmm. you need i will try it out one day for sure um maybe maybe it gets added into playstation plus at some point that, yeah, that, mm -hmm. oh, that would be so cool. I would love more people to play those games. They, I think, like you should also, if you ever find yourself with time, I know there's like a million games always coming out, but it, like if you can go back and play like the remastered, remade versions of like one and two, they have like those huge packs of like oh, one, yeah. one point five, like those like huge packs oh, yeah. where it's like a bunch of games. What a Highly great recommend going scheme. through those. Yeah, it's, <laughs> they really did upgrade them. So. <laughs> They have a million and one games in there. And I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend playing all of them. Specifically, don't recommend playing Chain of Memories. 
I played it and I hated everything. So don't play that one. Tell us how you really feel. I okay, I will, because Chain of Memories is <laughs> it drives me crazy. It's I don't know if you've seen it at all, but it's like a nope. card game. Okay. It's a freaking card game, and I'm like, what oh, is this doing? I thought here? you said hard game, card no, game. No, card. Get the fuck like, out with C-R-D. that. I am not card. <laughs> In the middle of like a Kingdom Hearts franchise, like you've seen the gameplay at least for Kingdom Hearts, right? Like it's like, mm. like an action RPG. Like, like what is what is a card game doing? <sighs> there is one man I know who likes bad. card games. His name's Garrett Bland, who runs an a t- podcast over it. Uh, Nintendo Shack and RPG Cave on another network, and he's the only guy I know who's a big fan of card games. And I'm like, Garrett, it's just you. You are the only person who likes card games, and everyone else I who think... likes Slay the Spire are bots hired by Steam, and that's all. <laughs> I think that card games can have a place, but I think that like this weird card game in the middle of the Kingdom Hearts franchise that has nothing to do with cards, that you're like, the the story of it is like. It's it's actually a pretty decent story and it's just locked behind this like impossible gameplay loop that's not only like a card game, but it's like a freaking hard card game, at least in my opinion. I don't know. Like I think like card games can have their place, but it is not in the middle of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. That's all I'll say. Preach. Drives me crazy. <laughs> Next game. <laughs> all right. Are we on to final round here? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think for the final game I'll mention is fittingly God of War 2018, also known as God of War 4. Officially known as God of War, but it's not the first God of War. You get it. (laughs) Um, Soft reboot. Yeah, soft reboot. It is an immaculate video game. I got the stupid edition of it, I remember, because it was... uh, I was in high school and I didn't have any expenses, and it was like my graduation year and i'm like oh i'll treat myself and i got the 160 dollars special edition but it was but it had the statue of atreus and kratos but a steelbook such a special game though okay now let me get to why i actually like the game not just stupid plastic um not to say plastic (laughs) is stupid but the game is where it's at the god of war 2018 has some of the best set pieces and the best opening fight i've ever had in a game and that fight, you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know, is my favorite fight in the game, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Just a fantastic story. The gameplay was great, especially coming off God of War 3. You see Kratos and, you know, really mature into fatherhood in a way that we haven't seen him, that we only knew of in God of War. You know, as we know, the premise of the first game was when Ares tricked him into killing his wife and daughter. Um, and, you know, then he goes on his path of vengeance to kill the gods. But in God of War, we have a much more humbling experience where Kratos is abandoning his, wants to abandon his past and look at it with regretful eyes. Um, and how the game confronts that is also incredible in his moments with Atreus. And just seeing sony santa monica fully realized kratos is a three-dimensional character narratively not just um or more explicitly than they have in the past because a lot of people will say oh in the original trilogy kratos had no emotion he was just um a macho killing machine and while he is that 
I don't want to spoil more earlier in the franchise, but I argue he did show many glimpses of humanity in the earlier games, but it's like that on steroids in in God of War 4. And there's also so many great minor characters too, like Mimir and um, and Freya and mm-hmm. a few others. Uh, Jorg, I don't know if I'm pronouncing a big serpent. That's fantastic. Um, and of course, Atreus himself, but it's all just a very complete experience on every aspect. I think it is the quintessential example of PlayStation Studios potential in, in in recent years. And it's just a masterclass of a game. And God War Ragnarok has been my most anticipated video game ever since the end, the very end of God of War 4. And of course, the confirmation that Ragnarok exists by Sony. I still don't believe it's coming out in 2022, even though every leak in the world and Sony says it is. I'll believe it when I'll see it, but I'm not I'm gonna convince myself not to be not not to drink the Kool-Aid just yet, even though it's ninety-five percent sure happening this year. But um I don't know if you've seen like uh the documentary that they kind of released about the first God of War. Uh, where the thumbnail has Cory Balrog with the baby harness and mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. yeah. So the, the I guess like for that before I like I do love God of War and I'll get into that in a second. But like I was just gonna say like I think like they're trying to be more cautious this time around because you kind of saw what happened when they were like trying to like show that they had God of War. They had to spend all that time just making that trailer, um, and kind of like I don't want to say like wasted time, but like put way too many resources into just like even proving the game existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they like are definitely like pulling back this time to. Because, like, everybody knows it's coming now, right? So it's, like, they don't really have to, like, push it as hard, so. Yeah, I hope so. I think, I think not only is it, like you say, immaculate, but I think it works on so many levels. Like, the technical side of the game, the fact that it has the one camera shot that doesn't cut, um, the fact that it runs perfectly smoothly on a base PS4, at least in my experience, um that is a technical marvel in and of itself with the 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 quality um of the game i think it's as you said taylor kind of like the definitive version of what a reboot can be i think that it scared a lot of other studios and other companies um into pumping out iterations of a franchise rather than actually trying to shake things up because it's such a huge detour gameplay wise for the most part from what the the original trilogy was but it's still this good like i i don't see how i mean and to be fair it's happened since god of war 2018 came out but i don't think that it's a, a tenable thing for other companies to continue to just release continual installments in a franchise particularly yearly installments of a franchise and not have this kind of innovation um, because they they turned the ship around. God of War was a practically dead franchise and now it's practically their flagship um, and it puts Santa Monica right. on the map more Once again, so than... Yeah, go. Sorry, I said like, put, you said put it on the map once again after... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the, exactly. previous, the previous high note was God of War 2, I think, for most people. Again, Corey Barlog. And that was mm-hmm. Corley Barlog's director work, yeah. 
He's so good. Um, the thing with like the thing with like PlayStation, I think they do have a lot of franchises that they can pull from. But I think especially with like Last of Us kind of like being finished, like I know there's like part one coming out, like and Uncharted, not really like we don't know like how that's coming back, if that's coming back. I think, I think it will like. Be. I think it will be as well. Exactly. We just don't know like what's going on with that. I think then like the next, for me at least, I think the next big thing is God of War. So I would argue that like God of War is what's driving like PlayStation right now. Like Mm -hmm. as far as like big franchises. Well, they also said God of War Ragnarok is going to be the last. God of War Ragnarok will be the second and last game in the God of War saga that started in 2018. Like there is no third God of War with this Nordic chapter of the series it starts with god of war 2018 and ends with ragnarok as the name suggests for those who don't know ragnarok is in nordic mythology apocalypse end of the world scenario um but yeah but they, they, the creators already said that so i think after ragnarok comes out we're going to see the series dormant for a while and i don't know how they're gonna reinvent kratos next or maybe just take a break from him for a more extended period of time than before right because 20 i don't think i don't know like i guess like i i don't god i don't know how to say this without like so i'm just gonna like spoiler warning but i'm not like spoiling any story it's just my feelings on like how the story may go i don't think kratos is coming back oh i think kratos is done there as well you think so yeah but then it's like but then when you come out of from the the financial corporate perspective sony would be idiots to kill off their their most recognizable mascot from the adult audience yeah but the thing is is like that's what they're doing right now i think is they're they're having the franchise be inherited i mean in a sense oh yeah yeah it's a good point i think i think that the more success that these games have and god of war is one of their most critically acclaimed ones yet I think that that's earned Santa Monica the kind of cachet that Naughty Dog has had for a while, yes. where they can make really bold, creative choices and things that probably quite a, a sizable portion of the fan base might not like. Um, yes. But I think that, you know, take it or leave it, I think that having that kind of shake-up, even if you don't necessarily gel with it on a personal level, probably is more beneficial for the health of the franchise long-term. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, Brie, where I think that after Ragnarok, maybe it's Atreus, maybe it's a brand new character in a different mythology, maybe, you know, I think Who that there's plenty of places it, they could yeah. take it. Yeah, I agree. I think like, I it's not, it's not even that like, it's something that I like want to see happen by any means. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I just have this feeling of like that, that's where it's going. And like, it just feels like there's like... <laughs> It just feels like that's where the story's going and that like there's nothing really that like to do to stop it kind of thing, like an inevitable mm-hmm. ending. Well, I th- they could kill Kratos and then six years, seven years later say, oh, pranked, he's back. <laughs> yeah, they definitely <laughs> could do that. And they've done that a lot in like Sony franchises. But like, I don't think we'll see Kratos again for at least a huge chunk of time. I mean, the thing is, is like, like 
franchises keep rebooting and like we don't really know like what the future holds as far as like rebooting games and stuff so like god of war could come back again in like 20 years time or something like that like we have no idea like what like that could hold like as new people come into the studio and stuff like that but i think for like where we're at now i think i don't know it makes me like so sad saying (laughs) it but (laughs) it'll make it'll make ragnarok that much more potent though right like if right. they're go if they're really going for it with Ragnarok and the, these are the kind of moves that they're making narrative wise I think that that is gonna do nothing but help it overall yeah I, I think. think like yeah I don't know like for me so my my main study was like stories and stuff and I think that like it's just like the inevitable of like not where it has to go but it just feels like like this is the path that we are on the inevitable end anyways um i will say just to like kind of touch on like god of war just in general i really do love god of war um it's like another one of those games that like the music and the design is fantastic and it's not it's not even just like the gameplay because the gameplay is amazing but the lore building and the world building specifically that they do in that game where you go to like different societies and you kind of see how like they're like different people like are functioning um it's very masterfully done where you feel like oh this is like a different culture and you kind of get to experience that in a way that you don't really get to in a lot of games like it's usually you just like set up one culture and you're done but i feel like there's like they have different spots um the other thing I do want to mention that I think is absolutely brilliant is the way that they made the game load. The loading screen for that game is genius. And I hope that games keep that same energy forever moving forward because so freaking cool that the loading screen is like him traveling. Like that is the loading. So cool. Mm-hmm. And for those who continue to play the game, that loading screen it ends up holding an integral part later in the story. So that's all I'm going to say. <sighs> all right, last one, Sam. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, Infamous 2. Okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Sucker Punch boy, have been for a long time. Um, and I think Infamous as a franchise that is dormant currently hopefully not for long um i think it's something that yes sony have spider-man now which fills in like the superhero kind of uh porthole of their of their collection but i still think that infamous has a has a place um so i'd hope it would come back infamous one is really the main reason that it's here for me because infamous one has a really special place in my heart, not even really that great of a game. Um, but it was the very first game that I played on PS3, um, on the day that it arrived. Um, and the PS3 was really the era where I became heavily invested in games. Um, I was playing on the PS1 and PS2 casually, but PS3 was where I started having more different kinds of experiences and, realize that maybe this is the kind of avenue I want to travel down in the future. Um, and Infamous 2 is better in every single way. Um, and I think, you know, the, the subsequent games, um, Second Sun and First Light, were kind of misses, um, or not necessarily misses, but they, they, they lost what was special about Infamous, I think. Um, 
Infamous 2 is something that I wish that they would remaster or remake. Um, or just, just bundle the first two together in remaster. I'd I, I buy it. Give, I, I'd pay all the money. Take my money, Sony. Um, just don't stream it on PlayStation Plus Premium. Yes, I have to actually purchase it. Oh, see, that is a way to get people to subscribe right there. I think that that's streaming. the kind of thing they could... It depends though, because if they remaster it, it might potentially be labeled okay, as a PS4. If, if they remaster it, it'll be download. Or if they make native PS3 games, if you could download Infamous 2 offline, that'd be great. Yeah. But the streaming yeah. for people who, who don't have internet that stable, which is most of the world, mm -hmm. uh, I, I really wish Sony gave us a better avenue to access those games again. But yeah, awesome yeah. stuff, Sam. I still I played some of Infamous 2, but never completed it. Never played the first game. I never played Second Son. I never played First Light, but I have a modded PS3 around here, so I think I'll go back to infam at least Infamous 2 eventually. But maybe Second Son. But like you said, I hear so so things about it. Yeah, I have not played any of those games. I think for me to get into it, they would have to like remaster um, mm -hmm. the game because it's oh, like it's great. it's like it's it feels like it's kind of far gone at this point to kind of yeah. Especially like my, I think the other thing is that I personally don't love superhero stories. Um, so I feel like it would take, I don't want to say like a ton to get me into it, but it would take like a minimal amount of effort to get me to go play that game. Um, at least like having a remaster. So it's easily accessible on my like PlayStation five. So sure. I've heard fantastic things um, and I would love to play it, but I'm also not going <laughs> to work super hard for it. So sure. understandable. Okay. So my last one, I will preface by saying it is actually like this one is numbered for me. It is actually my favorite game of all time. Oh. Um, it's the one that I like, I know for sure. Um, and the frustrating thing is that people pronounce this game two different ways. And I think I know why that is. I won't go into that, but nobody freaking can tell me how to pronounce it correctly, but it's near Automata. I'm just going to say Automata. I do realize that people say Automata. Automato. <laughs> I'm just going to say Automata because I think it sounds a little bit cooler. So I don't know. But I'm going to say, yeah, for sure. That one is my favorite game of all time. Um, there's just something special in that story. Um, the music is definitely my favorite. Um, the gameplay itself is fantastic. The characters are fantastic. The world building, if you see people play it casually, it looks like the world is so empty and you're like, this game is kind of weird. But then yeah. when you play the game, all of a sudden everything makes sense. It's like, oh, this world is empty, but it's empty for a reason. And it's, the world is so masterfully built and the story is so masterfully built it's it's absolutely my favorite game and i think like the the weird conflict that i won't like again get too spoilery but it's basically there's robots and there's androids and it's like you hear that and you're like that doesn't really make sense because those are the same freaking thing it's like this whole conflict where the androids have like this weird thing where they're like we're like we're androids and like they just murder robots and then the robots are like, they like, they're like, help me, help me. Like this hurts, that kind of thing. And they're like, robots can't have feelings. And it's like, it's like this weird conflict where it's out of context of the story. It doesn't make sense. But inside the story, it's this beautiful world where you, where you're like, there really is like, is there really a difference between androids and robots? What would that difference be? Um, 
and like just kind of discovering like what has happened to the world so far in the future. It's beautiful. I've never touched it. I've I've heard really great things. I I know that there are like dozens of endings. Um, I know some of them are quite comical from what I yeah, I've that's heard. what I heard too. Um, but no, like even just from I've I've seen like the opening half hour of gameplay. I think and it switches between different styles of game from what I can tell. It's like a top-down shooter at points. Then it's a hack and slash. Um, yeah, it seems really interesting, just something I've not touched yet. But maybe with your recommendation, I will find yeah. it again. I played a little bit of it, and I never got back into it for some reason. And I was like in a stage of my life where I'm like, oh, I played two hours of a game. I don't like it. I traded in. So <laughs> that was unfortunate. But I think I'll check it out again on steam sale at some point it's not on the summer sale because valve hates me but i'll eventually i think I'll, I'll pick it up again yeah definitely i highly recommend it you can also pick up they like remade the prequel to near as well that's right, it's called near replicant yeah and it's got like a bunch of numbers i'm not even gonna try and give the full title but like kingdom hearts yeah <laughs> it's a really <laughs> bizarre name but I'm I'm currently playing through that, so um, like I, I can't really give like opinions too much on that yet because I'm not far enough in the game to really say. Um, but for like yeah, I'd highly recommend Nier Automata. I think the you're right; it does have a bunch of different kinds of gameplay, and you're like, well, sounds really freaking weird, but it's it. I like that. That's cool. Oh, so good. I love Bullet Hell and Side Scrollers, and it does both of them. It, yes, it does. It's so weird. It's like it's like bullet hell. There's like this weird hacking thing. There's like just like regular RPG, like top down, like and you also have like this weird side scrolling at some points. Like it's so good, so good. The gameplay is fantastic, and just like listening to the music and living in that world. Uh, there's just not for me at this time there's not an experience that can really beat that for me it's just amazing let me know if you play it because i would love to discuss it it's i will so so i'll play over then you play <laughs> that's a good bargain yeah i'll take that trade, I'll take it's, the trade. it's a terrible bargain i'm gonna be honest near is a really long game <laughs> As terms in terms of like quality, I'm sure it's a great bargain. As terms of like time invested, <laughs> I will make the sacrifice. Okay, I appreciate that. Worthwhile. <laughs> Maybe I'll also play Outer Wilds. Okay. Is that everything as far as like the top five, right? And then we can go into yeah. honorable mentions because yeah. I have a couple. That's all about what about one honorable mention per person? Ooh. <gasps> How dare you? I'll go first. Hey guys. I'm going to say what remains of Edith Thing. I had um, that in my Epic Game Library when I got it for free, and because it's epic, I need to play that. Yeah. It, it's I own another it like. Played it. It's it's very short. Ultimately, um, again, kind of something that I don't want to dive into because it's very unique mechanically speaking. That it. It's kind of like Super Mario Odyssey in the sense that every 10 minutes or so, it just introduces a new thing to you um, and it gets in really quick. It gets out. I think the story that it tells is really uh, interesting um, and, and profound. Uh, it, it's, it's a walking simulator for sure, which doesn't necessarily gel with everybody. 
but I think it's probably the most creative one that I've seen. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's given out for free quite often. Actually, I think I've seen it on Epic for free a couple of times over the past couple of years. Um, and if not, then it's super cheap as well. Um, mm. So if, if any of that sounds even slightly interesting to you, which it should, uh, give it a go. Awesome. I have no excuse to not play it. Like, honestly, <laughs> I have no excuses for myself. It's like not that long of a game. I already own it. Like, there's no reason for me to have not played it. It's just I haven't played it yet. So I'll have one to, day. I'll have to do that. It can be like I, I have like a list of games that I'm like that. I basically I just have like a list of games like right here on my <laughs> on my monitor that I've like downloaded and I'll play. So I'll have to add that to the list. Awesome. Uh, honorable mention. <laughs> I hate picking just one. The problem, the real problem for me is that because I have such a hard time finishing games, I have several games that I think would replace other games but because I can't finish them, like, or have not finished them. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't put them on the list. I will say, I think, like, my pick for honorable mention is going to be Final Fantasy XIV. Um, the only reason that that game didn't make my list is because I... When I was playing it, I was trying to catch up to my friend at the time. And so I did not pay attention to the story at all, which I know is like really sad because the story is like really good. I only paid attention to the story literally like this last patch that released in December. Um, and I actually played through the story for the ending um, for Endwalker. So I'm missing out on the rest of the patches, like as far as story. And because of that, I didn't add it to my list because I feel like not having fully played through the story, it's like a disservice to like to the game. However, mm -hmm. I have probably put like conservatively like 600 hours in the game, probably more. Um, I played it on PS4 first for like two or 300 hours. And then now I play it on PC. Does it transfer um, and, over? It does. You can transfer it, um, but you have to purchase the license. Oh, great. So it's like you, you're you still attached to it. It's kind of an annoying process. That's probably the worst part of the game is like the whole account stuff. But it, you just have to purchase the license and then you can transfer the account over. Um, it's pretty easy to do, just kind of like annoying. So definitely recommend it on PC because it's way easier. I have like my rpg mouse um then trying to like do all the controls by like holding a button and hmm. there's too many buttons for a controller <laughs> to say the least so yeah. let me know if you guys want to get into it because i'm looking for people to raid with so all right <laughs> oh, you're asking a lot of me it is it is so much time that's why i'm like casually mentioning it it's just the problem is is that i really want to run the high-end content but the high-end content gets so hard that if you don't have people like on discord that you're talking to it's really hard to run it and so people won't really run it with strangers but i don't have any friends to play it with but I want to play it so bad. Give me, <laughs> so me 600 hours and I'll maybe be there. I'll think about it. I usually don't do well with turn-based RPGs, but this is not a turn-based RPG. It's not. And, but I've never been like... MMOs have never really attracted me, but I've heard Final Fantasy XIV is an exception for so many people because of the narrative. So you'll give it a closer look. It's so fun. I enjoy it. What's your honorable mention? Okay, so I think my honorable mention is going to be 
Grand Theft Auto V's single player, exclusively it's single player, no GTA Online, because uh, fuck you, Take-Two and Rockstar. Um, but, man, where do I begin? I bought this game behind my parents' back, and it was great. I was definitely not of... I was not 17 when I accessed this game. It's a failure of parenting. Um, but it's okay. No. And and it, GTA V was just so fun for me. Like, when I think fun, two games come to mind. Spider-Man 2018 and GTA V. Um, it's just, I absolutely loved screwing around in the world. I loved driving around, shooting around, escaping the military base with a fighter jet. All the wacky stuff in that GTA is known for, I just had an absolute blast doing. Countless times where I just turned it on and did that. But I also loved the missions, the how much the, the game didn't take itself seriously, but still managed to keep me entertained. And it was very funny. Granted, I was probably at the prime age to find anything that was crude funny. Because I was like, what? Maybe 14? Yeah, I think I was like 14 yeah. at the time. So out there but even if i played it again now for the first time i'm pre pretty confident i'd find a lot of it funny especially how batshit crazy trevor is but i just loved few games can be can have good writing while being comedic in nature and in my opinion gta 5 does that mm -hmm. um and also the heists were really great just yeah. really really fun time and I am very skeptical, but looking forward to GTA 6 whenever that rears its ugly head. Um, but yeah. I've not gotten into GTA 5 at all, but I think like, I think that you're right. It definitely, there is something to say that's like my, uh, my mentor as far as like my college mentor that helped me with like writing stuff. Um, she would always say like, if you want a low blow, like it's easy to make people cry. Like it's not that difficult to like really like pull at people's heartstrings and make people cry. Mm -hmm. If you really want to like test your merit as like a writer, make people laugh because it's much mm -hmm. more difficult. So I think there is something to be said for like the way that so many people just think GTA is just, is just the best <laughs> and think it's so funny and fun. And um, I appreciate that, although I have not played it, so. All good. Nothing to say, Sam? He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like, I have to be subjective because similar to you, like the whole GTA online cloud has just been looming more and more over the, the base yes. game as the years have gone on. Um, but you know, yeah, if I do separate those two things and look back, I think that it's really where rockstar, um, I, I still would probably say as a franchise, I prefer red dead redemption. Um, mm. but that's probably just because I'm, I'm, weird uh no but no gta 5 is i think undeniably um a master class in narratives with multiple characters right we bring um, these three people together and not have it be blow up well it does exactly. blow up but that's part of the narrative <laughs> yeah. it doesn't writing wise the writing doesn't get really bad when it's very prone to doing so yeah. with this the protagonist who cross paths like this yeah mm-hmm to have three separate and then interconnecting stories and have it flow yeah. that seamlessly um, right. and, and for no, no one character to really 
suffer because of having to share screen time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's very impressive. And I hope that it's something that, yes, Take-Two and Rockstar have been potentially paying more attention to uh, the, the online side of their games. But hopefully GTA 6, whenever that does come, they really stick to their guns, at least in that single-player department, um, and iterate more on what GTA 5 gave, totally. Yeah. All right. Wow. I feel like I, I just like know everybody so much better now. <laughs> All right. So wait, wait, we're not quite done yet, guys. But we wanted to thank you all so much for listening to episode zero of No Limits. And once again, please check out our YouTube, Discord, and Patreon at Save the Game Media. All the relevant relevant links will be in the show notes. And as also in the first episode and episodes moving forward, we we can get in our socials and stuff like that in there too um, for each mm-hmm. of us. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And until next time, have a good one. Take Bye. Bye. Next up, we have our experimental Anything Goes uh, show about nothing. Seinfeld reference there for anyone catching it. I hate my friends. What is up, everyone, and welcome to I Hate My Friends, episode number zero, I think we're going with for these ones. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. The Muffin Mon, and today I'm joined by the future of esports himself. Amon, how are you doing? As good as always. I am also joined by the returning human alpaca himself, Mr. Tom. How are you, buddy? I'm fine. I'm actually really happy that this lines up with my schedule so I can be back. Uh, we're, we're seeing the game media now, since this has been announced in post. But yes. In post, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And joining us for this episode, uh, our first podcast together. I don't have a nickname for you yet. I'm sure it will come. Brianna, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm sure the nicknames will come. So. <laughs> No uh, I can't. I came up with them for everyone. But if you didn't know, guys, this is I Hate My Friends, a podcast uh, where all the podcast hosts of Save the Game Media's variety of podcasts come together and kind of just hang out, talk about random topics, shoot the shit, whatever we got going on. If you've seen Seinfeld, this is kind of the podcast version of that. It's a podcast about nothing. Um, today, and for the first few episodes, we're actually going to go kind of a deep dive into one of the hosts in particular. So the call to arms here has kind of been bring your questions or whatever you want to grill the host of the day about. Today will be me. But before we get into that, if you like these podcasts, make sure to hit the like, share, subscribe button. Head on over to patreon.com slash save the game media and choose the tier that is right for you. You can get early access to the Patreon shout out just like Bucky Blue, Hopple, and Mr. Alpaca Tom himself sitting right here. Thank you all for your support. If you don't catch us on YouTube, we are also on every podcast service around. So head on over to Apple, Spotify, drop us a rating, a review. We'll read it live on the show, and we appreciate all those. It helps us grow these podcasts, and that's what we need your help for. Guys, I think that's all the housekeeping we have out of the way. Obviously, this is part of a big compilation announcement video for Save the Game Media's launch day. But 
I want to know who wants to go first in asking me a question or grilling me or bringing up any sort of discussion that they want to get into. Uh, Tom, I see you smiling over there. Is that an indication you really want to jump in here? So my thing is, like, I have, like, over a year's worth of Discord general chats and constant stuff that I slammed you about before. What do I whip out for the general audience, though? That's what, I, that's what I'm wondering here. <laughs> I'm going to start light with you, then. Okay. All right. What the hell is your obsession with Banjo? Oh, okay. All right. Oh, a little gaming question to, to sprinkle in. So uh, if anyone is new here and hasn't listened to Project X Talk, um, Banjo-Kazooie is the greatest 3D platforming mascot of all time. He is adorable. He has the best catchphrase, uh, and Kazooie is a fantastic companion. She literally allows him to do his moves and he uses her as a gun. He uses her to fly. It's just, you ever use your best friend like that? I don't think so. Banjo does. That's a relationship that you don't have. I'm telling you right now, the relationship between Banjo and Kazooie, you ain't got that in real life with no one. But it really comes down to the fact that it's just the best 3D platformer uh, of the N64 era. And the world design, the level design, Everything about it is like my ideal video game. That's never going to re-come out. No Bro. remakes, no re-release, you know, no upscaled version. It's over. No, we Kevin, listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's never, it's not happening. It's coming. It's coming. Um, it still holds up. If anyone hasn't played it, you know, go on to Xbox, go on to Game Pass. You get the HDR version. It's it's upscaled. Looks amazing on the Series X uh, or S. I imagine it looks the same. But the game is really special, guys. I, I, I Carpool Gaming. All right, their Discord friends of the shows over there. They've been going at me hard. Okay, Console Cato, Donnie, Sean. They're all over there saying Banjo overrated trash, and it's hurting me personally. I just really love that you had like a statue to just like whip out. Like <laughs> he he sits here. He sits here next to me, uh, along with uh, Ice Climbers, Squirtle, Ivysaur, and King Dedede. Ivysaur, my, my homies. Yeah, I got Ivysaur here. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, uh, my point, yeah. <laughs> I got the uh, Smash Brothers say, amiibos. Play, I I was saying I'll play some, I'll play banjo when you play the Batman Arkham games. Oh, bro, didn't we already have a bet like that where uh, yeah, I said yeah, I would? Did. Uh, yeah, I think I'm. I I don't play them specifically out of spite to you at this at this moment in time. Yeah, like, I, I know that. I know that. But like, there have been. I, I don't moments. play banjo out of spite for you. So like, you know, <laughs> there have can't... been moments where I literally look at like PSN and they're like free or like three dollars, and I'm just like, nope, can't give Amon the Not satisfaction. Literally nope. can't do it. I have them for free on multiple platforms, and I just refuse. It's just it's not in the cards. Um, I mean, Bucky Blue, if you're watching this, you are subscribed to the five dollar tier, so you can request. You can't. You can actually force Kevin to play games because you're technically paying him. Um, and the new Batman, the, all the Batman Arkham games are on the new PlayStation Plus service. So you know what to do. It's true. <laughs> you know what to do. Call to action. 
that's that's yeah. one of our tiers. If you subscribe at the five dollar tier over on Patreon, you can actually vote on what game I play. Uh, it's it's four times a year you get to pick uh, a game for me to suffer through on PlayStation Plus or or Game Pass. So uh, if that sounds appealing to you, Perfect. go on over there. Perfect. The trilogy there counts on like one game, games. by the way. Well, there's, there's four Batman Arkham games for a pixie year. You know, perfect. <laughs> I'll play the whole, I'll play all of them. Um, uh, Aman, Brianna, do you want to? Tom, Tom kind of gave you a little light softball here. All right, do you want to ask me a question? Any one of you? I'll let Brianna go. I'll go last. Okay, sounds good. Um, I am actually interested. I kind of wanted to know like where you'd be at if you weren't here. Like, what's what's an alternate universe, Kevin, doing? Like, like programming, like. I don't know, like TV host. Like, I don't know. Like, what's an alternate universe you're doing? Oh, um, so that's, I mean, what I do in my day-to-day job is not exciting. Um, I'm a social science research analyst is my official title. I basically put numbers in Excel spreadsheets all day. You're boring our audience. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's nothing super exciting, but I was originally going to be a psychiatrist so I would probably alternate universe. Kevin is probably a psychiatrist because I did work in a psych unit for a year and was actually like, I got assaulted a few times by some patients. It's it a crazy things happen over in, uh, over in the psych unit, but I didn't like biology. And that is because my biology professor for 16 weeks straight, sat down the beginning of every class, put a piece of paper on this projector and drew a circle and went, this is a cell. And I'm like, bro, it's been 16 weeks. I get it. It's a cell. So oh, man, man it's just like, there are just really some college professors that you're like, I don't know what you're doing here. Like, I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> like, So uh, him and him and his wife, they were like kind of a duo at um, the the college, she taught the biology lab, and we would go into biology lab. And these two, they must have been beet farmers in their free time. They were obsessed with beets. All right, because are we like in the office now? <laughs> no, every lab, every lab, we had to do something with beets. Like today, we're gonna heat up beets. We're gonna freeze beets. Everyone would, and if you've ever done anything with beets, you know, your hands get super red. So you'd walk out of the labs looking like you just murdered someone. It was the stupidest thing. And I was like, this literally made me not want to go to med school because like, if if I have to do biology again, I'm going to, I'm literally going to jump off the roof. Wow. Interesting. I I love that the psychiatrist answer. I think that that's a, um, great answer uh as far as like (laughs) i guess it's not something i would have expected because it's like almost like i don't want to say it's like opposite because it's still to do with people but like just different you know Mm -hmm. yeah you imagine kevin wanted to be like a game show host with a huge pompadour sharp shoulders like the big shoulder pads big microphone in his face and welcome to save the game media where we will do jeopardy one day a week yo I could be the next Alex Trebek. You can. Just, just throwing it out there, right? Just the, the, next Jeff the next Jeff Keeley. The next Jeff Listen, all I know, Jeff, I would say monkey D. Luffy, right? All right? I wouldn't go monkey <laughs> D. Luffy. Yeah, I'm not, oh, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to be Jeff Keeley, but, like, if I 
were to able to write a video game and then be able to be the one presenting that video game like on a floor like that that would probably be like a real dream like how cool would that be like I wanna... making games and then presenting them oh what i always wonder about jeff keely is how does he like afford to live like he puts on like what three shows a year do those three shows give him enough money to just like live throughout the rest of the year is, he does is, a bunch of stuff. It's not just those shows because he's oh, okay. like he. Um, God, I can't remember what company he worked at before he started doing all this. But yeah, he does like a lot more stuff where he's like doing a lot of things behind the scenes. I think he does get a ton of money from those shows, but I do think he also has like a lot of like host work. I think he does like random podcasts. I think he just does like a bunch of random like independent stuff. Interesting um aman you wanna you wanna throw me one we're starting a little soft here yeah. guys give me something yes. hard what is controversial what is your guilty pleasure kevin my guilty pleasure oh man um probably trash reality tv shows if i'm being like so i, I knew you, you watched bad girls club come on no, dude. i've never seen that but <laughs> it, it kind of starts like it's my girlfriend she always puts them on and I'm always, I'm, I'm the classic, you know, oh, this is stupid. Like, why are we going to watch this? Right. And then you just kind of get into it. Like we literally just watched a season of America's next top model. And at first I was like, this sucks. And then now, like after two episodes, I was like, yo, why is she being so mean? Like that photo looks great. I don't understand why. Like we did, this has happened with America's next top model, the bachelor, the bachelor, bachelor in paradise. I actually genuinely like, uh, that show is, that show is kind of fire. Uh, like everyone's just always in bathing suits, fighting on the beach, screaming. I don't understand. There's something about these shows that just kind of like click in your brain and you're like, okay, this is, this is trash. But it's also like, I can grab my switch and like, I don't have to pay attention. And then you just hear like girls screaming at each other. You look up, you're like, What's going on? Who who are they fighting? What's 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 going down right now? Um, so I'd probably have to say trash reality TV shows. Um, so a follow up question to that. A follow up yeah. question. Um, have you watched Love Island? No, no, I haven't no. watched. Okay. I tried to get my girlfriend to watch Love Island, and she didn't want to. And it's specifically because she doesn't really like watching shows where people have accents because she says it's hard to understand. <laughs> and I'm like, you can put the subtitles on. <laughs> I live with the subtitles. Me on. too. I They're like can't understand anyway. what anybody is saying. Like even if they speak the exact same like Midwestern accent that I have, I still don't know what they're saying. No. I they're on 100% of the time for all the shows we watch anyway, but if she misses what they say, instead of just reading it, she'll rewind and just listen. I'm like, you it's on the screen still. You can you can just read it. Uh that's a good one, Amon. Guilty pleasures. Uh, reality TV shows. Um, yeah, see, when he said that, I thought he was going to say like 90 Day Fiance. Oh, know? watched it. Yep. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight. Uh, yep. All those, all those, those ones are actually like. Okay. Garbage. 90 Day Fiance is just, it's just hilarious to watch. It's like, it's so bad. It's funny at, at that point. Like, it's, it's hilarious. Like, I see so, PewDiePie. Oh, he's turned into a robot. Um, so, Speaking of 90 Day Fiance, though, um, do you remember when we had Zach from Hey Listen Games on? It was like w way back in the day, one of our very first episodes on Project yeah. X Talk. He was a teacher, right? Yes, he is a teacher. One of his coworkers is going on 90 Day Fiance. 
he tweeted about it and he's deleted the tweet since. But I was like, I just want to know, like, give me more details, bro. I need to know. That's crazy. It's I always love those like weird coincidences where it's like I know somebody that knows somebody. <laughs> yeah, like my my friend's cousin was on the Jerry Springer show. And that's how I know the Jerry Springer show is fake because he got paid like 500 bucks to just like pretend to be in some like trash ridden situation. Um, nice. You know, I, I kind of blame my grandma for a reality TV show uh, because Jerry Springer was on constantly growing up. Like it's, I, I went to visit recently and it was on and my girlfriend mentioned it. I was like, oh, yeah, she she watches it. She just leaves it on, just watches it all day. Even though, She doesn't really care that it's not actual TV. I think for me, it was always like the game shows. It wasn't. It was like. Love game shows, too. <laughs> it was always game shows. And my grandma would always be doing like crossword puzzles and like watching game shows. I don't know. Plot. The last game show I watched was uh, Is It Cake? How, are you familiar with Is It Cake? <laughs> yes, I haven't watched it, but okay, I've Tom. seen so many TikToks about it. Tom, you're looking at me weird. So there are people that can make cake look like anything, like jeans, tacos, literally any item, like my cell phone. You could, They could not tell if it was cake so there's a whole game show around people they get like eight hours to bake a cake and then they try to convince like three random people to like is it cake or is it not i literally can't tell i i don't know what the fascination is there's a whole subreddit dedicated to this too where it's just people cutting into these objects and it's like is it cake like how how is it not cake um it, it crazy crazy we also watched bullshit which was good you just like had to lie for money so like you could get it wrong but if you convince people you knew the answer you got have to you go on circle no we haven't watched the circle. we were watching that one's also a lot of lying we were watching like the trailer one. for it i kind of like the the lying the deception ones and i i'm liking the little trend we're getting of those kind of game shows where um I don't know something about it because it's like I always think I'm like oh I can tell when people are lying and then they just are like oh I was telling the truth I'm like I don't I guess I don't know what anybody's thinking at any point uh, I don't know yeah. if Amon is here or not but we're going to continue the show regardless so uh, <laughs> Tom you want to you want to throw me another one yeah I think I'm going to just light a fire into you right now oh boy so there was a conversation that brought, was brought up way before where it came up where you don't season your food you know what this, this i is honestly what, this is i what can't he be that he, surprised yeah he, he <laughs> says he only uses sauces it can be like teriyaki or barbecue he, there's no seasoning there's no cumin no cayenne pepper no like come on what why what what what, what did the spices do to you you, you can stay in the bathroom all day can you not you know, what, what's, was, the, what's the deal? I was kind of hoping that this conversation would like wait a little bit. Like, uh, I, I didn't know this was going to be like an episode, a pilot episode conversation. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't season my food. I don't put salt, pepper. I don't put any of that on it, mainly because I don't really get the point. Um it just seems like you're adding salt and it's like, well, too much salt is bad for you. So, like, I might as well just not add it. Especially when half the time I'm like, I'll dip it in barbecue sauce or I will put it in like ter teriyaki or some sort of 
uh, Asian thing that like will go on rice and then I'll mix it all together. So like at that point, the sauce is the flavor. So what do you really need salt for? You you got the sauces. I just, I don't understand no, why you, you need to the, season it. The mixing everything together. You need to leave the rice on the, you leave the rice on the side no, so that you can okay. take some of the sauce and then the rice can like cleanse your palate. What are you doing? Oh what my God. Doing? No, 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 no. Okay. You sound, I have a friend who literally says that the rice is just your sauce napkin. And that's it like, is. no, it's not Brianna. Yes, what, what are you on about? Oh my Lord. So you're telling me you just leave all your, your plain white rice off to the side. You dab it a little bit with the sauce and then you eat it. And then at, at the end you eat your leftover sauce rice. Yes. That is exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> but what? No. Someone back me up here. Tom, I'm on. You mix the rice in. No. So I grew up in a Hispanic house with our like, main dish is rice and beans. <laughs> My so beans, it's like saucy beans that is always on the side. And then I just grab some of the sauce with my rice and go at it. It's never mixed in. You don't, yeah, you don't mix it together. You grab a little bit and then grab a little bit. And then you like, you can enjoy it separately. So that way, if you like need, like, what if you get a, oh, never mind. I got the problem. I, I understand now. So if you don't season your food, then you won't have a bite that's too seasoned. So you don't have to cleanse your palate. So that mm -hmm. makes sense. Like why you wouldn't, it's be, well, I get it. You don't well, like good food. So, so I eat a lot of, I'm, I'm vegan. So I eat a lot of tofu and and I know to it's not seasoning tofu. That's probably like a big, like, what do you like? It, it has no flavor regardless. And that's fine. I air fry it. I throw it down. I put some rice, some vegetables. I put some sauce and I mix it all together. And then I literally take like a, I stab some tofu, scoop up some rice and veggies and shovel it all in there in one go. Like, it's really just kind of like a, I like to be done eating basically as quick as possible. You don't want to enjoy the food you're eating. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, that's what You just want to get it over. Like. Oh, it's such a chore. I think I think it's because he's vegan, guys. Like, I don't think vegan people. No, 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 I've, no, no I've, I've always been like this. I have I've had so much good vegan food. It actually has mm -hmm. a lot of seasoning in it. It's not because mm -hmm. of that. No, so Aman, even even before I was vegan, I ate this way. Like uh, my tacos growing up, where it was just like. I would just put beef in a in a pan and cook it, and I wouldn't like seasoning. Like I don't, I don't need. I'm Not even gonna... taco seasoning. There's literally a taco seasoning. No, it's it all like it's too much. It's it's just too much. Oh, Sometimes God. it's fine, but like it's just a little too much. And like at the end of the day, like was it really matter? It's all just going in there anyway. I'll be done with the meal in five minutes. Like let's let's get this over because... with. Like, that's, like, the thing is, is, like, mealtimes are, like, the times that you get to spend with your friends and family to, like, enjoy company. Mm. And so you may as well, like, sit and enjoy the food rather than, like. <laughs> well, so <laughs> growing up, we my family didn't eat together. We would grab our food and, like, go to our separate rooms or whatever we want. And now as an adult, when I have to cook for myself, it's, like what can I put the least amount of effort into and get like a, a meal that'll be like satisfying and like nutritious. Mm. So I kind of just like, if it takes more than like 15 minutes of like me to prepare something, I'm probably not doing it. Like I love lasagna, but I'm never making a lasagna because the amount of effort it takes way too high. I ain't got time for that. I want to go do other things. Plus like I said, I'm going to finish the meal in five to 10 minutes. I'm not going to, if it takes more than that, I'm not going to make it. Okay. I'm going to say, like, point, go ahead. Yeah, you can go, Brianna. Oh, no. 
Yeah, okay, at this point, yeah, at this point, just put everything in a blender and just drink it, man. Like, what's no, ew. honestly, yeah, honestly, at that point, if you yeah, if you don't want any seasoning, if you don't point? care about the flavor and you just want to get the meal over with, just chug it down. No, exactly. liquids aren't filling though. I when I got my wisdom teeth out a few weeks ago, I was starving. Smoothies did not do anything. Guys, I mean, I threw a little bit of chunky bits in there. I don't know. Well, yeah. What is wrong with you? Guys, I don't understand. Well, that's what we're asking. What's wrong, wrong with you? With you? <laughs> What's uh, so I don't put salt or seasoning on my food. It's when my girlfriend cooks, uh, she will season the food. So like I do get some season, but like it's fine. You know, there's not that big of a difference between seasoned and unseasoned. As someone that's had both, I can say there's not that much of a difference. You're all y'all wasting your money on these spices at the store, all right? You could save a few bucks. Dude, something's it's... wrong with your taste buds, man. Like something's genuine. You go to a doctor. <laughs> I got that. Okay, I got that. While we're on this topic, while we're on this topic, um, I do have a question. Um, if if the world was supposed to end tomorrow, what would be your last meal? And would you still be vegan? Mmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting question. Um, he wants something fast so his life can get and over like super well, no, because I, I assume I'm so I can die real quick. Am I making the last meal or is it being provided to me? It's being prepared for you, okay? Um, if the world's gonna end, I know I'm gonna die, I'm probably gonna not have a non vegan meal because, like, what at that point, what does it matter, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing we're not working towards, I think, here. So, I think I would go with ravioli. I love ravioli. raviolis. That yes, raviolis are amazing. I, I I miss ravioli as, as but like a, ravioli a without seasoning is not a good. I'm just saying. Well, ravioli without seasoning. You don't need the seasoning. It's got the pasta sauce, bro. It's got oh, the sauce. Wow. The pasta sauce is seasoned. What is the? What that's is fine. the? Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. Inside of it, it has can, seasoning. Okay, but that he said season the ravioli. You don't need to season the ravioli. Season oh. the sauce. That's you do. Different. You put some parmesan in. Is that seasoning? <laughs> But yeah, also, no, Parmesan's not seasoning. Parmesan's it cheese. Is seasoning. Cheese it's isn't shredded. seasoning. Cheese isn't it's seasoning. Like shredded to a powder. It is seasoning. Cheese is not seasoning. I'm going to say Parmesan. Yeah, Parmesan is seasoning. Like no, specifically, or, or specifically that kind. The Parmesan is seasoned. That is true. It's it does have milk. salt it's not in just, it. Like, you know, dried milk, is it? <laughs> okay, but also, if you literally just gave me unseasoned tomato sauce, I'd probably still eat it and be fine with it. I will say that. Like, I, it really, really didn't matter that much to me. Like, the ravi. I, Honestly, guys, when I was when I was younger, I would just boil frozen raviolis and eat them plain. Maybe some butter. Maybe some butter. But I would just eat them plain. I mean, it's if completely Taylor fine. and Ethan were here, you would. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. T Taylor especially uh, would tear me apart. Because he's, I've seen what he's cooking up over there. He's he's very talented in the culinary world. Uh, from the looks of it, I I don't want to have a culinary discussion with Taylor on the on the show, but I'm sure it will happen at some point. You boil ravioli, frozen ravioli, butter, yeah, with butter, with yeah. butter. Yeah, frozen is, is, is this cheese raviolis or is it like like meat ones? No, no, I don't like meat raviolis. Aren't that good? Cheese raviolis. Cheese I cheese. do not like meat raviolis. No, 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 no. Meat rav. No, meat raviolis aren't the aren't the aren't the trend. Uh, you definitely want cheese raviolis. Maybe cheese and spinach if you're getting like fancy at like a an Olive Garden. 
Um, <laughs> Wait, well, okay. Like, I want to go back to the ravioli and butter part. Is it unseasoned butter or like normal butter? Bro, I don't know. It's probably margarine growing up. What the what the hell do I know? I just That's grabbed seasoned. it. From margarine the... seasoned. It's basically one, basically rubber. Like margarine's almost rubber. Like we're we're that far close. Listen, man. All I know is I used to just like to eat around the edges and then like pull the ravioli apart. It was it's like playing with your food. It was a lot of fun. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Mine did have sauce on it, but I do like nibbling the edges off yeah, of ravioli. I still do it. So I have yeah. I have no excuses there. Yeah. I did want to say like I know I don't know if. I'm sure they do have vegan ravioli, but what I was going they to do. say is if you really want to get lazy with lasagna, you layer like ravioli, cooked ravioli oh, with sauce so and cheese. Good. And that's like so a fake good. that's like a fake lasagna. So I good. had to explain this to one of my coworkers recently that because her son thought that he invented using ravioli instead of lasagna noodles. And I was like, no, he didn't. I've had that. Like it's it's a thing and it's amazing. You should definitely make it for so him. Because it's it's phenomenal. Uh, it's a lot of cheese and like it's it's you know a lot, but it's amazing. So if you wanna if you wanna go that route, for sure, uh, they do have vegan ravioli. The problem is it's like eight dollars for like six raviolis in a little pack, and I was like, I, oh I can't justify this. This is way too much. That does not sound worth it. Uh, all right, food. What's next? What's next, guys? I think I've, I've, we're livening up a bit here. All right. Uh, I cannot, I th I'm like still, I'm just shook. Like, I feel like, like I can't trust anything anymore. You know okay, what okay. I mean? <laughs> let, let me I'm feeling betrayed. This is a little deep, Kevin, little emotional, little deep. Have you ever been heartbroken? Oh man. Uh, I was taking a drink. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, probably twice, twice for sure. Do you mind explaining? Uh, What's there to explain, bro? Um, well, I'm 29, so I've I've dated a few women in in the day. Um, I would say the the main one was probably my high school college girlfriend. It was like four years, and then we broke. I mean, we broke up when she went to college. It was like a classic high school. Looking back now, it's like yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's what like every high schooler does. You you date someone in high school and then you break up when they go to college. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it sucked at the time, went to therapy afterwards. Great. That's one of the reasons I'm a big, a big proponent of therapy. Go to therapy. If you need some, some therapy guys, it's a, it's good stuff, but, uh, not recently, not in the last like eight, eight, nine, when like decade almost. So it's been a while. It's been a while. I'm on having a, having a good, well, I wouldn't say I'm having a good streak. I've been with my current girlfriend two and a half years where we're fine. Before that, I was like, I'm okay. I'm going I'm to do the single life. I'm going to jump in there a little bit. So follow to like a Mons. Would you say, you know, your cooking skills of no season had any sort of impact on any of the previous ones? You said you're currently? <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess and say, yeah. <laughs> Are you asking if my lack of cooking ability led to me being dumped? Yeah. Um, not that I was specifically told. I actually feel like I used to cook more back then. 
Uh, I used to be more willing to like put time and effort into cooking. And it's only since I like started living on my own that I basically was like, I can't be bothered with this. This is like a waste of my time. So I'd like to think, no, that that wasn't a factor. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe I, if I ever run into them, I'll, I'll be sure to bring that. Was the fact that I didn't put salt on the meat the reason that? Yes. You don't, yeah, yeah. Brianna's like, yes, that's a. You know what's funny is, uh, you actually have the same name as the girl that I'm speaking about. Do you want to know something super weird? My co-hosts, not to plug my podcast, <laughs> no limits. Anyways, um, my co-hosts. So my dad's name is Sam, and my ex-boyfriend that we dated for almost eight and a half, almost nine years, uh, his name's Taylor. Wow. So, yeah, that freaked me out. So, yeah, also super weird that I have the same name as your ex. This is, like, all super weird. <laughs> Tom, Amon, come on. Who, who, what names are in common? My dog's name was Amon. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my goldfish was named Tom. It died. That would be a really good goldfish name. I'm not even going to lie about it. Not a bad goldfish name. <laughs> I really want to get a cat and name it Greg. Greg? That's that's one of my friends' name. Greg. Yeah. My friend's name, Greg. Uh, my girlfriend's cat's name is Fre Fredo. She calls him Fred. That's a nice name. Um, I never understood like why people give human names to animals. It's you know? peak comedy is the answer. It's peak comedy. How funny is it if I'm like leaving work for the day and I'm like, I'm going to go hang out with Greg. And they're like, oh, is that your boyfriend? It's like, no, nah, that's my cat. It's my cat <laughs> meow. I usually name like any pet I had. I always name them after fictional characters that I really like. So, yeah, that's that's what I do as well. But I just like the idea of having a cat named Greg is is uh, in high comedy. school. In high school, I had a turtle named Sasuke. Sasuke from Naruto. Yeah, yeah. I had a turtle named Sasuke. That's oh, my dad yeah. is obsessed with Sasuke, and if he gets a cat again, he's probably gonna name it Sasuke. Your your dad <laughs> is obsessed with Sasuke. I just want to make sure I heard that right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. That's Anime correct. has no age limit, Kevin. No, I'm what? not shaming. I'm not. I'm just. I think it might be a little weird for. Uh, how old's your How old's your father? That's a good question. Age, um, age range it. 47? I think it's a little weird for a nearly 50-year-old man to be obsessed with an edgy anime boy. All right? That's yeah. what I'm getting at. All right? Uh, he can I like the anime. It. That's completely fine. But to be obsessed with Sasuke Uchiha is a whole different Dude, conversation. It's just, it, it always cracks me up because he calls – so a lot of the times he'll say, like, like when he's talking, he'll be like, hey, hey Brie, or whatever. Like, he'll, like, call me – it would always be a hey Sasuke. He'd call everybody Sasuke. Like, like I don't know what was going on. He's like, he's like, what's up, Sasuke? And I'm like, that's not in a term of endearment. No, I used to think Sasuke was so cool when I was a teenager, and I'd be like, I gotta learn the hand signs to do the the chidori. I never got it. They go way too fast. So that was they me as so like a fast. me as a nerdy uh, teenager. But now I'm just picturing Brianna's dad sitting there like. Doing the Chidori hand signs. I don't think he's ever tried it, to be honest with you. It's, yeah, but uh, that's like, it's so interesting because he's like a, he's just like a businessman that just like watches anime while he runs every day. He just runs on the treadmill and watches anime. That's dope. It's, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, think I it's love funny. it. He's upset of all the characters to be obsessed with, though. Like, yeah, that's true. I think like 
yeah, I think he does like uh, Kakashi, but like I don't like he doesn't say his name all the time. He just like drops Sasuke all the time still. And <laughs> I, so get back on to get back on pet names <laughs> to get back on pet names. All right. Um, I don't name my pets after humans. I give them like like my one cat. He was born with like a thumb paw. So I named him Mittens because his hands looked like he was wearing like snow you know, snow mittens, mm-hmm. which I thought that was a cute name. Uh, I, name. I don't really care what people name their cats. I personally wouldn't, I'd feel weird being like, Oh, I gotta go hang out with, uh, with Ed tonight. <laughs> Isn't that like peak comedy? <laughs> Tom, back me up here, man. What are your birds names? Uh, Guava. Okay. Loki, Momo and Chocobo. All right. Those are some solid choices. Uh, yeah. yeah. Lean more. No human names, though. No. But, why would I have a human name? But like Kevin, you were saying, you... oh, I got to go home and bed, bait, um, bed, bathe. Oh, what the heck? Can I even speak today? <laughs> I hope you're not betting any pet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. This is like judgment free zone. What people oh, do. Not for that today. Not, not for that today. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laying the law down now. We we're we're strictly judging that here. Um, yeah, right. you're right. That is funny. Like, yeah, I gotta go give Greg a bath. <laughs> it just sounds like you're bathing like a child. Everyone's gonna think. But if you go home and say, "I'm I gotta go, I gotta go feed guava," nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, you named your child guava? What a unique name!" Like, they're definitely gonna just be like, "Oh, that's like that's an animal." Of some sort. You can't tell me that there's not somebody named guava. I'm I promise sure there you, is. there are people named guava. There is, there is. Uh, guava juice, the YouTuber. Yeah, I'm sure that's his real name legally. <laughs> guava, guava juice is his real name. Hey, if if there are people legally named ESPN, guava can't even be that surprising. Like. Uh, all right. Um, any <laughs> any more I'm questions? Saying. Any more questions, guys? We're on a we're on a good roll here. Let's keep it up. Um, I might have one. <clears throat> you asked the last one, all but right. go for it. Okay, what is the most embarrassing moment you can recall, bro? You what what are these hand. What are these questions? Oh man. Um. Oh, this is super hard. I don't really know about embarrassing. Um. It's probably because we already talked about it. It's that you don't season your food. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Calling me. Out. I, I don't know about that. It, that's that's hard to like retroactively like think about what it, what was embarrassing at the time because I feel like most of most of the things I felt embarrassed about probably weren't big deal like aren't big deals now that I'm a 29 year old, but were super big deals when you're like a teenager because. Everyone has the whole like, oh, I'm the main character syndrome when you're uh, when you're a teenager. You all think like everyone looks at you and th- th- when you walk by, they must think something about you. When in re- And I tell everyone this. I'm like, reality, 99.9% of people that you walk by do not care about you at all. Do not have a single thought going through their head. But like that's it's hard to tell that to a teenager where they're so like, no, they must be looking at me. I'm so self-conscious. Um, I don't know. It's probably some high school thing, man. Uh, I, I really can't pinpoint an exact one. So have you ever done any, like, all right, so for those who don't know, Kevin is a twin. Yep. Right. So I didn't know that. Have you ever done like something like super bad where like you ended up getting your brother's like ass beat instead of your own? Like, I, I feel like uh, I would have so did that. Like, Oh, 
I broke a vase. It was definitely him. You saw you saw a quick glimpse, and it was definitely my my brother. No, I was my brother and I never we we had our obviously arguments and fights, but we never really liked the. Uh, turned on each other like that um we did in school one time we did like switch classes once and like um kind of do that i remember one time the teacher was yelling at me but using his name and i specifically was like my name's kevin and that kind of sent them over the edge and it was like go to the principal's office right now like i'm sick of this so when i got there i was like just call me by the wrong name i just corrected i don't know what i'm doing here like what what is this nonsense and then i just got to hang out there they're like that sounds reasonable to me like why don't you just spend the rest of the period here so um no i mean we were kind of we we're kind of homies i remember one time we got into an argument and I he went to punch me and I grabbed our kingdom under fire uh, Xbox game case and used it as a shield and he punched through the case and then we had to go tell our grandma and we were like how do we make it so she goes and buys us a new copy and then she she did she got we got it like she's like we're like oh no we need GameStop would not take our shattered <laughs> game case um, but we got that we got a new copy out of that. So that was probably the closest to what you're describing, Tom. This is where we were like, all right, we gotta fix this situation. But that was one I definitely I love how you picked up a game like as a shield wall. It was the closest thing to me. <laughs> what what else was I gonna use? A pillow? Hands? Bro. <laughs> I think it was more like he won't punch the game. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we both played this. There's no way. I'm right? bamboo I bamboozled you. We I won this battle. Yeah, and then you just see the shattered pieces oh. of your mistake and you're like <laughs> And then you both sit there crying. Yeah. <laughs> for, for real How though. We're gonna Instagram, Graham. <laughs> How do we get a new game? You broke the case. It wasn't even the game that was broken, it was literally just the case. But it was oh, like I would have just like abandoned, I would have even got a new case. I would have just nah, like you know nah, slide it into one of those like disc trays and just call this, it a day. Now, despite my complete, you know, I don't care if I ever own a physical game again attitude right now. Back in the day, I was like, I want the cases. I want everything pristine condition. So this was like kind of a, a, a big deal back in the day. All right. Next one. Brianna, you got our one? Mm, yeah. Um. I, what, this one isn't going to be super like a, a crazy question, but I am curious, like what kind of clubs were you into in high school? Like what kinds of activities? Oh, uh, <laughs> I was not athletic in high school. Um, I was like 80 pounds heavier than I currently am in high school. So I couldn't really do any sports. I liked watching soccer in high school. That was, that was like, I couldn't play it obviously because you have to be able to run and running to me in high school. was like, this is death. I want to die. Um, so the only club I did was it wasn't even like a real club. It was one of my periods. We got to do like a, a video editing course. Like we basically got like, got to make videos and edit them for these school um, announcements. And I remember I always tell like the, the most fun project that we did was we were doing an ad for, I think it was like to go to the basketball game or something, but we were trying to make it like hype. 
So we were like, we got the great idea. We're like, what if we make it like WWE? And so we we were roaming the halls during when everyone else was in class, and we found some of the foldable steel chairs that like they set up in like the auditorium or like the the, the gymnasium for like assemblies or like school band. And then we're like, okay, we're gonna like hit each other with them to get like get hyped. And I was like, this is it's gonna be fine. Like this couldn't hurt that bad. My God, guys. I literally got it was one of those like jabs to the stomach and then the overhead hit. I went down and I was just laying there. And then eventually, like I got back up and we were we went to show the teacher like oversaw the club. We're like, all right, this is what we were thinking. And he was like, you can't show that you will get in trouble. Like we are not putting that on the announcements. And I was like, I took a steel chair for this. What are you talking about? Like I you see me laying on the ground in pain. I did this all for nothing. Um, so eventually, like, eventually he kind of took away our privileges and we just became like an editing thing. Like I had to edit the the talent show and sitting for like three hours worth of uh, not very talented individuals is not the most exciting thing to edit. Let me tell you. It's not fun to watch. You're supposed, supposed to put your hands up, right? When you get hit with a chair. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. So it was one of those like he was holding it by the sides and hits you with the the top end of it in the stomach, and then you lean over. And I always thought that that was like a dramatic, like oh, you hold your stomach because it's like you got to lean down for WWE so they could hit you in the back. No, like I genuinely like my reaction was like grab my stomach in pain, and then he was like, yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's real. It, <laughs> It wasn't a steel chair like they have in WWE either. It was literally like one with, you know, like the foam seats they have on it. And it's like the the hard backboard. It was not a great time. But that was, that was I think that might have been the only club. I, I did the school newspaper too for a little bit. Um, I would like review concerts that I went to. Um, that was fun. I liked, it got me to go to concerts, which I obviously love going to concerts. All right, guys. We got right, about fifteen got minutes left, so let's uh, let's keep it going. I got one. Uh, if you could switch genders for a day, what would be the first thing you would do? Uh, we can't talk about that on this podcast. So why don't you ask me a new question? It's not not appropriate. <laughs> right. I mean, we know what the answer would be. Amari. We'll go hang out with the homies. <laughs> hang out with the homies. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know. About, I was, <laughs> I was thinking more like some some alone time, but you know we're gonna. I'm on. I think you can. I think you can piece together the answer. But why don't you? Why don't you guys ask me a different question? One that uh, you know, every teenage boy hasn't been asked and has the same answer to. Yeah. Well, uh, when did you become a vegan and why? Oh. Okay. All right. All right, Tom. Man, a lot of food questions. You guys are so obsessed with my dietary I'm habits. I'm really upset about the seasoning still. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sorry, Brianna's not asking questions. She's just seething over I'm there. Just, I'm just food. like in shock. Like it's not even like an anger. I'm just like shocked. <laughs> yeah. I'm, last night I had uh, tofu and some mushrooms and some rice and I didn't, I didn't season them. It was great though. Lovely, lovely teriyaki sauce on top. But um, I have been vegan for eight years now 2014 i believe 20 maybe 2015 for seven to eight years i've been i've been vegan um and i became vegan because 
uh, one, I wanted to lose weight and I thought it'd be very easy, like easier on a, a vegan diet where I didn't have access to like all the, the junk, like fast food and all that, uh, junk food that is like super i mean obviously i I know you can be healthy and be an omnivore and uh you know eat not just avoid all that stuff but for me it was like i'm gonna place the restriction on myself and then it was also um more uh more for animals i think i watched a lot of documentaries back in the day i was like wow we treat animals like garbage i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do this for them too so i went vegetarian first and then i was like man i really like yogurt giving up yogurt was like a, a big struggle for me. And everyone was like, it's just yogurt, bro. And I was like, I, I love yogurt and granola. It's so good. You don't understand. Uh, but then they came out with vegan yogurt and vegan yogurt is pretty dope. So um, yeah, I would say health reasons and then uh, animals. And I just kind of stuck with it because it's it's easy. It works for me. Um, but I don't really care if other people eat meat. I, I cook my girlfriend meat sometimes or I help her cook. She'll be like, can you flip this for me? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, doesn't really like she eats me all the time doesn't 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 bother me at all okay i have a follow-up question um have you ever broken your vegan rule have you not on purpose not on purpose okay not on purpose even when you were vegetarian you never broke the rule no no not no when i when when i went vegetarian was easy because you sell like cheese and like dairy and everything um and i actually like the meat substitutes that they have um depending on what which ones like tofu i like seitan is really good love seitan um uh tempeh is all right it's a little interesting the texture wise but when i went uh vegan i was like all right i'm just gonna like it's super easy like i just have to check a label or like when you order a restaurant it tells you what everything comes into it so it's like it's pretty easy to know like what's vegan what's not you can ask nobody's ever like made fun of me at a restaurant for asking a question because i feel like this day is pretty common in 2022 to have some sort of like dietary restriction but the only times that i'd say like i broke it and it's not it wasn't on purpose was like someone at a restaurant gave me something then afterwards they're like oh yeah that's the honey in it and i was like well you didn't say you had honey in it and it's like okay but it's it's honey like i'm gonna get over it like you do your best and then you move on that's that's my life um if if i've never intentionally been like oh i'm gonna order this lamb steak because it looks great yeah oh i ordered some tofu oh i didn't notice a steak (laughs) oh well it's already on the plate (laughs) My bad, guys. Um, no, I mean, he'd probably have unseasoned steak, so it wouldn't be worth it. All right, so it wouldn't steak, be worth it. You know, steak, you can just, re- I think it's fine with steak, honestly. Yeah, because a lot of people no, just salt no, no, steak no, or salt and pepper. No, no, but pepper, I think the juice of the steak, is, I, I, this is the one food I would die for without seasoning. I think steak is the one, the one meal that I can do with no seasoning. Do you have it well Maybe done as well? And black no, meat. no. That, it has to be like oh, rare. Okay. Yeah, I, I have to feel the carcass of the living creature in my mouth still. Uh, I was going to say, I was, I was going to say, I was going to make a joke just to make him on mad and say like, what do you need seasoning for? You just dip it in ketchup. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, uh, to be fair, probably... ketchup on pizza and pasta. No, yeah. okay. So, ketchup you, and mac I'm, and cheese. Go. I, I'm, I'm trolling, guys. Oh, you you keep saying you're trolling, okay. but the <laughs> amount you've said it, I'm starting to believe you're not trolling. 
thing. It was just this joke I had when I was in Italy. Um, I was like, oh, let me put <laughs> ketchup on my pizza. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, man. And we think he actually did. did. You guys, did you guys have it like... I hate that this is an experience that I had, but in junior high, did everybody always put like chocolate milk with their pizza? Like put it. On no. No. What see, is wrong with we these did normal people. stuff? We like, dipped it in a ranch. We didn't pour chocolate me. milk on it. I pizza. thought it wasn't just like one person either. There was something wrong with my junior high. Everybody was like putting chocolate milk on their pizzas, and I That's was like, disgusting. "This can't be normal." Chocolate no. milk. Oh God! Well, me and Tom and I are both in New York, um, and I've never seen that Tom. So I'm gonna say this is this is not something that's normal. Um, what I will say is I used to have cereal with chocolate milk in school. Mm, that's good. And that was yeah, dope. That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. Thank you. All right. Justified. Justified. Uh, mm-hmm. Pizza and ranch also dope. Love it. Um, what's uh, what's everyone's favorite type of pizza? Just oh, throwing out there. Ooh, this is a hard one. You know, I, no, this is so easy for me. And it's like, this is pineapple is always controversial, but pineapple and then um, olives, like black olives on pizza, those like the saltiness and the sweet with like the savory of the cheese. Oh, so good. Yeah, no. No, thank you. <laughs> no, it's so no. good. You know, I, right. I'll do pineapple. Um, I guess just any sort of meat lover's pizza, I would like. It's my favorite. At buffalo the, chicken's fine. Uh, yeah, Hawaiian like style pizza's awesome. At the Save the Game Media meetup, we're all going to get individual pizzas, is all, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm learning. laughs> that's um, exactly what's happening. I, Tom, oh. ba- Tom, back in my non vegan days, meat lovers for sure. I would do like ham, bacon, and pepperoni all on one pizza. Oh, and yeah. I was like, this is just a heart attack, but it was so good. Um, I mean, one of my favorite pizzas is the chicken tikka pizza. I love that oh, one. So it's the grand chicken I've never tikka. had that. Amazing. Chicken tikka pizza. It's What's that? So good. It's, it's it's the uh, it was at this fusion restaurant where they mixed like Indian food and pizza. Um so yeah, that was It's that the was best really fusion ever. Yeah. You can also get mm. like they like sometimes have like specialty breadsticks where it has like special seasoning and stuff too. Oh, <laughs> seasonings. So good. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm going to name this episode, Kevin Doesn't Season His Food. You should. Um, you should, because you should. it's that upsetting. It's it's like the main topic of this episode, for sure. But like, I would say my favorite pizza is mushrooms, spinach, roasted garlic, uh, red and green garlic, peppers. Yes. yes. That, that's, that's a it. decent pizza. Love that's it. Mm, pizza. So good. I last time what I got it. Though? What sauce though? Marinara or I'm 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 good sauce? with just the traditional the traditional red sauce, but I do like a white pizza every you know and uh, they can do some white pizzas. What um, type of cheese? All right, guys, this is controversial. What well, I'm vegan, so vegan? I get I get whatever the, oh, okay. I get whatever they the pizza place has, which is um, usually Vienna, like Daya. If I can pick, it's gonna be ricotta. It has to be mozzarella. I, I really do. I really do love mozzarella on cheese, but like, if I get to like pick, like, I really want like just like dollops of like ricotta on there. Because, on like pizza? Have you never had it on pizza? Oh, you're missing out. It's so only good. time I've had ricotta cheese is in a calzone or lasagna. Yeah, or lasagna. Yeah, lasagna. Exactly. Yeah, so it's lasagna. like it's that kind of like same thing, but it's like pizza. I think it could work. Actually, I've never tried it. That could it's work. It's so good. It's so I highly recommend it. Where I went to college. They would give you a slice of pizza 
and then they would shred cold uh, giant shreds of mozzarella on top of it like this high. And for audio listeners, I have a very big width between my fingers. Um, they would just give you a lot. And I was like, I don't understand why anyone want a giant mountain of cold cheese on top of their warm pizza. Like they didn't warm it up? Jeez. No, it was cold cheese, but they had the warm pizza. So they put the cold uh, cheese on top of the warm pizza. That sounds disgusting to me. You know, wait. Yeah. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to eat that, to be very clear. However, the pizza Lunchables do have cold cheese, and those are really good. That's different, You know, though. but that's different. We, we grew up with that. You know, yeah. elementary school kids looking <laughs> at the, the pizza Lunchable. You know, so it was good. a dream. Amon, did you did you have? I was gonna. Did you, do you have Lunchables in the UK? I so, mean, I didn't grow up in the UK as a kid, so well, I don't know if they do here. But mm, I, don't I don't know the best way to explain a Lunchable. It's kind of like it's you buy a packaged lunch, and it's usually like crackers crappy quality ham cheese and then you like make a little sandwich out of oh, yeah. them it's yeah, the it's driest like, thing you've ever eaten uh, little sections they have yes. crackers here, cheese yes there. yeah yeah we have that yeah we yes have that. Yeah. yes yeah yes, so yes. they have like a pizza one where it's like a little like you, you get, squeeze like, a little, it out of it yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> you get like a little pizza mm. thing and you put the sauce on and the cheese on it sometimes there's pepperoni it's good I think that's only acceptable to eat when you're a child though right like oh i yeah. bought one probably like last it, month it, uh, yeah. Last really? Time. One thing I hate, though, I hate Pop-Tarts. I absolutely hate Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts are good. As you Pop-Tarts told are good. Me cold no. Pop-Tarts are disgusting. No. Have you guys tried the disgusting. little, like, packet of Pop-Tarts that are, like, the little tiny bite-sized Pop-Tarts? That no. You just, like, Never oh, seen these. So good. You should definitely, if you can find them, definitely try it because it, it like eliminates the issue where like the crust gets a little too thick without the sauce because it almost is like a puff of like the sauce and the pop tart. So it's like more evenly balanced of flavor. It's really good. I mean, I, I, when I was in the US, I tried pop tarts and toaster strudels. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like so those good. ones. I love toaster strudels. Those are amazing. I don't like but toaster pop-tarts, strudels. Pop tarts? Nah, guys, come on. How do you guys survive even- on that? I, I can't even like it. nothing Kevin says anymore is like surprising as far as food because it's like it's clearly because he doesn't like flavor. <laughs> I, I was just saying I have some I have some hot takes on Pop Tarts. All right, so uh, unfrosted Pop Tarts are better than frosted Pop Tarts. How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> and, and and don't toast them. I like them cold. No, I like come them on. Okay, you straight have to out toast. the so no. Soggy without toast. No, oh my straight God. out the pack. It and feels then, raw. It and then I eat around raw. the eat around the edges because the edges are where the like the filling isn't. So you got to get that out of the way first, and then you can like eat the middle part where it has the good like juicy like center bits. <laughs> you're you're a weird. Man. I'm devastated oh. right now. You can just cut the edges. I honestly that's a waste of food. I I honestly like as like a kid, I vividly remember thinking, like, I wonder why they make these unfrosted ones because nobody likes them. I like them. Kevin. (laughs) Kevin Kevin was the nobody that existed. (laughs) The one percent of the population that exists. Kevin. Oh god. Listen, if they're selling well enough that they keep making them, then I'm not alone. And but I the un they're vegan, right? The un well, they are vegan, but I like them better when before I wasn't vegan too. Like that's just like this has just been a thing. This I just got lucky and I was like, oh wow, these are vegan. I can still have them. So the unfrosted will rise. All right, hashtag unfrosted. Um, 
I got some I got some food takes, guys. Like it's I could I got a I could, lot of food takes. Yeah, we haven't even we haven't even scratched the surface, to be honest. Like oh, I'm scared. Uh, I don't want anything more. There was one more before we end it. <laughs> uh cinnamon toast crunch sucks. Awful I don't cereal. Like toast yeah, crunch. it's not the best. Wow, okay. You're yeah. I'm, like, I'm a fruity pebble guy. Fruity Pebbles are pretty good, to be honest. I like Fruity Pebbles. I just get soggy I too fruity. quick. I love, I love do, the, but, I love the know, soggy cereal. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Kevin there. Soggy cereal? No. Yes, I Wait, love... Fruity Pebbles is fun. Soggy cereal? Yes. I, when you let the milk absorb into your cereal, and then it gets a little soggy, and then you can eat it, like... Mm, Wait. No. What? Nothing better. No. Nothing. No. Cornflakes? No. Soggy cornflakes? Dope. Oh, no. no. Fruity Pebbles is guess. the only exception to the rule. Everything. Let like, me guess. On. No, no you like cornflakes more than frosted flakes, huh? Yes, one hundred percent. Oh god. Yeah, frosted flakes are way too sugary, and like uh, they have. I don't like the the, the powder. So you rather have no sugar at all? Just like yeah, I don't. Milk. I don't put sugar in my cornflakes. I just put the cornflakes in there. It tastes like nothing, though. I guess you like Send that because you don't season your food. <laughs> I mean. So at least I was. At least if you like throw a banana or something in there. No, no, like, fruit doesn't. Be, fruit doesn't belong in cereal. Fruit is That's okay. Not in, true. Fruit is okay oh in oatmeal. Fruit doesn't belong in cereal not. though. Okay, okay. Do you use hot milk or cold milk for cereal? Cold milk. Who uses okay, hot good. milk? Okay. Okay. I've met someone who does hot milk. I, <laughs> I use hot milk. For, I use hot milk for oatmeal though because you cook it in yeah, the okay, obviously that, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, that's fine. Do you put the milk first or the cereal first? Cereal first. If you put milk first, cereal you're a terrorist. Okay. Okay. You're you're not as bad as I thought. All right. I had a I had a friend in high school who actually he kept them separate and he would take the spoon, grab a scoop of cereal, put it in his mouth, and then drink the milk. <laughs> that's actually kind of smart. It's a lot of work, but like that way your cereal doesn't get soggy. But I like the soggy. Rice Krispies no. are good soggy. Captain Crunch, phenomenal I soggy. I hate Rice Krispies. They're disgusting. Rice Krispies like are eating... dope. No, it's like eating Rice, rice Krispie treats milk. are good. Rice no. Krispies are cereal. disgusting. No, Rice Krispie cereal is great. No, they're not. Uh. <laughs> mm. Oh, God. No. Guys. Guys. Wait, so Have if you, guys you had like... Honey loops? Have you guys had Honey Loops before? Honey Loops honey are loops. not a yeah, thing. Yeah, in you mean Honey Nut Cheerios? They, they might be called something else, but they're, they're called Honey Loops here. Are they like, little tiny circles? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, like, yeah, they're great. Like, like Honey Cheerios, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're great. Yeah, yeah okay, good. That, you guys yeah, have Banana Cheerios? No. Oh, never had them. Never had Those that. are so good. They don't make them anymore, but they're really good. Hot take, I like Fruity Cheerios more than Fruit Loops. It's because no, it has less flavor. Loops, no, you fruit, know what? I've never had fruity Cheerios to like to compare. You should get up. They still make them. I'm pretty sure you can get a box and compare. I'm telling you, fruity Cheerios are better than Fruit Loops because they're the not difference? as hard. They're not as like grainy as Fruit Loops. All right. Um, I do like Fruit Loops though, but like Apple Jacks, another great quality cereal. I've never had Apple Jacks. It's okay. I love they're, cereal. Not the best. They're like not I mean, terrible, but they're not good, great. I'm already a little cautious. If Kevin honey bunch, good, honey bunches of oats used to be my favorite cereal. That's I my do. main cereal, regardless. Oh, so I good. like honey bunches of oats. I like just like the regular like honey bunches of oats with like bananas, slices of banana in it. Mm -hmm. Guys, this might be the last thing we talk about. All right, uh, is cereal. Um, so I hope I hope all the listeners are, are loving it. But um, 
I'm just going to put this out there. Kicks. You're familiar with kicks. We all eat them as little tiny infants. We all eat them. They're still fantastic. I (laughs) sometimes I just buy the giant. They're cheap. You don't need that. They're little tiny corn (laughs) balls. Okay. No, they're amazing. Berry berry kicks are phenomenal. And they're, they're pretty low calorie for a cereal because you feed them to infants. So you can have a whole, like a ton and feel all right because you're like, you know all right, what? this doesn't really make calories. This is my recommendation for you. Go buy baby food. And I don't no. mean like the like the mush food. I mean like the puffs, the puff and like the stars <laughs> that they sell because those are super low calorie and they have barely any flavoring in them. You'll love it. It'll be a great <laughs> snack for you. <laughs> and on that note, I think we will wrap up episode uh, zero of I Hate My Friends. Um, I had fun guys. Uh, you know, a little, we, we started off a little slow, but I think we really got into a rhythm there. So, uh, great show. I hope everyone else liked it. If you want more, make sure to subscribe to the channel, head on over to the podcast feed for, I hate my friends, uh, follow us over there. Make sure you get all of the weekly content and head on over to patreon.com slash save the game media for more. But until next time, Amon, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Amon underscore M zero five. Tom, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Alpaca Tom. And Brianna, where can people find you? You can find me almost anywhere at Fabulous Brianna. And um, it's it's one E and two N's for my name, which I know is a controversial spelling, but that's how you spell it. And you can find me at the Muffin Mon. It's a one and seven I and O and seven A. Make sure to follow us over at Save the Game Media for all the updates of our content. But until next time, we'll see you. Goodbye. Next up on the docket, we are going to dive deep into the world of film and television with our brand new show, Frame by Frame. Uh, This podcast will be headed by Aman, who is really passionate about all things comics and DC, Marvel, Star Wars, pop culture in general. He's always talking about it in the Discord. If you're over there, you know this. So without further ado, I want to introduce Frame by Frame. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the first official episode of Frame by Frame, a brand new podcast all about your favorite movies and TV shows. Today is truly an exciting day as we have officially launched Save the Game Media, a brand new podcasting network containing four different podcasts all about gaming and all other nerd culture. Make sure to check all our other shows out, which will be airing weekly on the Save the Game Media channel. We've all, we've all been working very hard for this past month to get this project off the ground, so we really hope you like it and we're open to any and all feedback, so let us know in the comment section below. Before we start, I would like to shout out our Patreons, Bucky Blue, Hopple, and Alpaca Tom. If you want to hear your name at the start of every show, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash savethegamemedia.com and get some exclusive perks to enhance your experience. Uh, you can also join our Discord and interact with the hosts and co-hosts of each show. Uh, you can also visit our brand new website for any inquiries and additional information on all our new shows. The links to all of these will be in the description below. Uh, with that out of the way, I'm your host, Aman, and joining me today is Mr. Physical Copy himself. Ethan, how are you doing, buddy? Aman, you killed it with the intro. I'm, I'm proud <laughs> of you. I'm doing good, man. Thank I'm ready you. to talk Thank about you. some film. I'm ready to talk about some TV shows. I'm so excited to get started with this. 
And joining me for the first time ever is Sam. Well, I don't have, I don't, sorry, Sam, I don't have a nickname for you. You know, this is our first podcast. It's okay. It'll come in time. Yeah, it'll come in time. It'll come in time. Uh, Same goes for our other new member. The latest addition to the Save the Game media channel is Jemmy. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good today. Pretty good, you know, excited, you know, get nerd out, you know, talk about some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Yep. So as you all know, this is episode number zero of Frame by Frame. So today we're going to be doing something different so that, you know, the audience gets to know the co-host of Frame by Frame better. So um, I have put together a list of very deep and intimate questions so that the audience can know us on a deep and intimate level. Intimate. Yeah, very intimate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, okay. So let's just jump into it. The first question I have for you guys are what were your favorite movies or TV shows growing up? And what are your favorite favorites now? And, you know, how has your choice evolved? And I want to start with you, Ethan. So when I was a kid growing up, I had a VHS tape with the Iron Giant on it. Uh, as a little kid, I probably watched the Iron Giant every day. I mean, I'm talking my, my mother can back me up because I might be too young and not remember well enough. And I've asked my mom about this. And she said, you watch that movie probably 200 times in the frame of a year. And I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yes, I would put it on every day for you. And you'd sit in front of the TV in your underwear and just stare at our big CRT TV and watch this VHS tape. Uh, Iron Giant to me has a very special place in my heart. Um, I still watch it every now and then as an adult just to have that nostalgic kick. It, it still holds up. It's an incredible animated film. Um, in terms of now, you know, I had a really hard time coming up with this answer. I, I have a bunch of written down, but I got to one. But I wrote down, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Star Wars Episode Four, Hereditary, Tommy Boy, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, 42. But I came to one movie and one movie that I watch at least once a year because I love it so much. And that's Gridiron Gang. Uh, For those of you that don't know what Gridiron Gang is, it's a story uh, about two juvenile detention officers played by The Rock and Exhibit. um, And they decide to start a football team in their juvenile detention center because they saw that all the kids were just getting out and either getting killed or going back to jail. Um, And it's it's a heart wrenching story. It's a dramatic story. It's a sad story. But there's a lot of hope and a lot of goodness in that movie. And uh, it it just hits me in the soft spot every time when I want a good cry. That's the movie I'm going to watch. So I think that that movie probably has the most special place in my heart right now. See you guys, I told you deep and intimate level. Ethan almost here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, that did pique my interest. I haven't watched the movie before, so I'm certainly uh, interested to check it out now. Uh, and I want to go to over you, oh, yeah. to you now, Sam. Um, what was your favorite movie growing up, and what is it now? Um, it's tough. Like I, my mind jumped to Spirited Away when I was younger. Um, I think it's Studio Ghibli's best film. Um, but realistically, I think my answer would probably be Scott Pilgrim. Um, All right. Mainly just because I think Edgar Wright is one of, and he, he, he misses probably more than he hits at the box office, but uh, I think his directing style is second to none. I think that when he does nail it, he really nails it. Uh, and Scott Pilgrim as a character is just, it was so similar to what I was like going through my school years um, that I just, I just personally connected with him a lot. Now, um, my favorite film, again, kind of fluctuates, but, and, you know, much like Ethan, I'm a physical, physical media lad. Um, It's a very small indie film um, called Robot and Frank. Um, 
Now, this is by no means an excellent film. Um, I would border on saying it's just an okay film, but I, I'm one for story and themes more so than necessarily execution, as long as it's got a good hook. Mm -hmm. I will watch it and probably enjoy it. And there's a lot of emotional stuff in there that really uh, struck a chord with me and, and my personal experiences at the time when I watched it. I think I found the film at the exact right time. Um, and I think that that's really special when you can find a film that really resonates with you at a specific moment and then that sort of latches on. So for Absolutely. the past few years, it's been that film. Yeah. We are getting intimate here, Aman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this I, is, I this is awesome. I, I did Film not means a lot to people's level. lives, you know? So I, yeah, I, I did sense. not expect yeah. this level of intimacy, but, uh, you know, uh, glad you guys are bringing it. Uh, but, yeah, I have to agree. Edgar Wright is a very, very creative filmmaker. Um, I watched his two recent movies in the theaters, Baby Driver and Last Night in Soho. Uh, oh, yeah. I did have a good time with both of them, although not perfect movies. They're so yeah. pretty enjoyable. Uh, and now I want to move on to you, Jemmy. What were your what was your favorite movie or TV show growing up, and how did your choice evolve? Okay, so I'm gonna buck the trend and talk TV shows since everyone else has gone movies. So okay, so I would say so. Similarly, I got a VHS story. So on my uh, my family actually got the old TV still behind me. Nice. What we would do is my dad he would record a bunch of stuff. He used to have a hard drive and it was full of cartoons, and that was how I got like all my exposure. He would download them and we watch them. <laughs> I remember. Favorite thing I would watch, Justice League, Batman the Animated Series, Superman. Those right there, those were my C's. I, every Saturday, I kid you not, that is where you would find me. You know, all that, like, classic Justice League DC stuff, those were, like, my jam. Uh, now, I'd have to say, it honestly vacillates, you know, like, I like the prestige TV, you know, like, Breaking Bad, you know, Better Call Saul right now, um, you know, stuff like that. I'd have to say one thing I really enjoyed that just took, blew me away was Arcane that come out, that came out. You know, I was yes. not a fan of, like, League of Legends or anything that wasn't on my radar, but happened to watch Arcane with my brother and absolutely loved it. So I'd say that's probably my favorite right now. Nice. Arcane was indeed amazing. I loved it. The art style, the story, everything. Just the art style was nuts. It was great. And the music, like Imagine Dragons, guys. Come on. I, know, right, yeah. I would listen to that intro in my free time oh, yeah. when I wasn't even watching the show. It was great. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think I think what's particularly impressive is that it's a League of Legends show. Yeah. And you would never who know. Really doesn't care <laughs> at all for League of Legends. You it still manages exactly. to capture you. Um, yep. And it's made like really big mainstream splash, you know, yeah. it's, it's in all the awards contenders. So absolutely yeah. good choice. Yeah. Big move by Riot, you know, like license that IP out. Big move. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, Jemmy, you stole some of my answers there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my favorite movie growing up had to be Jurassic Park. Uh, that was my first Ooh. introduction to dinosaurs. And as a four-year-old, I used to fall, watch that movie every day. Again, as same as Ethan, according to my mom. She's a sorcerer. Uh, so she's told me every day <laughs> whenever I came back from kindergarten, she used to play uh, Jurassic Park. I, I did not remember this until, like, what, eight years old? That's when she told me, like, oh, you used to watch that movie every day. And then recently I went back and watched all those movies. And they have aged quite well. You know, uh, my movie choice wasn't particularly critique level. Uh, at the age of four, but um, you know, I'm, I'm gl glad to see the, the the you know the Jurassic Park movies age well. Jurassic World movies could be better, in my opinion. But uh, I'm also going to mention my favorite TV show growing up, and uh, as same as Jemmy, that had to be Justice League Unlimited. 
um i just that nice. was my gateway into the comic book superhero genre like it just opened the floodgates right there um you know i just love how that show handled all the different characters not just from the justice league but like the whole dc universe itself and it was just amazing you know seeing characters pop in uh, pop in and out of the each episode and all and yeah it also opened the door for comic books you know i'm a huge comic book collector at like 200 comic books sitting up me right now uh but yeah um that was like the opening the the doors that opened me to this vast new world and you know eventually it led me to start this podcast uh so yeah but my favorite movie right now um i only watched this movie last year uh, it's called prisoners uh, it has hugh jackman and jake chillenhall in it absolutely amazing i just love how this yeah it's like it's a very basic plot and it unravels into this huge thing and then it comes back again together so perfectly and uh, yeah, it, it's it, uh, in my opinion that is masterpiece level. Uh, that's one of the only movies I gave a ten out of ten. Uh, and yeah, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman—they're both great in it. And my favorite TV show again, kind of a basic choice, Breaking Bad. Uh, Jemmy said this as well, but uh, you know that that show hooked me and like em- emotionally hooked me while I was watching it. You know how a simple, innocent, um, you know a, a good guy makes one bad decision and how his whole life unravels in front of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, how he gets addicted to this really bad thing. And uh, yeah, it's it was a really gripping show. And you know, in reality, that could happen to anyone. So yeah. Yeah, yeah guys, I did not expect to, this to get this deep or intimate. But this is, yeah. wow. Good shout out wow. for Prisoners there, though. Jake Gyllenhaal is definitely one of my favorite actors. I, oh, yeah. I, I think his best performance is in End of Watch when he's an LAPD officer. I think that's probably the best I, movie he's done, in my opinion. I, I absolutely I watched that. love that's oh, a good one. Have that's you guys watched really Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler, yeah, yeah. Nightcrawler, yeah. Nightcrawler is amazing. Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever someone says uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler is the first thing that pops up to my mind. Uh, Mm. But yeah, guys, let's move on to the next question. Um, So I want to know, in your guys' opinion, what makes a TV show or a movie great? So again, I want to start off with you, Sam, this time. Okay. Um, This is a very subjective question. Um, I think it varies very much on what specific project you're talking about. But I think the the majority of the time, the one thing for me that makes or breaks a film or a show, whatever, is the writing. Um, I think you can have a show or a film that is poorly directed uh, with poor VFX, poorly acted even in some cases, but if its script is strong, it can still be saved it's still a good film at the end of the day um and again that is subjective you know take each film um as it comes but uh i think that writing is the biggest crutch that a film has in its arsenal um and also the thing that deserves probably the most attention out of any of the pre-production slash production stage of, of making a show or a film i think that the writing sometimes can get overlooked um, in in favor of flashy action sequences or um, you know splashing out on VFX for this or that and mm-hmm. it doesn't pay off. It, it might look cool, yes, but what's the substance there? And I think um, a lot of films suffer. Particularly, I mean, you know, this is a conversation for a different time, but you you see it more and more with some superhero stuff nowadays, where they are just it's becoming more about spectacle and the, the nuance is being lost and therefore it just becomes less interesting. Um, and just as a quick finale to my point, I think the two best examples in TV right now for me in terms of writing and why writing is so important is 
actually my two favorite shows right now, um, which is Ozark on Netflix and Succession on HBO. Both of those shows, I think, are probably the best written television I've ever seen by quite a considerable margin, um, just because of the consistency and the attention to the characters um, and the, the through lines of the plots um, coming back season after season. Um, and it, it, it's it's probably the two most engaging shows I've ever seen. And that is mostly, everything else is great too, but the writing is the, the foundation of that for me. Yeah, I mean, Ozark is absolutely amazing. That I still haven't completed it, but um, from the few episodes I've watched, it's absolutely amazing. And I get that. The writing, I can notice it now that you're pointing it out the writing is absolutely top class um the succession it's been on my list for a while on hbo max but i still haven't quite checked it out yet same but uh but now now that you've said it i might just you know hop in there and take a little quick peek at it but now i want to move over to you jemmy um you know uh <clears throat> in your opinion what makes a tv show or a movie great so you know i think there's all like the surface level stuff like i'm a writer myself so of course i'd agree writing you know you want to make sure you have good acting good chemistry i would say the one element that i think i've become increasingly aware of that not a lot of people talk about is i guess the passion and the involvement of everyone like you know you can have like some of the most prestigious directors writers people but if everyone who's doing it doesn't love what they're doing doesn't come work today saying hey we're gonna make a really good project you're gonna be able to tell that. I think honestly, like that's the biggest difference I see between say the Marvel universe right now and what they're doing with movies in DC. You know, Marvel, I believe is done a really good job. Not saying that everything they've done necessarily is a success, but they've done a really good job. And you can tell that because every movie you can see that they're hiring people who are comic fans. They're getting actors who really enjoy the characters. Compare that to DC, who on paper has had directors who are, you know, pretty good. You know, Zack Snyder, I feel like, is not a bad director or cinematographer by any standard. His movies... DC has been a mixed bag to say the least. And, you know, I think that's because, you know, they're getting these high budget prestige director like versus actually getting people, you know, are invested in the project. And I think, you know, there's still ways you can do both. Like look at another HBO show, Watchmen. That was a really great show. I really enjoyed oh, yeah. Watchmen. And, you know, David Lindlaw, he, his writing was on point. The directing was on point. The casting, you know, Jeremy Irons for crying out loud. But everyone who came there, you know, actually believed in the project and that showed so that way it wasn't just some other puff piece you know prestigious oh we're gonna examine humanity superhero film that they've done you know five times already well one thing i gotta say is you gotta be careful around the name Zack snyder these days all right we don't want a whole <laughs> army marching towards us it's, it, it can get nasty it can get brutal uh but yeah i do agree with you there um i think that goes for any project not just movies itself that goes for video games tv shows podcast any, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> a podcast exactly uh yeah uh, the people need to be committed the people need to believe in the project to actually for, for it to be successful and they need to put in the work and uh yeah that's a very good point there yeah. uh, and now ethan yes in your opinion what makes a tv show great can I just say before I say my piece is how glad I am that we have a couple of writers on this cast. I right, think that's exactly going to be a fairly right. valuable resource when it comes to I film and, and TV critique. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, uh, but for me, uh, I think what makes a great film or a great movie is setting, environment, and atmosphere. Um, 
an example I have is two TV shows that came out around the same time, and that's The Pacific and Band of Brothers. Uh, both of them are World War II settings. Um, I watched both of them, enjoyed both of them. But the one that's really memorable in my mind is Band of Brothers. And I think that's because Band of Brothers encapsulated World War II Europe so well, and it just showcased the chaos of that time period. And I think you can have bad acting in some cases. You can have a, maybe uh, maybe you can't have a bad script. I guess that's that really is something that can kill a movie. But you can have some bad writing. But as long as that atmosphere is right and it's a good setting, I think it's it, it can be a memorable movie in people's minds. Um, you know, I, and I think that's why so many people really enjoy anime because anime has these over the top settings. Sam mentioned Studio Ghibli. I mean. They're famous for that, for their atmospheres and settings. I think the guy who does Studio Ghibli, he, he's not necessarily the best at drawing characters, so he really honed his craft in drawing backgrounds and settings and scenery, and that's what makes his movies so, so special in our minds. Uh, so, yeah, I think atmosphere and all that. And and I know the main criticism for that take, some people might say, oh, you just want to watch the big-budget, high-budget you know, Hollywood films. And I would point to a film called Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which had a very, very low budget. And I think they only filmed in a handful of locations around Scotland. They used one castle for like eight different scenes, the Trojan horse scene, the your mother was a hamster scene, all that stuff. Um, and, and they were able to give this environment of you know ancient history and, and it felt serious and it contrasted well with the goofiness of what the characters were doing. So I, I, I don't think you need a lot of money to create good scenery and good environment. Um, and good props and stuff like that. So I think that's what really makes a movie and film memorable in people's minds and what makes it great. Yeah, definitely agree. Band of Brothers, great TV show, by the way. Oh. Michael Fassbender, Sam Livingstone, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Love that yep. show. Uh, but yeah, for me, what makes a TV show or a movie great is the world building. That's why I love One Piece so much. I know it's 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 like just not just One Piece, any long-running shonen anime in general. Uh, you know, also, that's why also why I love big franchises like Star Wars, Marvel or DC, because the world is established. You're, you feel like you're living in a world. They've got every little detail ironed out, uh, especially One Piece, because, you know, the plot in One Piece isn't great at all. The writing isn't great. It's a goofy show about a bunch of pirates, but the world just makes it so much better and wants you to have more like um, each each lo location has their distinct characters, distinct landmarks. And, you know, like you'd recognize someone you haven't seen for like 300 or so episodes. So, yeah, that's true. That really says something about a show. Another show I'm going to point out that did this is Game of Thrones. Um, you know, the entirety of Westeros, you know, each, uh, each uh, what well, you could say, each area had their own unique um, sort of vibe to it. Uh, the North, the Northerners, uh, the Southerners, um, people out of Westeros from, from the Eastern Coast. Absolutely amazing. Uh, but, yeah, world building is especially key to uh for uh for me personally for a tv show or a movie to be great because that's what really uh it makes you feel like i'm there because it feels like a real yeah. fleshed out world that's why i really like the recent batman movie by matt, matt reeves gotham oh. felt like a real place yeah gotham felt like a character in the movie and uh yeah i think world building is one of the most crucial elements in a movie for me personally and um you know the story might not be great the characters might not be great but when the world feels real the movie feels real yeah I think it's impressive that we got four different answers on that question. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty I, I cool. thought someone was going to get my answer for sure, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And now guys, finally, the last question, uh, what is the movie or TV show you guys are most excited for that is releasing this year? Hmm. I want to start off with you, Ethan. Me. Okay. Um, my most anticipated movie this year is Nope directed by Jordan Peele. 
Um, Jordan Peele, to me, is one of the most creative minds in directing right now. I think his movies are spot on. I'm, I mean, every time. I, he had that one weird cat movie at the beginning there. I don't know. I forget. I think it was called Keanu. Um, mm-hmm. But that's kind of an outlier. But when he moved into horror, when we're talking about um, Us, Get Out, about Get Out, when we're talking about Candyman, these movies, I mean, they were absolute masterpieces in my opinion and i'm not a big horror fan i'm not like a massive fan of horror i just think the movie was so well done and it tackles really serious and philosophical questions in the movie in addition to just being a wonderfully directed movie um the acting in it is stellar and and from what i've seen in nope with the with the limited previews i mean i'm so excited that same actor that was in get out he's going to be the main character in that and i absolutely loved his performance in that so nope is definitely going to be release weekend for me i'll be in the theaters button seat popcorn and in lap ready to go yeah just for some context when ethan says he doesn't like horror stuff he actually doesn't like it because he has a zombie phobia i have a very big zombie phobia he he can't he couldn't get he couldn't play dying light 2 alone so i could barely get through zombie land even though it was a comedy (laughs) (laughs) it's bad Uh, but yeah but yeah, Ethan, you know how before the podcast you were making fun of me saying that, oh, I'm probably going to pick something like Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. My pick was also, my pick was Nope. Uh, really? Again, yeah. I love Jordan Peele as a director. Get Out, Us, Candyman, amazing movies. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I'll just go next. Nope is probably be, probably be my most looked forward to movie of the year. Nice. Uh, aside from Nope, I would say Bullet Train. Um, oh. You know, I don't know much about the movie, but it has Brad Pitt in it and the trailer looks pretty cool. Um, and that, that, and that, and that caught my eye more than any other Marvel, um, trailer I've seen so far this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, in terms of TV show, I would probably say Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Um, again, this Mm -hmm. one, uh, as I said before, world building is important and it feels like, again, this is a fleshed out world. We've already been in this world before and we're revisiting it again with this prequel. Uh, and yeah, um, the, the one thing I'm actually looking forward to this one is because the book series is actually complete. Not like Game of Thrones where it was left incomplete and the writers had to come up with something on the spot and totally ruin the show uh, and what they've worked hard and built for the last, uh, what, 10 years? Uh, But yeah, um, the most important thing is the story is complete. And yeah, can't wait to see it in live action. Um, So, Jemmy, do you want to go next? I would say it's hard because, like, I'm, like, a huge Spider-Man fan. So, like, initially I would have said Spider-Verse, but, of course, it was moved. I would say the one movie, which I'm honestly surprised a lot of people haven't been talking about, is Black Panther. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm really oh, looking yeah. forward to that, you know. Contra, uh, the stuff, you know, with Chadwick aside, you know, and the fact that we lost him, unfortunately. I think, you know, this movie is really going to be good, especially, you know, with what they've been talking about, possibly integrating, you know, other kingdoms, Atlantis, or maybe even seeing Latveria, possibly, or something like that. Like, I think Wakanda Forever is really going to blow our minds. Um, TV show, I'd have to think. I would probably say um, Sandman on Netflix. I'm a really big oh. Neil Gaiman fan. Love his writing in both comics and in prose, and especially how with this show, he's actually involved in the process creating it. So I think that one is going to be really good. Oh, yeah. Neil Gaiman is an absolutely fantastic writer. There was a book of his I read. I can't remember. I think it's called Nowhere. Um, but yeah, uh, Neil Gaiman, I, re- I enjoy, I've read a couple of novels of his. I enjoyed it. I did know he did comics, so that's interesting. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, again, the Sandman universe, uh, DC Vertigo. I'm a big fan of that. You know, John Constantine, Madame X, Zatanna, bring it, bring it all, bring mm-hmm. it all in. Have they um, given a now, release date for Black Panther yet? Uh, uh I know it's November. 
November, yeah. November? I it was November, yeah. November, and that's yeah. going to be the next Marvel project after Thor Love and Thunder, right? There's not one Pretty in between. Pretty sure, yeah. They, they film have, like, wise, a yeah. yeah. Film-wise, yeah. yeah. Film-wise, yeah. They have, like, TV shows in between, but that's the next movie right. coming up. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Sam, what about you? Um, <clears throat> Black Panther was my honorable mention. I thought it was worth raising. I think that, yes, there's a lot of hurdles that they have to overcome um obviously again losing chadwick is a big one um some of the stuff with leticia wright uh that was a bit controversial a while back i think that there's still going to be a bit of trouble sorting that out perception wise um but regardless i have ultimate faith in ryan coogler um again like jemmy said the stuff that's on the grapevine about this film i think it's going to be if Thor isn't, I think Black Panther is going to be the return to form for Marvel. Um, and I, I can't wait. The first film was awesome. The second one seems to be getting even better. But my actual pick um, is one that's seemingly building a bit of interest, but still kind of under the radar, I think. It's Don't Worry Darling. Um, it's a film by is Olivia Is that the Wilde. one with Harry Styles in it? Florence yes. Pugh and Harry Styles. Um, essentially, it, it, I mean, it's a psychological thriller. It's essentially about the Manhattan Project, kind of, I think. Um, again, all the plot details are very, very vague. Even the marketing isn't really giving that much away. Um, I'm not that big of a fan of Harry Styles as an actor. I don't think he's quite proven himself yet. I think he's capable, but he still has a long way to go. I think this might be it. Um, and the fact that he's getting a massive assist from Florence Pugh, who is, to me, one of the best actresses working right now. Uh, I am all in. If it's going to be kind of like a get out slash hereditary kind of psychological trippy film about a dystopian cult kind of sign me up. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> Well, uh, I had seen some, I think, a poster for that movie, but I didn't expect it to be a psychological thriller. So that is information mm -hmm. to me. Uh, but yeah, that's on my radar now. I know Olivia Wilde is either writing it or directing it. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, Both. But yeah. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, um, that's interesting. But yeah, guys, um, I think and that's I think that's where we wrap up episode number zero of Frame by Frame. Uh, so, Ethan, where do you think we can find you? You can find me at White Cedar one on Twitter and Gravy3448 on Xbox. Uh, Sam, where can we find you? You can find me at Sam Heaney on Twitter. That's H-E-A-N-E-Y. And Jemmy, where can we find you? You can find me at Jemmy underscore 421 on Instagram. And you can find me at Amon underscore M05 on Twitter. Uh, before we leave, I would like to congratulate the entire team at Save the Game Media for making this fantastic project possible. And make sure to subscribe to our channel so you can keep up to date with all our latest content. We're going to be having tons of content in the coming weeks. Make oh, sure yeah. to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow. And we will read out the reviews live on this show. Only the good ones. Um, the links to our Patreon <laughs> and Discord server will be in the description below. Follow us on Save the at Save the Game Media on Twitter, and we will be back very, very soon. And finally, the podcast that is long running on this channel. We have 90 episodes deep, but we're bringing you a bonus episode of Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast. Everyone, I hope you enjoy. This will be the last podcast for the day. 
I really, really want to thank anyone that's watched anything that we've shown today. If you've made it through the entirety, wow, that is amazing. Each of these podcasts have their own unique feeds, so make sure to go over there, follow, rate, review them, help us boost up the charts. These are new podcasts. We're going to need the community support on these. But like I said, guys, this is about you. This is about what we're building here together. So please, if you have feedback for the shows, what we could do differently, what we could do better, please leave it down in the comments. Please DM us over on Twitter at twitter.com slash save the game media and let us know what you think about the rebrand. We put a lot of work into this. Uh, I do want to give a special thanks to Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on all of our shows. He literally made all these intros and they are phenomenal. Uh, Alpaca Tom also gets a shout out for making the amazing video portions of the intros for all these shows. So thank you all so much. And now Project X Talk. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, a bonus episode. I'm not numbering this one. This is not this is not counting towards our main goal, uh, you know, hitting towards 100 here. We had episode 89. This is going to come out after 90, but this is just a bonus. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. The Muffin Mon, and I am joined by the future of esports himself, Amon. How you doing, buddy? As good as always. Excited. So if you guys are watching this, you probably heard the announcement. And yeah, good things coming. Good things coming. coming. That is right. I'm also joined by Mr. Physical Copy himself, Ethan. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hoping to do better today than I did on the last round of Jeopardy. All right. So uh, we're going to get the crown today. You couldn't do much worse is is really the thing. Yeah. I mean, I beat you. I forgot we're doing Jeopardy. Everybody mm. beat me. Come on, yeah, <laughs> that's not a, that's not an accomplishment. <laughs> like you, you lost to me. That's All right. come on, come on, Ethan. You're gonna better. change that today. And making a rare appearance uh, because he's he's busy with life. We have the uh, the the what was the word? Am I looking for? It's been the, so long. The, it, it was voice the, 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 the man the from voice the from the abyss, the double A man himself, Garrett. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> I've Came been back playing that blade point. It's been a heck of a lot of fun. How have you been doing? Oh, yeah. I'm great. It's good. We're recording on a, a Sunday, uh, unusual for us, uh, you know, on Thursdays uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern time over on YouTube.com slash I hope it's slash save the game media. I have to get YouTube to fix it because they really, really don't like me over there. <laughs> if you don't catch us live on YouTube. We post every Friday morning on your favorite podcast service. Head on over there. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. We really appreciate your support. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple, I will die. But we will also read it live here on the show. If you want to interact with us more, please join our Discord. The link is in the description down below. Along with the new link for Save the Game Media's website, head on over there. Aman put in a lot of work. This website looks fantastic. Go Hell check it yeah. out. You can look at this. It's a work of art, really. Work of art, along with all our new graphics and thumbnails. Aman really stepped up here uh, and made everything look great. The graphics, yeah. graphics designer, guys. 
Yeah. I'm senior brand designer. Tom's junior brand designer. That's true. Okay. That's true. Uh, I think Tom might have something to say about that. <laughs> if anyone was wondering, and I haven't said it, you know, Pat, future me, if future me hasn't said it, which will be at the beginning of this long, long video, uh, shout out to Jonathan Brown for the brand new music for all the Save the Game Media's podcasts. And thank you to Alpaca Tom for the banging intro videos because they put in a lot of work and really really stepped up uh, appreciate everything jonathan brown you can go find him his new uh album in my element is out on all platforms so go check that out as well really good dude making some sweet music if you want all save the game media's audio content early head on over to patreon.com slash save the game media this includes our brand new shows, No Limits, a PlayStation podcast, Frame by Frame, a film TV podcast, and I Hate My Friends, where the co-hosts of Save the Game Media sit down and just hang out, shoot the shit, whatever. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can get all that content. Choose the tier that is right for you over there. Once again, patreon.com slash save the game media. And I'll probably detail the goals and uh, how you can get more content from us uh, probably earlier in this video. Just me sitting down telling you what's going on, why we're changing. But, you know, rewind if you want more uh, more on that. But shout out to our current Patreon supporters, Bucky Blue, Hopple, and Alpaca Tom. We appreciate all of you. Thank you for your continued support. And I think I finally got housekeeping out of the way. I think that's all I had to yeah, mention. Kevin, I gotta ask, how hard was it to say save the game media and not Project X Talk during? Oh, that? it's it's <laughs> it's pretty difficult. Let me tell you, that's why I'm 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 sitting here stumbling over my words. Everyone's gonna think, like, tough, folks. Yeah, everyone's gonna think like, oh, this dude doesn't know what he's doing. This is the host. I can't listen to 90 episodes of this. I promise you. I promise you. Give me two weeks. I won't stumble over this anymore. It's all gonna be smooth, just like it was for project x talk all right it's all of it's course. gonna come back yeah <laughs> uh or you could say no you're a liar and then leave and never come back i don't you know that, those are your options you're a free person i can't yeah too bad you're gonna miss a lot of good content but guys as we do every week here on project x talk we begin the show by going around the room and asking one simple question that question is what's your playing so aman i'm gonna start with you you were not on the last episode i want to know what you've been playing Okay, so this Thursday, something special happened on Game Pass. FIFA 22 finally came to Game Pass, and I've been putting tons of hours into it. Um, okay, it's it's a terrible FIFA game. I have to say that first, first out of the way. <laughs> but uh, I'm again, that's just me. I'm going to put in like hundreds of hours into it. I think I have 29 hours already, and I only downloaded it like, what, Friday night? So that's pretty good. I started a brand new player career mode, create a club. I love that mode. I created my own club. Kid designs, awesome stuff. So I'm having fun with that. Uh, the other game I've been playing is Naraka Blade Boy. That also recently joined Game Pass. Uh, I played it with a couple of friends. And uh, it's a very unique Battle Royale game, I will say. Um, certainly not the best, but um, I did have a fun time with it. So again, I think it's an exciting addition to Game Pass. Um, I do recommend you guys to check it out, especially if you like playing with friends, co-op and stuff. And yeah, it's a good, friend to, uh, it's a good game to mess about in. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, you should just don't play FIFA anymore. It's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> like, first of all, I did that to myself. You know, like uh, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna play FIFA anymore. I'm gonna try other games. I delete FIFA, and then next day mm -hmm. I'm like, I wanna play some FIFA. I go back and download FIFA again. First of all, you play player career mode, manager I, career I mode. 
manager I career mode, I bro. Both. I played okay. Both. All right. All right. As long as you know, I'm just I like I like setting the tactics, buying the players. Oh, yeah. I don't like being oh, yeah. stuck on my one crappy pro that's like you're gonna get 13 minutes off the bench this week. I'm like, oh great, thanks. This really <laughs> helped my career. Uh, uh, Mr. Physical Copy over there, Ethan. What have you been playing? Uh, I know we talked a few days ago, but uh-huh. it, you know, future future people will be hearing this. So, uh, what yeah. have you been playing? Well, we're 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 kind of on backlog season right now, but I've decided not to even bother with the backlog, and uh, I'm trying out some new things. I'm going out of my comfort zone, Kevin. Uh, the first game is Naraka Blade Point. Like Aman just said, it did just drop on Game Pass. It is a battle royale of which I don't play many of. Uh, this is basically Dynasty Warriors Fortnite in a good way. I actually really like it. Um, it's it's pretty fun. I fully expected to jump into this game, play one match, delete it, never play it again. Uh, I ended up playing, I think it was like three or four matches with Garrett here. We um, did pretty I, good. We did pretty good. Yeah, we did pretty good. And uh, I, I have it still downloaded on the Xbox, ready to go. I'm ready to check out some of the other playlists. We were kind of just playing the quick match, you know, at the beginning. But uh, um, looking forward to jumping back into that. Not much to say. It's a hack and slash 60 person battle royale set in like a samurai you know age and stuff like that it's pretty cool uh and then the other one that i got into that was surprising to me was an mmo and that's elder scrolls online oh uh, no i created an account i played probably five six hours of elder scrolls online um and uh, it's been interesting uh mmos normally for me are something i avoid like the plague because i just don't like the grindiness of it i don't like have having to be forced to play with other people to do dungeons and stuff but elder scrolls online for me as i've been playing i've realized it's very different from other mmos where i played where it feels like it's a solo game at heart it feels like i'm actually doing things you know as an individual and i and i'm not being forced to play with other people so that's been really fun going through um you know you get dropped into these maps and there there's all these different things you can collect and there's all these different side quests it, it feels like an elder scrolls game obviously it's a little dumbed down from the mainline elder scrolls you know being an mmo and all but uh it seems like there's a massive amount of content in this game hundreds of hours worth of gameplay they're still updating it with uh with new stuff so i'm looking forward to delving a little deeper into that um uh, and i think i may have actually found the mmo that i want to stick with so we'll see how that goes that makes sense. You're a big Elder Scrolls guy, so yeah. If there was one, if there was one to get your attention, um, I mean, have you played the new DLC? Didn't isn't the high? Oh, no. Did that come out yet? The High Isles? Yeah, it, it came out, but I'm nowhere close to that. You got to start oh, okay. in the beginning it is a, area. It's a level gated thing. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's a leveled thing per like area and stuff like that. But right now, I'm just focusing on the main quest line and like finishing up the first area I went to. I went somewhere in Skyrim um and uh, i'm just finishing that up right now but uh, i i will say that they didn't dumb down the amount and depth of the lore of the elder scrolls universe for this mmo it really does feel like an elder scrolls game uh which i which i really appreciate bethesda doing is last question is there a monthly subscription fee for this free really the uh the add-on dlc i think so the it's Tamriel Unlimited version you get on Game Pass, which I think unlocks some of the older DLC. But I think for the High Isle DLC that just came out, you still have to pay for it. And I think the previous DLC you have to pay for. But for now, you get a couple of the DLC when you download it off of Game Pass. And that'll last you 100 plus hours. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it's going to be a while until I get to the point where I want to buy those DLC. And by that time, they might just give it to me for free. So Can you go first person in it? Yeah, first or third person. Same thing Perfect. as all the other Elder Scrolls. Perfect third person. 
the combat isn't as intuitive as one of your mainline Elder Scrolls games. I mean, you have the the hotkeys for different power attacks and stuff like that, like you would any other MMO, and then you just have regular, you know, uh, basic combat you'd see in Elder Scrolls, like power attack, quick attack, block, you know, hit with the shield, stuff like that. Basically, Skyrim controls, but with hotkeys like you would get in an MMO. Okay, okay. Uh, Garrett, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, we haven't talked to in uh, a few weeks now, buddy. What have you been playing? I've been going back. I played some Last Oasis again. That game is still fun for me. I'd, giant wooden sands like walkers going across. It's a lot of fun. But uh, Fall Guys has probably been my game of the week this week. I've been yeah, having a my heck guy. of a time with that. Like, And like everyone in the family room can play it, right? Like It's not like a buddy can come over, have a few drinks, and then you just toss over the controller and like, what's the buttons? A and the two sticks. Go. You can hand it to anybody at any time, right? And it's a heck of a lot of fun. It's a good time for everybody. I suggest everyone try it. It's out on Game Pass. And then, like Ethan was saying, I was also doing Blade Point. And that's a, it's a pretty good game. It's got, like, I don't know. He said it's pretty well with Dynasty, but it has, like, some stealth mechanics where you could, like, hide up on roofs and wait for people to get into, like, a little valley or narrow spot. So it's a lot of fun if you're tactical. But, uh, yeah, that's been about it. Yeah, have any, gotta, have any of you tried Hyperscape, Ubisoft's um, Battle Royale game? Didn't they shut okay, that down? God, no. Yeah, I tried two it, rounds of that and before deleting. Yeah, it's. I, I think that's, uh, what's it called, Naraka Blade Point. The mechanics are very similar to mm. Hyperscape. If you... If you nah, well, it. Yes and no. Like I feel like it's just like the melee version of that. Well, that one's the ranged yeah. one. Right? Yeah, yeah. More, more, yeah, and, and I do want to say uh, to expand on Garrett's point about how the whole environment really is has a lot of verticality to it. You can climb over all the different assets Everything. that they have on the map, and th and I think that adds a really cool element. And it's not like Fortnite where you can damage the things and break them. I mean, these are solid structures that you can't get rid of, so it really does add that sort of stealth and that interesting mechanic to it. I think that's really fun. I haven't utilized it yet. We, me and Garrett, have been just kind of running in and hacking and slashing. It's been working for us so far but i think eventually we're gonna have to modify our tactics a bit and try that out is is naraka blade point team based can you like uh, squad up together yep oh yeah yep i think it's up yeah. to four like Fortnite. Hmm. yeah okay so okay. imagine like a soul like a hundred soul caliber rounds and you could bust down like a full squad on one guy quickly yeah and it, I will say, with more people, it seems yeah. easy. It seems easy because it seems like a lot of people are playing just solo. Yeah. And you could just absolutely overwhelm them. Oh, so it doesn't match you against other squads? No, well, like, it our does, experience, but it, it seems like a lot of people just break away, right? Oh, like, you'll get into, bad. like, one fight, and then the guy will go down. And then, like, the other two will come by after, like, 10, 15 seconds, which gives you time to heal up. And I think we also have to take into account it just got released on Game Pass, so so many people are probably just jumping in real quick to check it out. Uh, yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, so I also have been playing Fall Guys. I know, Ethan, uh, after our last episode, you, yeah. me, and my brother actually all squatted up playing some Fall Guys. Got a blast. It's, it's, yeah, it's just so much fun. Like, uh, the, the narrow uh qualifications that kyle had <laughs> jumping through he's like 29 out of 30 41 out yeah. of 42 like just making it <laughs> we're like watching him we're like what are you doing come on like get in there it was, it's just a fun game even if you get eliminated like watching your your teammates and like 
it, it just gets you going like yelling yeah. at the screen it's you definitely want to play with fun. friends with this game it's fun oh, solo yeah. but with friends i mean it just takes it to a whole new level oh yeah i the best thing they ever did for this game was allowing you to like squat up with your friends because like before it was just you and you're alone and but like duo squads as a whole new element and it's just a whole bunch of fun yeah so uh fall i saw they uh they hit 20 million players i think wow. since they've gone free to play so it's it's blowing up congrats uh, I mean, that's that's what you get when you, we we talked about it uh last week on episode 89 um cross play cross progression free to play like yep. they got the the key to success there and it's showing so uh, shout out to the fall guys team i do think the monetization is a little bad now that it's free to play but it was to be expected right? yeah, just like, ignore it <laughs> yeah i already got my sonic outfit i'm never changing we're good i, I, was, I was in there good gotta go fast gotta go fast um other than that, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Ooh. And I I told you, Ethan. I told you. This is my current game You're of the year. Insane. Hands down, this is my current game of the year. This is they it's like they looked at the previous Warriors games and they were like, all right, what if we made it good? What if we <laughs> what if we made it not run at 12 frames per second? What if we gave them additional RPG mechanics like blacksmithing and relationship building and all of these good mechanics so this is the standard we're giving nintendo if it's not 12 frames per second i'm happy (laughs) i I think the game runs it it runs above 30 most of the time oh thank goodness gets into the 40s um i don't know like performance wise i think it's completely fine it's a for a switch game it runs better than most to be honest but I'm just loving this game. I'm like 14 hours into the Black Eagles. I think I got four on the Golden Deer and the Blue Lions, but I did those in the demo. So I haven't jumped into them since the full release. But there's just, they keep adding new mechanics and it's, you get like a a tactical world map and it's like, okay, here's the five missions for this chapter. And you get to choose what mission you want to do. And then if you do side quests during those mission, because they'll just randomly pop up, they'll be like, okay, uh, a random spy appeared in this top corner. You can like tell your unit, okay, you go take care of them. I'm going to handle the main mission. If you do all the side quests and unlocks like survey points, you can get more materials and resources. It's just so well done. I absolutely love this game. Um, and I obviously loved Fire Emblem Three Houses. It, I loved it enough that it actually I uh, I pre-ordered the Edelgard and Bernadetta statues, and I don't collect those, but I love those that game. Wow, so much. you're getting some physical I, stuff. Look at I you know, with the collectibles, I, bro, bro. Welcome to the club, Kevin. It's Let's just do how it. much I just how much I love Three Houses and the characters in the world in there. So, um. I'm all in on this. I know there's, a, awesome. you know, the rest of the year, five more months before uh, I can say what's my game of the year. But this is sitting this and then nobody saves the world. All right. I don't need your Elden Rings. I don't need your for, for, for Horizon Forbidden West. All right. Wild. Nobody's playing those games. Garrett, oh, shut up. Really? I know you're playing it. I see you on PlayStation. <laughs> but. Yeah, go go play Fire Emblem uh, Three Hopes. And if it's, I remember, uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes is on my fantasy list, correct? I believe it is, and I think it got an 80, 81, something right, like I'll that. I'll take it. It's, it's not, not going to help, but, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> wasn't bad. Listen, all right, I, I'm already running away with this. I, I would have yeah, to have the <laughs> biggest collapse in the world. You would have been in with a shout if you didn't choose Avalon's Fall, as we've yeah. mentioned. And I'm going to keep mentioning because we'll look at it at the end of the year. We'll see what happened. Uh, Then you got Garrett over there who chose every game that got delayed this year. Yeah, dude. 
I'm sorry. I, I signed up for the wrong fantasy football. I thought it was to see who got the most delayed games this year because if oh, so, yeah, I would have yeah, won. Yeah. <laughs> you would have. You would have. Yeah. Wrong maybe. league. Wrong league. Starfield. <laughs> Starfield Redfall. Breath of the Wild oh, 2. Like, so stalker. Shameful. Like, honestly, <laughs> could I get like a second place if I just stick with my list, but 10 out of 10 get booted to 2023? <laughs> No, <laughs> like, I, like, you know what that I has to be acknowledged amazingly big thing, yeah okay Listen, 10 out of 10 all games like i just signed up for the wrong can i just game. say that if all those games actually did come out in 2022 garrett would he, be up there right yeah, now yeah <laughs> for be, sure he'd be, he'd be okay, like, sure. it was high risk high reward man sorry it in January, when we do our 2023 draft, all right, just pick the same list you currently have, <laughs> exactly. and you're golden. <laughs> yeah, and you're golden. Can you just copy and paste? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even show up. He just DMs me same stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't even. I uh, mean, I mean, next year I will be showing up and I will be winning. So, oh. just a disclaimer, guys. I don't know about Didn't that. You say that at the beginning of this year too, but you know. We'll see. No, yeah. but I, I wasn't there. Kevin picked the list from me. I was Bro. not there. You gave me a list of games, and I yeah, picked you them. Didn't that list. Have the games. Have the games I gave you weren't on the list. <laughs> That's you not voted. They got taken. You can't give all the blame to him. I'll take some of it. We all voted on your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I thought they I was wanted. Fair. They wanted you to <laughs> counterpick Horizon, and I said that's too mean. So we gave but, you Sonic Frontiers. I think. Actually, uh, Kev, regarding PlayStation, I think I found a game that actually terrifies me: The Village. Oh my! Or The Forest. Yeah. Oh, The Forest. Oh my God, is that game? The scary. Forest is so good. It's that survival game where you get stranded on an island, like Lost style. And yeah. you have to survive it's and build like stuff, and yeah, grounded in the wrong turn universe. Oh no! <laughs> like you're you. just yeah, like basically oh. that's what it is. Because like they creep up on you. Like imagine it's uh, like the grounded mechanics for the spiders, how they sort of like stalk you a little bit first. Yeah, yeah. So you'll just be like chopping a tree, then all of a sudden you'll hear like some weird giggle. <laughs> And you'll just like look around <laughs> that, and just like banjo kazooie. Yeah, <laughs> like in between two trees, there's like some dude holding a jawbone that's an axe. Like, oh my god, you just start running. <laughs> now, Garrett, have you explored any of the caves yet in that game? No, have you done any cave no, diving? I, like, I've sort of backed myself into a corner just due to fright because, have like, you, I've uh... killed the first few of them, but then everyone's saying the story progresses when you die to them and you get knocked out and I, yeah. I can't let myself happen so like i built like a mm -hmm. little tree fort and i have like an arrow and i just defend myself from my little tree fort and i have a fishing just wait there. until you go into the caves garrett the caves are uh, oh where you get the best God. stuff but like, it's uh it's a little dangerous yeah like it is scary yeah it's a horrifying game uh aman did you do you watch donkey this is a tangent, by the way. With that, that happened. Video game donkey. Yes, video game donkey. Dude. Yeah, I love video game donkey. Okay, so he did his anti E three video. Yes, I don't know did. if you watched it. <laughs> My favorite part when Jeff Keeley was talking, he was introducing the One Piece, and it's what we made fun of during the stream. It was like Monkey Deluffy, and then <laughs> then Donkey cuts in and goes, "It's pronounced Banjo Kazooie." <laughs> like, 
That is the funniest thing. Crack. I still crack up thinking about it. I was. I just had to bring that up. Uh, yeah. Shout out to a much bigger creator than uh, we'll probably ever be. But yeah, yeah. You got. You got to watch his videos. Funny They're dudes. So funny. All right, guys. Uh, there's no news because we literally recorded an episode three days ago, episode yeah. 89. If you want to go hear me and Ethan talk about Final Fantasy and a bunch of other stuff, head on over there. The show. Check out the VOD. Check out the audio. It's there. Or, you know, keep listening after this, of course. Uh, of course. So what I thought we would do today, guys, is we're going to have a little fun, mainly introduce our fun topics here because... We don't only just report the news and what we're playing here. We also like to have a little fun with some Jeopardy, some viewer questions. If you you can always tweet at us questions, join the Discord, as I mentioned, get your questions in and on the show. So we're going to start with the viewer questions, and then we'll go into the Jeopardy that Aman has graciously made for us. So the first question comes from Lucas Agin over at the Land Parties podcast. He says, we're seeing Xbox make some great moves over the past few years. Are there any moves they've made recently that make you concerned, however? You have one, Amon, right off the bat? Uh, Activision acquisition. Why does it make you concerned? It doesn't, doesn't make me concerned. It's, it's more like, oh, they acquired Activision now. They'll, they're probably a monopoly and they can't acquire the studios I want them to acquire. That's that's what's sort of concerning me. I will tell you they are not anywhere near being considered a monopoly. Yeah, but like, I don't know. The Activision acquisition just wasn't So your I concern thought... is just that they won't be, because the eyes that have been brought on them, they won't be able to acquire more studios now. Yeah. I think yeah, that's like the dust they settle. They can, but they don't even need more studios at this point. You know? Sure. So sure. like I'm like they could what? have acquired someone else, you know, WB Games right there, but they had to acquire Activision. What were you uh questioning there, Garrett? Well, no, I just think like the Embracer group, man. Like if you just want to look at numbers, yeah, like no, stop. <laughs> Put yeah. it down. Everyone's yeah. just on it because it's Microsoft behind the mm -hmm. wheel. Yeah. Well, because Embracer is also not a platform holder, though. They don't have a console. They don't like, I think that's the difference why nobody Embracer really gets upset. Embracer lock, lock games behind any particular yeah, yeah. platform. That's the biggest right. thing. Right yeah. Now. But even we're even talking about that. I think Embracer Group is this secret hand of any, what, anybody like, like the any Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> well, no, not like the Dark Brotherhood per se, but all that I'm saying is that if a new like Amazon or Google actually wanted to do a console, buy the embracer group have like the whole scene out of the joker where hey guys we're gonna make some uh cuts to the crew here everybody gets the budget to make a triple a game half of you that would be wild. get to be successful be. after <laughs> you you have to imagine See if what that's happens. the case it would thrust them into becoming the big four with that kind yeah. of money and that mm -hmm. kind of ips backing them i mean that would be a huge move like if, <laughs> if that's that's the realistic only way. Like if they have the money, that would be the way to do it. And that's a really good idea. Buy the Embracer of... group, have them all do exclusive stuff for a new console. Yeah. Half of or like half of them just like project it in some legal way. What I just said is horribly illegal just on the sound. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta think like is Embracer but, Group filling its portfolio so that it can increase its price for an eventual sale. That's a very real possibility. Yeah. I mean, other companies have shown interest in wanting to get into the video game market. You never know with this world. And like 
there what was there was some podcast I was looking at a few weeks ago. I forget the name of it. It was a fringe one, not game related, but they brought up in Bracer Group, and they were actually surprised that they're not talked about them more because like sixty percent of all good B rate that indie video games Embracer Group has purchased all of them. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, and they nobody seems to be wild. talking about it. I mean, they have Gearbox for a AAA, but they did pick yeah. up like the Deep Rock yeah. Galactic team. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that was one. That was a big one that they grabbed. They also picked uh, up Goat the Simulator. Back for Blood team as well. Turtle Rock. Yep. 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 Wow. And Square Enix. Yeah, like, if there's a good mm-hmm. indie game, chances are. <laughs> yeah, India. It's not a. It's not a bad thing. They they see yeah. what's, uh, because I don't think they've had much success by themselves. Um, I think they're trying to buy it by buying those indie and double A games that really blow up. Yeah. Does anyone else have any concerns they would like to share? I, I don't know if it's as much of a concern because I think it's been ironed out, but I guess I think Xbox bit off more than it could chew at the beginning of this year, especially with all of its acquisitions and stuff like that. And it pushing, Hey, we're coming out with all these games this year and giving dates to everything. And, you know, trying to push that narrative, of how Xbox has games, we have more games than PlayStation. And it seems to have backfired on them hit significantly this year because we're seeing you know games like starfield get completely pushed everyone's eyes were on that we're seeing games like redfall get pushed you know and and i think it's a trend that's going to continue for the rest of this year i don't i think we're going to see some more delays and uh you know xbox has been promoting a lot of ips that aren't coming for a very long time and it's kind of leaving xbox players a little in a little bit of a drought right now you know we've been talking about avowed for how long now we still know nothing about it we've been talking about elder scrolls 6 and fable we we don't know anything about those projects and you know i think they need to rein it back on the front of uh you know how they promote these games and giving it dates and stuff like that uh, but ultimately, I think this is all going to be ironed out next year. I, I yeah. know we keep saying it's the next year, but I think it's really in this case. Next year, we're going to see things get flowing smoothly with all the new studios that have been acquired. So uh, hopefully that's a problem for the past. Yeah, yeah, but on the other side, hats off to their marketing team because yeah. they pushed all that. We've seen all these articles about uh, Xbox out selling PS5 in Japan and whatnot, right? So in that regard, like, they sort of did push the narrative that they wanted to in that regard. And like some things were done. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't know it. Like it sucks that we're not getting the games, but in contrast, who is other than like PlayStation? I mean, I think Xbox has what they've been doing is setting our expectations so high and they're just not meeting them. And and that doesn't mean that those things aren't coming. It's given a little bit too big of a budget and they were just, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> yeah go at 100 miles per hour when yeah. we need to scale it back a bit because we need to be realistic about our launch yeah. you know our launch windows and and what titles we're going to be able to release mm-hmm. uh, kind of building on that my only concern is that the games we're all excited for starfield uh hellblade 2 fable they come out and they're not great they're not the 90 metacritics high 80 metacritics that playstation is touting you know they're not the horizon the last of us level games they're still just like this is a good game i think xbox really has and i I heard this analogy uh, somewhere it's like xbox is kind of the burger king of video games right like mcdonald's is the king of fast food and that's playstation so xbox is like burger king and if you go there it's like it's good it's fine but it's not like 
it's not the McDonald's quality, right? So I think they really need to shed that. And unfortunately, the only way they can do that is by getting those critically acclaimed games. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, we're moving into a stage where it almost feels like Xbox is about quantity over quality. I've, I've seen that comparison before where PlayStation is a fine dining restaurant where you go and you pay $100 for a nice flank steak. Xbox is McDonald's where you go in and you get a burger and fries for five bucks, you know, type of thing. And, and, you know, game pass kind of fits that narrative where it's just throwing hundreds of games at you, you know, in your face for a low monthly fee. Um, and, you know, there's good things about that. Of course, I absolutely love it. And I think it's a great thing for the industry and there's, there can be downsides to it as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's that whole argument, but I think Xbox, what they need to do is prove that they can put out those quality things. They need to prove that their studios can produce these quality titles, like a God of war, like a horizon, like a Gran Turismo. And, you know, I think hopefully next year we'll get the, the answers to those questions of whether or not they can accomplish that. For sure. Absolutely. And I think that's not to say Xbox's strategy is bad that they should focus on right. games like that. Right. Because Xbox's strategy appeals to a certain type of gamer. Like mm -hmm. I prefer my Xbox because I would much rather have 10 80 rated games than two 90 rated games yeah. a year. Like I would much rather have that approach where it's like, okay, I know I played a bunch of good games this year as opposed to I played two absolute masterpieces. This and year. I'm not saying that Xbox games aren't quality. I mean, look at Horizon uh, or not. Sorry. Uh, Forza Horizon 5. I mean, look at Forza Horizon 5. It was an incredible game. But, you know, you look at some of the biggest IPs for PlayStation, God of War. I mean, you know, Horizon Forbidden West. These are close to flawless video games you know I, i'm not on the playstation ecosystem maybe some playstation players out there have some gripes with these games i don't know but from what i've heard they're almost flawless they may not have as many of them as xbox but at the end of the day when they put out a product you 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 mm -hmm. damn know it's a good product yep 100 we can move into our next question from matt sawinski former guest on this podcast a uh, shout out to matt over at burnout brighter and the playstation drive at our friends at carpool gaming Ooh. what genre slash type of game would you love from xbox studios and which developer do you want behind it i'm gonna go off i'm gonna go i'm gonna go right now uh banjo kazooie i want double fine to make it <laughs> or give Surprise. me a smash bros style game and i don't know who i would like to make it um i don't know if they have anyone currently able to make such a game um i think they would probably have to ship that one out third party yeah open okay. rain guys i'll go, I'll go next oh, okay. okay so um i want a I mean, they've already sort of done this, and in Exile's done this, but I want a nice isometric type of RPG like Disco Elysium, uh, made by Obsidian. I think they can Pentiment. do. Uh, yeah, no, but like isometric, uh, Pentiment's two D, like an isometric three D Disco Elysium style um, RPG from Obsidian. So you want Pentiment, but with the camera sh yes. uh, shifted. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ethan. Um, you know, I have to say, I want a Bioware style RPG where you have multiple branching storylines and you have, you know, different dialogue trees and, you know, you have a big team that you can choose from. I, I just, I mean, when you think about Mass Effect, you think about Dragon Age. Those are my favorite RPGs of all time. You think about Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, Bioware is by far the king of RPGs in my mind. I would love to see a Bioware style RPG. Uh, 
I guess I would have to say made by Obsidian. That's my mm-hmm. other favorite RPG but, studio. So, but is it Outer Worlds sort of Bioware style RPG? I mean, mm, it, it is, but it isn't. Think so. it, I, really. I don't Not think so. Really. I think Outer Worlds is more like Fallout. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I would, see it more as a downscaled Mass Effect. No, no, I don't think so at all. So when I think of a, a Bioware RPG, I'm honestly thinking about third person. I'm thinking no about a lot magic. of I'm I'm thinking about a lot of narration. I'm thinking about a lot of dialogue. I'm thinking about a lot of branching dialogue. I understand that um that Outer Worlds has some of those elements, but not to the extent that we see in Bioware RPGs. And yes, some of the decisions you make in that world do affect the outcome, but it's fairly linear in that you have to do this, you have to make this decision, then it goes off into two branching paths. When we're talking about Bioware, we're talking about the first game could affect the third game. We're talking about, you know, these four different things could happen in the second game because of one decision you made in the first game. Like, it's things like that where there's real, real consequences, you know, in, in the games that you play. Yeah, oh, I got another one uh, okay. while we're on the topic. Um, a first-person horror game similar to like Resident Evil uh, 7 Biohazard and Resident Evil 8 Village by good Tango Gameworks. By Tango Ooh, Gameworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tango um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, like a full-on horror, not like Tokyo, um, Ghostwire Tokyo. A full-on horror game. You know, that's a good shout-out. Xbox really should expand its ideas with horror. I, th- I don't mm-hmm. think Xbox has really touched horror much in its no. history. So if anyone gets a chance to play Ghost, well, they you will when it comes to Game Pass next year. But Ghostwire Tokyo, I said it in my review of the game, it is caught between two different viewpoints. You have the open world stuff, which is not horror at all. And then you have these seven main story missions, which you can see the horror elements in. You can see like there are some creepy moments in that game. I wish they had leaned into just the linear story, like creepy horror stuff. Because I think what you're saying, Amon, that could really work. Like yeah. they they ha- almost had something really good there. I liked the overall story, but they did not nail the overall execution of that game. Uh, Garrett, we can hear you ru- rustling around over oh, there, by the sorry. way. My bad. But what you were saying about Ghostwire Tokyo, it's almost like the two themes of the game were kind of pulling from each other. And you know you couldn't get a single cohesive type of you know experience from that, and that's disappointing mm-hmm. to hear. I, I'm still excited to play it. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. lost my. I think you'll, but. I think you'll, the combat is really cool. There are some really, uh, a, the open world stuff is what drew me away because I like oh I had to go to every Tory gate and cleanse it, and then the map opened up. I was right. like, this is so like 2015 Assassin's Creed open world, right? Like, this is still, it's just that formula over and over again. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Evil Within, which is Tango's other IP, uh, th- those were linear experiences, yeah, right? Linear, linear horror. Yeah, were. Okay, so this is kind of their first foray into open world. Yeah. W- would you say that you would rather Tango stick to that linear horror experience over trying yes, to expand into an open world game? For both of you, because I know both of you have played these games before. Yes, I played uh, uh, Evil Within. Amazing games. If you haven't yeah. played it, definitely played. But they are scary. They are really scary. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Uh, but yeah, um, but I love the. They have a really good linear storyline. Uh, yeah, love it. Yep, they're uh, on Game Pass. Uh, linear for sure. Yeah, they are. Yeah, both, both of them are Game Pass. Yeah. I might pick yeah. it up. The first, the first one's a little hard to go back to, uh, just because I don't think it technically is all that great. Yeah, uh, uh, Evil Within Two is way better. It's I think it had a higher budget as well. So yeah. Mm. Okay. Garrett, do you have a, a game you would like them or a genre they would like to make? I and what think studio? Mine is the most realistic. Kev, you are gonna hate everything that I'm about to say. 
Yeah. Yes. Start to finish. <laughs> so, like, you know Minecraft dungeons, right? I'm aware, of course. Yes. Yeah, with all, like, this katana and everything. I want them to bring all those assets to a Minecraft procedurally generated RPG-ish world. Ooh. Like, imagine Minecraft, but instead of building the hundredth boring-ass iron sword, you could build, like, a katana, then enchant it with, like, the rustling leaves and everything, because, like, the world is just... It's a still the same block game in Minecraft Dungeons, but it just looks that much more engaging. So you want a full-on sort of Minecraft Dungeon-style RPG, is what you're saying. Yeah, but I think it would just be easier if it was Minecraft 2. Because you could still add the same block-building mechanics to it. Why the heck right. not? It's already a block game. But just have it so that you're not building the same four or five things because it gets boring, and then you start doing mm -hmm. redstone stuff, and then... You've seen some of the stuff we've done. It gets weird. <laughs> it breaks the game. It just breaks it yeah. completely. Well, right? I hope so that like, one never happens. I well, that, that really good. would expand the audience of Minecraft. Yeah. Because right now, Minecraft is really relegated to kind of people that grew up with it or yeah. the younger generation. I mean, if you expand it as an actual storyline with... Like an, an actual RPG game. element. Nobody yeah. asked for that. No. Nobody asked for that. <laughs> Nobody, <asked for> that. <laughs> Nobody wants these silly things like... Minecraft Dungeons was cool, but that's just because it gave me an idea of what like Minecraft actually could be. Like it could be, right. it could be sweet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a lot more. Yeah. Well, and tell, oh, tell Mo Yang. if you haven't. Yeah, yeah I got that. Mo Yang. Yeah. <laughs> figured, I figured, figured as much. No one else is touching Minecraft because you know why would they? Why would they want to? Come on, Kevin, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Minecraft. Minecraft is amazing. Come on, dude. It's Especially not my Minecraft fault. Dungeons. Icarus, I love And I game. will get the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know what I just realized is my at my at Project X talk no longer applies. So I gotta change that after I read this next question. Mm -hmm. Uh from Jam Pack Sam, shout out to Sam, uh guest a few weeks ago. I was on his podcast exhibition recently, so please yeah. check that out if you haven't. A bit of a silly question. Is a Burger King chicken fry nothing more than elongated chicken nugget? Yes. Yes. It's, it's chicken a, tender. No. No. Chicken no, tenders it, are completely different tender. things. But chicken tender has actual, like, you know, protein and chicken in it. We're, when we're talking about a nugget, we're talking about grinded garbage from chicken extruded into a shape. A chicken fry is exactly the same thing, except it's an elongated cylinder. Okay, it's so a chicken nugget in the sh in the shape of a chicken tender. It's not in the shape of a chicken tender. It's a stick. A well, chicken tender. That, that's I, exactly what a chicken tender looks like. No, it doesn't look. <laughs> what, what chicken tenders are you eating in the United eat, Kingdom? Do the, does no, UK like, have the the thinnest chicken tenders in the world? Or what? no, 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 sorry, I didn't mean chicken. I meant fish fingers. Sorry. It looks oh, that fish makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I was talking One about fish those. fingers. Sorry. I, I don't know why. got me upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay, not yeah. what attendee is. Fish fingers. Yeah, I, I, right. I, I, uh, I, I meant fish fingers. But yeah. Yeah, same thing. Uh, I will I will say, as a, I'm vegan, so this question doesn't really, you know, I can't, can't wait. I did have both of these, you know, before I went vegan, however. Uh, I actually prefer Burger King over McDonald's. I know it's a hot take. Um, I do not think a chicken fry is an elongated chicken nugget. 
because the outside texture is completely different. The You're chicken, talking about batter. Okay. Yeah, b- batter for sure. For, for sure. It's all about the breading, though. The chicken nugget batter is completely different compared to the chicken fry. And I hot take, chicken fry has a superior out, uh, superior batter. Uh, um, <laughs> it tastes like an actual what is the chicken nugget outside huh it's the, just some weird crispy thin right. layer look the chicken nugget is what the sauce is okay you have sweet to have the correct sauce. sauce with your chicken nugget it has to either be the honey mustard or the sweet and sour sauce for it to be a chicken nugget people that dip their nuggets in ketchup are either little children or yep. fools that's the only that's the only even, explanation i didn't even know you could i thought the only option Negative. was sweet and sour sauce sweet and sour or honey mustard that's it okay you can't guys touch hot it. take hot take i don't like chicken nuggets that's fine completely i just i just said I this like chicken, chicken wings. fries Chicken wings, superior. Oh, yeah, that's, compl- chicken wings. that's a completely different conversation. Chicken wings are like a you go to a pizza place or you go to an actual like you, tavern. You spend actual money to yes, buy chicken wings. I'm not spending 50 cents for half a dozen chicken nuggets, right. you know? That's a night out with the boys getting some beers at B dubs, you know, watching mm-hmm. the football game. You got you gotta get some wings. Yep. Okay, yep. okay, wait. Do you guys prefer boneless or with bone? With bone. Come on. With bone, okay. Cool. You uh, get the well, flats, you dip it in the blue cheese, and then in one that. suck, it's yeah. all Garrett, gone. I'm gonna let yeah. you one answer suck. this. I'm gonna let you answer this before me. <laughs> yeah, you guys have distorted this too much, Kevin. What was the actual question? <laughs> Are chicken fries from Burger King just elongated chicken nuggets? I haven't went to a Burger King in like a decade, man. I, I oh, live in a town of five thousand people, man. <laughs> if I'm leaving town, I'm hitting like Pizza Hut and. McDonald's, right, and, like, pizza hut, pizza fire. Don't you, don't Papa you John's say is anything. way better than Pizza Hut. They're both oh, trash. So no, Papa wrong. John's is way better than Pizza Hut. We don't have Papa John's. It's like a big city, like in the eastern part of the country thing. Papa John's is trash. Domino's. No, is Papa better, John's is Domino's is all Domino's trash. is pretty Domino's good. is Domino's is trash. Domino's is trash. Domino's is trash. Like here in the UK, Domino's sucks. We, we're Wait, getting off topic America, here. We gotta move gonna, on. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an I hate my friends. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk. Okay? If you like conversations like this, go listen to I hate my friends. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. These are just viewer questions. Uh, so, what gaming myth slash creepy pasta of the past was one you heard the most? I don't have the slightest idea. Uh, the gaming myth I've heard the most, and that's probably just because of the the scene and generation I grew up, was that you could unlock Sonic and Tails in Smash Brothers Melee. I heard that one constantly, <laughs> and it's not true. So I, I think for me, growing up, you know, Markiplier was the big thing when I was growing up on YouTube for young late gamers and stuff Five like Nights that. Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's <laughs> yeah. all it's all the lore and the bite of '87 and all this lore that surrounded the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. The Markiplier, he's done videos delving into the lore. I've watched some of, uh, I think it's called uh, Game Theory. You know, Matt Patrick, he does these theory videos and stuff about Five Nights at Freddy's. I mean, that was really the whole beginning of the creepypasta and then i guess the next one would be the scp franchise i don't know if you would even call it a franchise but anything to do with scps if you guys don't know what that is it's sort of like uh in more modern terms it's like the back rooms but with entities 
Um, it, it's a lot of uh, horror and like different types of creatures or objects that have supernatural abilities. Some are good, some are bad. There were a bunch of video games based around it. Um, a lot of YouTubers played games based on like Jacksepticeye, Markiplier and stuff like when I was a young kid when I watched them all play these games. So I think I would say Five Nights at Freddy's lore and SCP lore were definitely the creepypastas that I really delved into back when I was a young kid. You want to know mine? Yeah. What's that? Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I this remember, like, I, think I was in, like, ju uh, my junior year, high school. Um, the, This game was popping off. Everyone was playing it. And I just, like, just sat there at, like, till midnight, just watching videos about, like, different theories and stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> that was creepy. Garrett, you got one? So, like, favorite creepy pat or just, like, creepy cryptid? Gaming myth or creepy gaming, they called it a creepy pasta, but that's like a Reddit term. So yeah, like gaming oh, yeah. myth, creepy thing. Like, like not too much really, man. Mm -hmm. Like when he said the back rooms, I was like, oh dude, if it goes into like creepy pastas, I can't get enough of those skinwalker stories on YouTube. Oh. Listen to those like eight, nine, like on my night shift. It's yep. the only thing that keeps me awake. Cause like then you just sit there and you have to like full close for like four or five hours while like checking the occasional person in, right? It, you tend to doze off, but uh, yeah, skinwalker stories or anything to do with hikers or canoeing, yeah, those are my favorites. But like the gaming ones, the only one that I believe is like, uh, do you guys remember how there would always be that little kid on the school bus that tells you about uh, in Pokemon like Red and Blue, the first one on the ice path? No, like no, dude, there's a second path. And you sit there and you try for hours and hours. I've heard that before. I haven't heard that. You, you just reminded me though. Mew, Mew is under the truck. You do yeah. that the one, that's the one. Mew is under the truck. <laughs> or you could get the glitch Pokemon by turning off your game right at the right time. Yes, yeah. I've heard that yeah. one. Yep. I, I got the glitch Pokemon from my Game Shark. Does that Doesn't count? Doesn't count if it's from Game Shark. Game Shark. You got to turn it uh, off and on. You got to shake it. Point the console or point the Game back. Boy to the east. I think, I think Mew under the truck is a good one. And I have to and I have to shout out another one that I think Amon might know from our generation, and that's Slender Man. Oh, uh, when oh, that really oh, blew up. When that really blew up creepy pasta that got so popular that it made a game. It well, got like so the original, popular. I guess like there's the SCP video game now. And they're yeah, working the SCP on that endless then, IKEA one, which actually yeah. looks cool. But I remember, I think it was like 2012, 2013 when Slender Man really blew up. That was when the game came out. Yep. Everybody started playing it. And then people started posting pictures on Reddit and online and stuff about how they oh, saw yeah. Slender Man. And, it, you know, it's just this whole two girls crazy murdered their best friend in the woods over yes, it. It was oh, a real thing. Dude, there was actual murders related that. to it. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Ethan, I think you might know this. The Minecraft mob one. Hero Brian. So there's this myth. There's this myth that there's a secret mob operating through Minecraft, and <laughs> it, it it was never true. But there's this character called yeah. Hero Brian, which is like um, alternate reality version of your of your main character, but he's alternate evil. of Steve. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do remember that one. Murdered the original thing. Okay, can I at least say it properly? What's so yeah, apparently, okay, Notch had a brother who died while he was making the game. They think so Minecraft made, is haunted. Yeah, yeah, he made a secret yeah. mob that he coded in some of his brother's personality traits into this character called Hero Brian. And then Hero Brian oh. could randomly <laughs> go into your server at any time and basically 
became like as the creepypasta grew it sort of got into like its own vi ai system and then it would go around the world delimbing trees and things and that came on to like at the same time when you can type in random codes to people's worlds yeah so people were invading people's words worlds under that name and just going around and like propagating the whole thing yep. so crazy <laughs> yeah. that was i remember uh, there's this youtuber called stampy longhead i used to watch him oh my goodness i used to genuinely be scared at that time it was crazy <laughs> Gotta love how how these little gaming communities make these sort of lore things themselves. It just shows yeah, how active yeah. and lively Mojang, it is. Uh, left like actually led on to the rumor by always putting it in their patch updates. Hero Brian removed. Then on the next yep. date it would be Hero Brian removed. <laughs> then on the yep. next update is Hero Brian removed. It's just Mojang's just a troll before yeah. he got yeah. bought by Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Damn, I missed those days, man. That was that was creepy speculation. Good oh, creepy passes from our yep. generation, man. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Hero Brian. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea what just I I zoned out for five minutes. I thought I was dying. Um, <laughs> it's but, all good. I'll do the recap of what no. Kevin heard. Minecraft, Minecraft, Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft, Minecraft. Stupid. Burn in hell. Minecraft blocks kid game. Blocks yep, Minecraft, Minecraft. Minecraft, Minecraft. <laughs> all right. Uh, Hopple is our final question, and he asks, what is your rarest Xbox achievement? His is Submariner in Far Changing Tides, where apparently only 3% of people have unlocked it, and it's for traveling 10,000 meters aboard the vessel while submerged. Um, This is actually hard to find out if you're not uh, on you have to go to true achievements and link your profile and then you can uh, look at your ratio score. So my rarest achievement or a, which is the game with the highest ratio, it's actually Fall Guy Fashionista. Unlock oh, 50 cosmetic items yeah. from the store. Uh 7.47 is the ratio there. Uh my second one is also Fall, Fall Guys and it's uh, qualify 500 rounds. But if we're not going for Fall Guys, and I knew it would be this, it then proceeds to be a giant list of Battleborn achievements. And I'm not I'm not surprised that I have rare achievements in Battleborn because no one else played it. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know off the top could, of your head. Could you could you I'm tell us how to get to right it right now? Because yeah, I have my I have it. my account linked. I just don't know where to go on the True Achievement website. So if you click your account, yep, on True yep. Achievements, um, and then you go, that's uh, not my gamer score. Uh, oh, <laughs> there. Um, you go to Achievements, and then once you're in your profile, you can click Achievements and then click Ratio. And it'll bring up whatever the highest number, whatever the biggest ratio number is. That is yours. I'm doing this off my phone. Okay, I got mine. Um, it's from Cyberpunk 2077. It's called V for Vendetta. Uh, it's 15 gamer score. After reviving with a second heart, which is basically once you die, you can revive again. You have to kill or incapitate the enemy who killed you within five seconds. So that's my rarest achievement. Uh, only mm. only uh, 7% of people have unlocked it. So, yeah. Interesting. Ethan, did you get yours, Garrett? No, I can't um, see where that thing is. So you just click ratio top? You click, or ratio? Yeah, you click oh, your profile, it. then go to achievements, and then click the ratio so it switches from the lowest to the highest ratio. So you have to click ratio on the little uh, gray bar. 
and then it'll bring up your whatever's the highest ratio one. Oh. So what's um, yours? Apparently uh, it is a couch potato and uh, <laughs> crackle. Crackle? What? <laughs> right? Someone's getting a who phone ha- call. Who has a rotary what? phone that's going yeah, off right now? It's work calls. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, think I found mine. Cool, cool, cool. So mine is called Against the Current in Star Wars Squadrons. Um, so actually, I can't figure out. There's a, it doesn't say. It just says acquired the thread, the needle metal, whatever that means. And it's less than 1%, it says, of Gamers wow. Guide. So I, I need to figure out what it is. I will read this whole guide and figure out what exactly I did to get this achievement. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you do that, it is time to transition away from questions. Everyone, again, thank you for the questions for this episode. So there's no news. If you want to be featured on any episode, tweet at us, join the Discord, as I've mentioned below. We love taking your guys' questions. But now, to wrap off the episode, we're going to do a game of Jeopardy. And let me just share my screen. So, Amon has made this lovely board for us. And, uh, Amon, I'm actually going to take away the banner since it's cutting off my face in this view. And and real quick before we we go any further, if anybody's interested, it's reaching the Starhawks core in forty seconds without taking any damage. I don't know. I can't remember what the hell the Starhawk is. I'm assuming it's kind of like a, a Star Destroyer type thing in Squadrons, but uh, you know that that's my achievement. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, we all have some unique ones. I'm more proud of my Battleborn ones, to be honest, than the Fall guys, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aman, you've made this, so you're yes. going to be the one reading the questions. All and, right. Because you have right. the answers. Um, oh, no. Hopefully you remember <laughs> them because I can't, I can't, I don't, I can't log. I've only watched two of these. All right. Okay. All right. So, Kevin, you're up first. Great. Which one are you picking? Uh, Xbox Bethesda Showcase or 500 is 500. one. I'm All right. Go ahead. Read the question. Name one of the games that was not announced to be coming to Xbox Game Pass that was revealed at this show. Uh, Diablo 4. Man, that is correct. That's that a 500. That is indeed correct. <clears throat> Easy. Easy. Ethan, wow. you're up next. All right. Um, so, Ethan, which one are you going for? <clears throat> should, I just go e- should I just go safe and pick Xbox? You know, I think I might take a little bit of risk here. Let's do stay to play for 300. Wow, you didn't even watch it with us. What was the name of the dating action JRPG title revealed at this showcase? (laughs) Should I I just add the points now? This is not one of the things I paid attention to. I can see the face of the character. I can actually see the face of the character. I can't figure out what the name is, so don't even try. It's it's just Gary. Gary, before I steal. Would you like a? Would no, like go, a go go over it. Something to do with cheerleaders. <laughs> Screw it. The answer cheerleaders is a turn by seven. Yes, a it is. Nights. Three hundred points for Kevin. All right, what Garrett? I'm not picking that section I, anymore. I <laughs> Xbox and Bethesda showcased four hundred. I got to try for something. Okay. What oh, games no. developed by Ride Games will be making their way to Xbox oh. Game Pass? I I don't. All of them? I'm still to this. name all of yeah, them. All... Wait, all of them. There's five. So yeah, you no, have to name I all can, five. I can't even yeah. think of one. That's wild. 
pass. I'm gonna get zero points this game. Um, Anyone else want to take a shot? Five. Not for all five. League of Legends. Yeah. Wild Rift. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Valorant. Mm -hmm. Hearthstone. There's no way Mm -hmm. he's getting this. No, I don't. There wasn't Hearthstone. There was something. No, Hearthstone Hearthstone wasn't on there. Yeah, Hearthstone wasn't on. Oh there. shit! What was? What's their? What's their stupid? Not Hearthstone. What's this? Oh my god! Okay, I messed <laughs> it up anyway. It's uh, it's like Hearthstone, isn't it? Yep. Yep. There we go. Yep. 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 And team fight tactics. Yep. I wouldn't have got for team fight tactics, so I, I feel less bad about not getting it right. <laughs> um. All so right, Kevin. Back to you. Which one are you picking? I'm going to choose PlayStation State of Play for 500. Oh, man. I should have okay. watched this. What, what games were announced to be coming to PlayStation all VR games? 2 this showcase? Yes, all games announced to be coming to PlayStation VR 2. Horizon Call of the Mountain. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead. Saints I need the full of- name, by the way. Oh, is it Saints and Sinners 2? crazy. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. And then... Um, Wait, is Half Life Alex coming to VR? No, no, it's not. No. What was the third one? What Jared, was the don't third help him. One? I know the we... third one. If I get the third one, do I get the points? Oh, There's Resident four. Evil Eight. Damn it! I'm pretty sure there were four. There's four. Uh, I might just be capping. I have no idea. <laughs> How do you not know? You wrote the question. Uh... What's the th- All right. Okay. Oh. If you guys get three, if any any one of you gets three, I'll well, I just got three. I just got three. Just Those got three, three are yeah. right. Oh, okay, then let's see. Let's see. Oh, so the other one's that? No Man's Sky. Oh, that's already on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Oh, there's five. What? Oh no, there's four. No, there's four. four. There's four. There's four. I, you know what? Oh, you get the points, Kevin. You get the points. I'll take away a hundred because I I missed one. I think that's fair. And you know what, Ethan? I'll give you a hundred. You got Thank it. you. <laughs> Let me do it here. We make I up love the rules my No Jeopardy. Man's Sky. <laughs> make up the rules of Jeopardy. Ethan, uh, get get I'm, on the board, please. I'm I'm done going out of my comfort zone. Xbox Bethesda 300. <laughs> and I'm probably not going to get this one either. What was oh, the new Microsoft Flight Come on. That was announced at this showcase. Hint, it can oh, take you to space. The Pelican. That is indeed correct. There were other ones that were announced, by the way. It wasn't just but, the Pelican, but that one took you to space, yes. Hint, 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 yeah. Yep. Garrett, get on the board, please. <laughs> <sighs> this is so shameful. Um, I don't know. Hey, we might as well go for a complete absurdity. Let's do Final Fantasy 25th anniversary. 500 points. Oh, okay. <laughs> What final? Fa- oh, you're reading it. I'm on. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm used yeah. to it. What Final Fantasy VII game will receive a closed beta test later this year? Final Fantasy VII Darthraga. Uh, just saying is, words, bro. Correct. Unfortunately, is it? Here's my guess. Final mm. Fantasy Ever Crisis. Yes, Kevin, you are indeed correct. The mobile game. <clears throat> you are indeed oh, wow. correct. So good. I'm so in- good. Oh, my God. How did you get that? I thought no one was going to get that one. I'm but damn, so Kevin. It's his good. privilege of owning a PlayStation 5. That's the only reason he's it's getting a mobile game. It's a mobile game. 
Well, whatever. Just, <laughs> it's still bad. Just, <laughs> sorry, I can't. I can't hear wow. you over all the salt hitting my desk. Mm. <laughs> who has who has seven thousand gamer score this month, Kevin? All right. All right. Jesus, <laughs> got seven thousand now. Wow. Okay. No, okay. it's probably like six thousand. All right. <laughs> Looks like it's back to you, Kevin. Which one are you picking? Uh, you know, Summer Game Fest kickoff 500 looks pretty good, I think. Let's open it up. Let's go. What two games present at this showcase were also in the PlayStation State of Play? The Callisto Protocol is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Street you know Fighter 6. Damn it. You are indeed correct. Kevin. No. You get 500 points once again. Do you guys even watch these showcases or what? I knew it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Ethan. Since I knew the 500, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to go for Summer Games Fest 400. We're going to see if I know this one, too. All right. What Street Fighter character was announced to return to Street Fighter 6 at this showcase? The guy with the flat top. I don't know his name. What's his name? I don't know. I don't play Street well, Fighter. I need I, the name. He has the crazy, dumb-looking flat top. He's the white Take guy, here, really Kev. buff. Garrett, if you would like, if you would like, no, to steal, I, I, I don't, I don't have it. I, I do not. I <laughs> There's do not nothing in me. His I know name is Dial. Kevin gets another 400 points, <laughs> guys. Kevin, you, it's embarrassing, Ethan. Garrett, this, come on, this you is guys should bias. be ashamed. <laughs> this is a bias Jeopardy board. <laughs> These are showcases we watched together. You can't even win now. Like, there's like it's impossible for I them to yeah, win. I, I was asleep for half of the summer games on fest. The board. I was asleep uh, for half the summer games fest, Kevin. If you look back, I was actually asleep. Okay, <laughs> Garrett, please. I, I guess let's him. do Xbox and Bethesda 100. I might as well try to get on the board. What was the release date given to Overwatch 2 Early Access? An exact release date for 100? What, what? the heck is this? <laughs> I don't... Let's September 22nd. I only got a 1 out of 365 chance. Ethan, you want to go? No, uh, September 4th. <laughs> yes, close. Close, close. October oh 4th. God. Oh, no. October 4th. Kevin gets more points. <laughs> I like oh, this God. game. This is, this is a clean sweep here, right? Yeah, oh, right. Jesus, Kevin. I haven't Welcome cared about a single game in the that's shower been or something. About. Like, what is going on? All I right. won the first one, and that's it. It's been a wash. It's ever back since. to you, Kevin. Which one are uh, you picking? We'll go Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary for 400. <laughs> well, let's get it. How many games will be part of the Final Fantasy VII oh, come remake on. saga? Three remake, rebirth, and one unannounced project. I know every single one Kevin is doing. What? <laughs> that's for wait, what? The prequel. The prequel. Wait, that's what I was gonna say. No, we Crisis Core doesn't work. Chance. No, Crisis Core isn't part of the remake. It's part of the saga. No, no it's, it's not. not. It's a just the re. It's a no, it's, it's, just, it's a remaster. It's a hold remaster. On, on, we on. went over this on the on the Project X talk. It's a remaster. It's not a remake. Oh, okay. That, that's, yeah, Crisis that's Core my, is a separate project. Kevin, yeah, Crisis Kevin Core is not. Yeah, Crisis Core is completely. Okay, separate. I was under the assumption it was a remake. So no, <laughs> that was there, a trick question. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Wow, he's even <laughs> correcting the board to get more points. Okay, yeah, do you want me to here. hand you a mop or something? Like he's so cleaning house, anyways. <laughs> so Kevin, since I've known every single one that you've picked, I want you to pick the next one for me. Uh, oh, that's a good strat. You're gonna want Summer Game Fest 300. Oh, will I? Okay, let's do it. What updates did we get at this showcase related to the Last of Us IP? 
What updates did we get this showcase related to the Last of Us yeah. IP? I would just say um, that they, they gave us updates on the HBO show that they did. They gave us a still image for that. Right. Um, they gave us, a, I mean, I don't know if it was an update as much of it. It was an acknowledgement about the multiplayer mm-hmm. aspect of Last of Us. And then they gave us the Last of Us. Um, I don't know if it's the remaster or remake, whatever the hell the yeah, yeah. thing is for you're PlayStation yeah. 5. You, right. got you got it. You, you got, got it. it. That's yep. the strat, Kevin. You're picking my stuff from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, I noticed you're sitting there with a donut. How about you? Uh, how about you get on the board? I sort of liked his pick for me, Kev. <laughs> yeah, just right. pick all of ours. Uh, you're going Xbox, but that's okay, the 200. What was the name of the new oh, Elder what That's the me. Hell? That's me. The beginning of the show. I That's said me. it at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, show. Like... That's me if he doesn't get this. Come on, Garrett. <laughs> oh, this is annoying now. I shouldn't yeah, have drank seconds, before the show. Ten, nine. Oh, eight. just give it to Ethan. <laughs> Ethan. Hi, Isle. You are indeed correct. Ethan, I wasn't even, I was never going to take it from you. I wasn't, Thank you. you know? And I'm half Thank the you. title. Because you know you're gonna win, Kevin. You know you just. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, so, Kevin, which one are you going for? Stay to play 400. Ooh, go for it. What release date slash window did Final Fantasy 16 get at this showcase? Summer 2023. You are indeed correct. Now I'm a little worried because I didn't know that one. You know, <laughs> I, I'm gonna stick with the gut intuition, wow. Kevin. Go for it. What What do you want me to do? <laughs> Uh, summer like, game at what fest. point do we just say that he's won? No, we gotta finish the board. <laughs> I'm trying to at least break board. a thousand here. There ain't All no right. mercy rule here. I'm trying to at least break a thousand. <laughs> no <here>. mercy rule. <laughs> what Gotham Knights character got a deep dive trailer at this showcase? Um, oh, I, I don't even remember Gotham Knights being at the showcase. <laughs> uh, let's do um, Nightwing. You are indeed correct. Yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. Broke a thousand. Look at you go. You guys on a team yeah. now? What's going on? He's cheering for you. <laughs> Me and Garrett have combined points. All right. Combined points. Yeah. Yes. All right, Garrett. <laughs> Garrett, you want Summer Game Fest 100? Sure. sure. At this point, they'll probably be like, what was the girl in the third scene's blue shirt or something? What was the name of the new Outriders DLC? Ooh, I don't know this one. Oh. Anyone else want to steal? Well, it's I mean it's Garrett's question, so I'm gonna give yeah, him a chance. No, yeah, no, go ahead, Kev. World Slayer. World Slayer. World Slayer? I was yeah. happy. I thought it was World Eater. <laughs> uh, God, guys, this is an embarrassment. <clears throat> oh, for me. <laughs> like, whatever. It's all good. Kevin, which one are you picking? Uh, Final Fantasy VII, 25th anniversary, 300. He's just taking all the points. What Final Fantasy VII game announced at this showcase will be launching on Xbox this winter? Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is the title. You are indeed correct there. Look at that. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect title, everything. (laughs) You forgot the semicolon. Excuse me. You want me to say semi? Who says semicolon when they're speaking? if you want the perfect score, you need to pick it. <laughs> All right. Oh. I'm going solo on this one. PlayStation 200. Let's get it. What well, PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man. is set to make it PC date? You are indeed correct. That would have been the only question that I could answer that's left on the board. 
Well, he got <laughs> right there. All right, let's do PlayStation State of Play and some good intention on for 100. What game announced at this showcase will be available with the brand new PlayStation Plus subscription? Got nothing, but let's just say uh, the new Horizon Forbidden West game. Horizon game. Uh, Ethan, you know it? Ethan, do you want to steal? God of War 2018? I don't know. Eh. Stray uh, uh, is the answer. Stray. Oh, Stray. Right. Yep, that's true. Yep. Now I remember. 4,000. That's a new record right there. It's, uh, uh, it's my turn. It's my turn. Yes, Kevin, which one are you picking? Let's just do this one for 200. <laughs> what is the title of the new installment in the Final Fantasy VII Remake Saga? Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. You are indeed correct. Wow. Flawless victory. Right, right. Really? Yeah, right. Now, now Ethan. Right. Yeah. Ethan, wrap it up here. If I get this one right, I win the whole thing, right? <laughs> what platform received Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake this month? What platform received it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I missing something? Probably. It's on PlayStation already. Yeah. Is it PlayStation 5? No. Sorry, on PlayStation 5 too. Then it must be on PC. You are indeed correct. <laughs> All right. You got to uh, give me the 100. You got to give me the 100, please. Just give it to me. <laughs> he is and he isn't. He is and he isn't. Kevin, because... you have 4,200 points. <laughs> I have 1,300. Give it to I'm, me. <laughs> I'm just saying, technically, it's already on PC because it's on the Epic Game Store. The answer, what was the answer? The answer is Steam. Steam. He didn't write an answer, but Steam's the answer not a is Steam. Yeah, it's the Steam. answer is Steam. Steam's um, not a platform. It is it, it's it's a thing. Steam I don't deck. know. <laughs> so uh, that uh, was probably the quickest and uh most brutal 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 <laughs> ass whooping of any I Jeopardy. I still game, got man. over a thousand. I'm happy. I'm happy. I will say, guys. <laughs> Garrett at zero. So. Yeah, no, like, you did better than me, bud. I will say, uh, maybe maybe we cut that out, uh, so I know. You know, it doesn't doesn't look oh, like you guys. Good. Uh, I'm just I'm just joking. Why would I ever not want the internet to see my dominance? <laughs> In what world would I cut that out? I made an example of you. <laughs> this, this is why you call me master at, at Save the Game Media here. Jesus, what? What? Like, uh, <laughs> who got that memo? I, I missed that. Check check your email. It might have gone to spam, but I do, it's probably it's yeah, probably addressed something like no, nah, that's Kevin, gonna stay in spam. Kevin's new title, and it's like Supreme Overlord or Master. I believe. Uh, I see. You know? Okay, I, I accept it. either or. But um, I mean, Kevin, way. you still haven't beat me at Jeopardy. We're still tied from last time. So is that the one I made that you guys tied? Yep. That means yeah, I got to make the one that you guys fight against. All right. So I'll make yes, the next sir. Jeopardy. All right. Yes, sir. I'll do the next when one. When is that coming? Because I'm going to whoop the master's ass here, guys. I'm going to Can we make it master. a little more challenging? This call. board was incredibly easy. All right. I thought I mean, it was quite hard. <laughs> like, In yeah. what world is this quite hard? I have eyes. I have a brain. Yeah, I, I remember mean, like, things. I, I thought you would get them, but I, I thought it was hard for Ethan. Uh, well guys that has been your bonus episode of project x talk and xbox podcast if you like that please make sure to like share subscribe to save the game media uh uh, go check out all our other platforms our podcast no limits frame by frame i hate my friends are all have their own audio podcast feed head on over there leave them reviews after you check out their stuff great content 
glad new we got new people on board. Um, Ethan, where can they find you? They can find me at White Cedar One on Twitter and Gravy Three Four Four Eight on Xbox. Amon, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Amon underscore M zero five. Garrett, where can they find you? Uh, Xbox or Xbox and PlayStation and Twitch. Way Warren G. And you can find me at the Muffin Mon. It's a one and seven I and O and seven A. Follow us at Save the Game Media yeah. on Twitter. Until next week, and by next week I mean like. Two days from when this posts, we're going to have a live episode. So Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, come hang out with us for actual Xbox news. Until then, we will see you. Goodbye. Peace.